Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, among many other things. So let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leah. Hello. How has your week been? We are week two camping it. Camping? Yeah. Oh, summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> no one's really camping. Some, summer camping it. Why do they no, call them camps? I don't know. Why Nobody can't they call it something overnight. else? No one is overnighting. Yes. <laughs> Why don't they do that? I would pay for that. <laughs> Would They do still Take have Take my those. children, please, for they're, a week. Go. They're, they're like 600 to 800 a week, though. That's cheaper than a night for a hotel for all of us to go somewhere. What? What hotels are you staying at? Ham radio hotels. Yeah, apparently. Not cheap. And the ham's coming to town. They start jacking up the rates. But so, how's that going? So far, so good? Good. Mm-hmm. Um, did I mention that Ben is a cloud? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he got his call back. Yes. Didn't make it. Now a cloud. He's a cloud tsunami now. Now yes. he's a cloud tsunami. Wow, it, it really comes full circle in this podcast. <laughs> But it turns out that uh, he is also a guard and a villager. He's going to be on stage so much. Oh. He's actually going to be on stage probably more. He's going to have to do a lot of like costume changes too. Like a ton. That is literally what one of his friends said. I think she was trying to make me feel better about her getting the lead and him not getting the lead. That he gets to try on a lot of costumes? <laughs> okay. Well, hey, yeah. thanks, everybody, for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Don't worry. It's a Ham Radio Crash Course podcast or Ham Radio podcast some of the time. We use radio in this house all the time. All the time. <laughs> we like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. Now, I'm workshopping something here. Workshocking. Workshocking something. That's <laughs> I'm workshopping something. It is so much work. It is shocking. I have, I have, I've been thinking about portable antennas a lot, as one does. It's, it just start daydreaming about portable antennas. Okay. You've also started daydreaming about an RV to put it on. So. Correct. Yes. I have come to the conclusion that most portable antennas fit into like one of three categories. Okay. Okay. They are resonant antennas, which are like dipoles and end-fed half-waves, that kind of thing. Okay. They are what I'd call non-resonant antennas, ones that... Require a tuner. Require a... Yeah, there you go. Or what we call a transmatch. That would be a random wire antenna, as Mm -hmm. it's so named. It's not truly random. It's just a non-resonant frequency. And it uses a special transformer and a tuner mm-hmm. to make it useful by so radio. So when you have the squirrel run that wire up the mm-hmm. tree, that needs a tuner, is what you're saying. Uh, some, well, some, right? We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It depends on the squirrel. And yeah. then the third is <laughs> vertical antennas, okay? Okay. Every one of them have inherent advantages and disadvantages that we've talked about, right? right? But specifically... It, it's it, literally when you think about the three different categories, they have very specific pros and cons. Resonant antennas require no extra material other than to get them up in the air. The downside is that they're usually really long 
and they're often the most cumbersome to set up in the field. But they require no tuner. They require nothing extra than coax to your radio, get on the air. So it's a lot of work up front to set up. And then you're good. Right. A tuner or non-resonant antenna, like we mentioned the 9 to 1, mm -hmm. well, the random wire antennas are usually much shorter than an NFED half wave, mm -hmm. right? But the downside of that is then you have to cart along this little tuner box. Right, and futz around with it. And futz around with it, it when you work. change bands, right. when you do whatever. Sometimes resonant antennas in the first category may just be one band, right? right. It may just be a mono band dipole for 20 meters mm -hmm. won't do anything other than 20 meters all right it's like you know that car you buy you can have it in any color as long as it's black mm -hmm. talking about the grand national here of course okay. everybody knows that good, I, good reference for ham radio i didn't know that the vertical antennas <laughs> the vertical antennas are usually adjustable for a given adjustable right for a given frequency like the buddy stick pro or the mfjs i've talked about or the ax1 by elecraft they're physically adjustable to find the resonance spot. Okay. They're convenient. They don't take up a lot of space. Very easy to physically set up. Okay. But if you don't have an indicator on your radio to show you where your sweet spot is, then you won't know if you're actually tuned ah. up with it physically or not. That one you physically tune. Frustrating. Right? And you can't use an automatic antenna tuner with those. So you have to use something like a nano VNA or some kind of an antenna analyzer to show you how the antenna is performing. Or use a radio that is designed to have some kind of SWR sweep in it. Okay. So having an ultralight QRP CW radio, not really going to work with those vertical antennas unless you have a special device that goes along with it. So something fun, I think, about that keeps me up at night when I'm being an insomniac. So that's my Ham Radio Minute. Maybe you should go to sleep. Can't do it. Brain <laughs> won't stop thinking. I'll bring the beer. Well, today uh, we are drinking a simple vodka and pineapple juice with a little spritz of seltzer. Out of these club. glasses. Out of these glasses, which is a part of physical mail that I received. Physical mail. Physical mail. These are stemless wine glasses which mm -hmm. have a real wide base so you can use them in like as a, like a cocktail glass from mm -hmm. my point of view these, these work fine yeah. this is made by the awrl it's uh frosted with the awrl logo on it wonderful somebody nice. at the awrl sent them thank you so much why did they send them to you <sighs> to use them on the podcast i i guess is that what it said mission received <laughs> mission is that what accomplished. it said no there was no letter they just sent you did you accidentally <laughs> i might have <laughs> Who knows at this point? Anything's possible. In your So thank insomnia. you, me, for the physical veil. You're like, these are a good idea. These stemless wine glasses would work great for cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered them. No, I, I, you, I did. You thought that they would come with cocktails. <laughs> you were sorely disappointed. I was so insomniized. What do you call that when you're in the midst of... Tired. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. No, I believe it was from Steve Goodgame. I believe he sent them. So thank you, Steve. Thanks, Appreciate Goodgame. That. Join the conversation. Quesada, by leaving... right? Quesada. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big, uh, big data storage enthusiast. <laughs> uh, join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. 
or and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com however leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the ham radio crash course reach more hams and the ham curious and we appreciate it unfortunately no reviews on apple podcasts so last week not a winner we did get we did get actual like five-star reviews but no one wrote a review we're specifically talking about doug's beautiful song i know i couldn't give a review for doug did somebody come on now yeah reviews for doug at least right and nathan right right? that's right are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready into the unknown i will go for I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. bees. That's right. (laughs) So, Leia, you're back again. Are you continuing? Back again. We're we're playing the Predit game. Predit. Yes. What is that? That is Prepper Reddit. Prepper Reddit. (laughs) Got it. I think you're a little far from the microphone too, aren't you? This is uh, this particular post is not going to be informational. It's going to be thought provoking. <laughs> oh, oh, yes! Wow. It's titled "Will You Be Able to Turn Away People?" And I'm going to give you the username so that you can look it up because one of my biggest pet peeves now, mm-hmm. when I want to read the original post. Mm-hmm is when somebody shares like Reddit content mm-hmm. and then doesn't include the user. So you can never find the original post. Yeah, yeah. It's rude. Okay. And it's akin to content theft. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. This is from user Green Lee Man. That's... L-E-E? Yep. Okay. Will you be able to turn people away? A thought that always crosses my mind and comes up with my friends often when the shiz hits the fan, I'm going to Aaron's house, that's the OP, mm-hmm. to survive. And we all laugh and that's it. We talk Happen about this all the time all on the, the podcast. The number but I mean, of, physically happens. Like Yes, to us all the time. They're all like, the time. we're just coming to your house and we always go, well, we aren't going to be here. <laughs> we're going to take all of our preps. As an offering to go <laughs> to Dave's, yeah, exactly. Because we told him that. Yes, <laughs> it's really, it's really a pyramid scheme of preparedness. <laughs> We're on Dave's downlines, yeah, which means in a disaster we have to bring a bunch of rice and beans, yes. bullets, and ham radio. Ham radio. I can cook on an open fire. All of our skills, we have yes. to take it to. Dave's. I can make bread. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's it's fantastic. I can cook like with just a fire. I can cook bread and other things in just a Dutch oven on a fire. See, mm-hmm. I am invaluable. That's yes. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I don't there are know. other things you can do. <laughs> we've probably, the starting and the stopping of that comment should not be bread. I bread, yes. I make flour good. Leanne and I can create a permaculture garden. Okay. That's... You know. Well, don't give away the plans to the There's lots. <laughs> well, everybody else. We don't want else... a bunch of podcast people showing up at Dave's. <laughs> they don't know where Dave lives. Uh, hey, man. But I guarantee podcast you are savvy. that our podcast people are actually already, they already know how to bread and garden and ham radio. Mm-hmm. They're most of the way there. Mo- yep. Yep. Triple threat. But it it does make me think right and the redditor continues but then i leave and i can't help but think 
Would I actually be able to turn family or my closest friends away? No. Knowing that if I brought them in, they are now a burden on my resources and everything I worked hard for. Right now, I have about two years worth of food for my dog and I at all times. Keeping it on rotation and animals come in and food is grown, etc. Mm-hmm. That is immediately cut in half over and over as people arrive. Correct. When or if it came down to it and they showed up at my door, telling them to leave would be extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. This is such an important point that we have preps Mm -hmm. that we have planned out for a family of four. Mm -hmm. We do have like a little bit extra, but mainly for bartering, not to not to straight up support additional people. Right. Right. So one, I do you look at all of the people in your life that you love that, you know, will come to you. Mm And then just go ahead and add them to your prep list and bulk up your preps by that much? Mm-hmm. Or do you emphasize to them, in an emergency situation, you must have your own stuff. Right. And you can come here, but you cannot come here empty-handed. I think that's a fine going in position, but I think there is a, a, a nuance point here that's being missed, right? We prepare a stockpile of food why because we feel that we won't be able to get food right right if things go bad let's say it's economic right meaning one can go outside and not die it -hmm. means that the ability to acquire food grow food barter for food still exists right it will be hampered at least in the beginning but then at some point there will be some kind of relaxing and there'll be some level of production that will be able to be achieved right So your preparedness food that you have on hand only needs to get you through that point. Yes. Until you're producing food again. Right. Or find a steady path for food. The government is completely, is not completely dissolved. But what about medicine? Hold on. Okay, sorry. The other part is we prepare food because one cannot go outside without dying. Yes. And if it's the latter... You really don't have to worry about people showing up at your house in the first place, do you? I mean, that's an ex- the economic situation is more likely. Than- so then in those situations, those people should be expected that they, if you can live outside, it must not be that bad. You can find food and you can bring food and you can be a part of growing food mm-hmm. and getting food, catching cats, eating dogs, the whole thing. What's happening right now? Hey, man. Got to survive. I'm kidding. The last part I was kidding. I got to keep Chloe away from you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the you neighbor. Have been... I'm not talking about my dog. The... I'm talking about my neighbor's There's dogs. There's like two other corgis on the street. I'm sure they're delicious. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. All jokes. All jokes. But there is a French bulldog there, there across is, the street. There's all, this, there's all these concepts out there and everybody prepares. I mean, come on. Again, Discovery. Thank you, Discovery. Doomsday preppers, right? Everybody has this connotation of everyone's preparing for Mount St. Helens to erupt. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is what's more likely? Uh, an Ar- Argentina situation, a Venezuela situation with the way the, that our government's going. Who knows how things are going to go? It just could be a different direction of socialism, right? It's the opposite way, right? Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. And I'm, I'm not, by the way, that oh, was sorry. not a political statement. That was a hypothetical. Okay. No one come at me for, I'm not making a political statement. So... 
When the pandemic started, there was a massive shortage on things like rice. And paper goods. Okay. Yes. I gave that away freely. Uh-huh. I mean, you're horrible. Willy nilly. You were killing us. You were killing your family. I was like, I was running out and getting rice. Now I will dropping it off at family members' houses. I want to. I want to make it clear to everyone: um, you were giving them bad rice. What? It was rice we don't like that we don't eat in our home. It wasn't the delicious jasmine rice in our preps, It was the only rice I could get my hands which on. Which is cheap, not good rice. It wasn't cheap. Okay, whatever. But it was not, like, when I say cheap, it's like rice I don't like to eat. It was, I think it was low glycemic index rice. Horrible. Trash. Trash rice. I know because we still have an open bag. Won't touch it. I won't, I won't eat it. It's horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, don't, all right, calm down, you know, with, with your, uh, with your altruism that you're, you're handing out <laughs> garbage rice to people. Here you go. Eat it up. It was the only rice I could get. It's a joke. I'm it's kidding. close to bas- basmati, actually. Which we don't really eat much. Yeah. Well, my family eats basmati. No okay. problem. So uh, we d- it, it makes me it makes me think, at what point mm-hmm. should I have not been doing that? Because on one hand, me going out and getting these supplies and dropping them at their houses. like right. You know when you know. Like, you'll know when you know. You, I can't even tell you how much stuff I gave away. I know you at did. At the beginning I, of the pandemic. I, so much stuff. Yeah. I know. I know. I know we gave a lot away. I'm not I'm not complaining about it. I'm not mad. It's but right I don't know. Do. How would I turn that off? Suddenly, there, there's two prongs to this, right? One, I, think it's, I think it's pretty clear when you start like dipping into your own stuff and your kids are hungry. Go ahead and go on a limb and that's say. That's too late then. That's oh, too late. Well, then that's on you, man. Right? But what I'm saying is... Arguably, you shouldn't be touching anything that we, we have. Like, you shouldn't be dipping in the supply to give to other people. You should, sure, sure. Once that's, you start doing fair. that, you, sh- you a warning light should be going on. Not I mean, to say I, you won't because it's the right thing to do. I'm, right. I'm saying that's still a right thing to do. That's a real battle for me sure. because I'm somebody who is, like, very community if, if you're able to go to the store and buy the stuff, yes. then it's probably not that bad. Okay. Right? If you're having to, like, use a, a Troy silver dollar to buy a thing of rice, okay, probably bad, right? That's, like, if you're bartering. But then that's too late. What do we you mean it's too saying? late? So you need more is what you're saying? We need more rice? Well, that's what I was getting at. So what we at. do is we build a faux wall. We hide the good <laughs> rice, the jasmine rice, behind the faux wall. And we stockpile basmati rice <laughs> as a decoy. A decoy rice. Decoy trash rice. For everybody that likes basmati rice, I'm not throwing shade i just don't personally eat basmati well, rice is really good with indian food though it, for and indian rice food, it's fantastic so just to be clear but i'm just not doing that on the free time the only place that still had rice in the area was an indian supermarket right that had it in the window and they had multiple kinds of rice like red rice things like that this was the only white rice they had mm-hmm. and i walked out of there with as many bags as i could get Wow. To like hand out to people who needed it. I mean, I appreciate the effort, but you got to pay them for that. Just because it's in the window, you walk out with it. <laughs> of course I it's not, it's, it, it's, a, it's a national emergency, yes, but we were, we were still with rule of law. You can't just be stealing it. I paid for the rights. Okay, okay. okay. But my thought is like, if everybody has some, they will be less likely to need some from me meh 
right? Human, human nature is. But then I a realized whole of yes, <laughs> doing whatever it takes to survive out of their rice. Who was that nice lady to me. Who, who came with all the rice? <laughs> she must have more. She rice. must have more trash rice. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like, and that's you know, when we're back are... into faux wall territory. <laughs> so, uh, the point of this preparedness corner is to think about the people that you absolutely cannot turn away, mm-hmm. and you need to come up with a preparedness plan for them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you, like if it's you know an elderly family member who you know is not going to be able to take care Great of themselves point. yes add them into whatever your preps are because you know more than likely you're going to take them in mm-hmm. right um if they are just able bodied and like not good at things <laughs> then maybe you uh you inch them towards things that could be valuable to learn and to encourage them to stockpile their own preps and not count on you like the ant and the grasshopper. I was just thinking ant and the grasshopper yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful point. So Well said. Yeah. So there you Thank go. You. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. What a git. <laughs> a manky git. <laughs> Welcome to the email correspondence tower. Also, the email, the, the voicemail. What do we call that? The voicemail alcove? Annex. The voicemail annex and <laughs> the physical mail shipping and receiving department. <laughs> the warehouse. The warehouse. <laughs> uh, I have a physical mail. You do? I have a physical mail. Uh, you know what? What's on the side of the box here? That's Goofy. That's Goofy. From the Animal Kingdom. And <gasps> Mickey. Mickey. And so I got a box. I picked it up at the P.O. Box today. By the way, nice. thank you for people that send us uh, thank physical you. mail. This is, this this is, from is better Deers. than reviews, actually. This is from Deers. Deers? Like Bambi? The Disney Emergency Amateur Radio what? Service. Are you serious? In Orlando, Florida. This is the this Ham is... Radio Club. What? That is completely made up of cast members. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not a Disney adult, but I was a Disney cast member. So there's a note. Nice. And there is a thing. A thing that is wrapped. A wrap like thing. Christmas. Okay. So um, do you want to try and open the wrap thing while I read the note? Yeah, please. Okay. So please. I will. I will give you a blade, I guess. Wait, where's my, where's my knife? There it is. There you go. Your knife. So I will, I will read the note here. Great. Yeah, definitely ASMR the, the microphone. Perfect. So little little letter with a with a QSL card WD4WDW says KI6NAZ thank you for highlighting our club we continue to keep a good relationship with Disney to keep repeaters and operating shack on the resort property wow. 73 so i made a video commenting that Disneyland in Anaheim not very good to ham radio. They they kick Not people good. out. Um, kick people out's the wrong term. They tell hams that they can't bring their ham radios onto the property often. Mm-hmm. It happens. Uh, I have told people a little trick to get around that is you just tell them, hey, it's a family radio. You know, family radios are allowed. You're you're good to go. The repeater is no longer on 
Disneyland Anaheim Resort, as mm -hmm. it used to be in the top of the Matterhorn. That's where they had it. What? Once upon a time. No longer. I wonder if the basketball court's still in there. Well, it is, but it got closed up when they got rid of the uh, sky buckets. There used to be a basketball. Do you remember that whole story about that? Why the I basketball court was there? I used to work at Disney, yes. But why it was there? Yes, because the building, the only building that could be that tall, like exceed a certain height, had to be a gymnasium. Is that really true? Yes. It's not just a wives' tale? Ooh. Is that a magnet? It's a oh. magnet. So I got a Deer's Magnet. It's the Disney Am Emergency Amateur Radio Service. It, beautiful magnet. And a mug? And a keychain? Oh my God, you guys? I got hooked up, man. This is awesome. I love that mug. It's a big mug. You, you're, oh, no, you're stuff. allowed to use Mickey on your, Dude, on your how, stuff? Like, how serious is that that they can use Mickey Mouse wow. on their logo? Usually Disney's like, we're no. going to sue you and your go ham ahead radio and, into go ahead oblivion. And pay us, please, for licensing. That's awesome. That's I, amazing. I love this. Thank you so much. We, we are not, we're no longer pass holders for Disneyland, but I definitely respect uh, what you guys down in Orlando are doing. So I will put that on the list of things to do. Maybe next year, Leia and family will uh, follow me to Florida for Hamcation. Honestly, working at Disneyland was one of my favorite jobs of all time. People think that it must suck to work at Disneyland. Well, now, maybe. But yeah. back when you were there, uh, it sounds the like it was a different time than what people are dealing with now. I, I like was literally working 40 hours plus overtime. And I'm somebody who does like to work. So like to be no. able to... Uh, as a 17-year-old work 40 hours plus overtime, it was like so much money to me, <laughs> right? Like... Making that seven fifty an hour? <laughs> but in addition to that, on my days off, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. if I had an early shift, I would just go to the park oh. for free. Wow. So then it's like a bonus. Seven fifty an hour is, was minimum wage when we were jobbing it at that time in california and i could sign three friends into the park and that's like a 17 year old's dream oh and that was back then it was any time yeah and you there were, were not no limited blockout no blockout well i think uh well christmas and like, sure New sure, Year's, sure. But, but there wasn't like what they do now is you have to have coupons and stuff right right, you have right. To, like build up to it you can only put bring so many people in a year back then if you knew a cast member you could get in whenever you wanted. no it was always it was limited to 12 a year but i didn't even work through all 12 it was wow yeah. okay like not 12 people 12 instances of three people oh right okay gotcha that's a lot of tickets okay yeah that's still a lot yeah anyway oh my gosh that was uh that's so amazing i just i put the card back in the envelope and i didn't see if there was a call sign associated to it oh no it's just from uh it was from wd4 wdw which i already mentioned that's your qsl card did you want to see it yes oh this is awesome wonderful I love it. I hope actually to make a contact with you guys. So I'll have to figure out when you what you get on the air for if there's like a special Disney event. Oh, or... such dears. Speaking of interesting <laughs> call signs, uh, when I, I don't think you watched my field day video, probably mm, right. I on the live stream. No, the standalone video that I no, posted. I did so I made a contact with NU5DE. Okay. It's the Ham Radio Nudist Club. Nice. N-U-5-D-E. Just bearing it all. Yeah. They were they were out there on the air for field day. Making contacts. Making contacts. <laughs> so that was on. I got New that contacts. in the log. In the log for the club that I was with. 
everybody i started like i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh and everybody's like what do you what do you why are you so excited i'm like that's the that's the ham radio nudist community like it's a it's a like a nudist community like yeah yeah it was wild okay so that's the physical mail what do we anything on the voicemail front we do on the annex yeah what's the phone number for that that is 562-334-2389 okay and away we go Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan. I'm responding to a message that Leia put on the Discord uh, podcast uh, channel about having the school closing and uh, other stuff and I think thunder and lightning and, and a fire at a college or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. I looked Cerritos up. College. I wanted to see if I could find more information about it. And it seems like there was a large, over a large area, you're ha- there was a, a lot of issues on, I think it's Wednesday. Um, so I also saw in the LA Times that a woman and her two dogs were fatally struck yep. by in lightning Pico. and they obviously yep. um, died. And it was in Pico Rivera. Yep, King Taco territory. And uh, so I was trying to figure out how far away that is from you. And uh, it's close to Josh's mom's house. That's a, a large area, and, and that they died. But I was trying to figure out uh, where it was at. So I was looking on a map, and I unrelatedly saw that there's a uh, Dennis the Menace, some kind of park or playground or something in Downey, California. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> there is. That's interesting. Something that's sad, but also something that's interesting. Um, on this call. This is Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Uh, California has a large number of themed parks, especially in Southern California. We have like artists that do like concrete uh, play structures, mm-hmm. and we have like concussion pirates, is what we call them. Pirate ships. Well, I mean, we used to. A lot of that cool stuff got bulldozed because it was not safe. Bellflower still has a pirate ship park that looks like it's like an amusement park, but okay. it is has no rides. It's just a playground. Right. Um, we have railroad parks. That's mm-hmm. a thing. We used to have the rockets. A lot of the rockets have been pulled mm-hmm. out. Anything that people can jump out of or be pushed out of, I should say, right, right. is uh, no more. D- did you have on your campus... What was basically just a platform that you would, that was, there was a ladder going up to it. It was a super high platform. (laughs) No. When you say campus, what do you mean? On your elementary school campus. No. Okay. So super high platform. (laughs) What? This thing had to have been like nine feet high. Okay. What? And you would climb it to get to the top. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, there was nothing up there. There was like no associated slide or anything. It was just a platform. How, how, how wide was this platform? It was enough for like maybe, um, like five kids comfortably. You could pack like 10 up there. What? Yes. It was like, I think it was supposed to simulate a tree house because my elementary school didn't have a ton of trees. Anyway, some kid fell off of it and cracked their head open. Yeah. They didn't get rid of it. You should have known better. It's just a big ass platform in the I middle of nowhere. I don't think it was removed until like 
10 years later when my brother was in school. What? Yeah. And I mean, literally, like it was there the whole time I was in elementary school mm-hmm. with that one like very severe accident. We don't have things like that anymore. But what was it made of? I never climbed up that thing. <laughs> like what once. was it made of? It was metal. Metal? Yeah. So it was also hot and, and ridiculous? It, like, it was as you painted got... yellow, I think. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was painted yellow. This is insane. I don't... I, I, I don't... I, okay, well, well, dear podcast listener, if, if you have a crazy <laughs> metal platform that was just a freestanding platform with nothing else going on in your elementary school, I guess... Send us a message. Make it ham radio related, though, please. Yeah. Did you antenna it? Yeah. I mean, if it was still there, we could we could antenna <laughs> it. I would do that. That'd be fun. But it just makes me think mm-hmm. that people have like shied so far away from mm-hmm. allowing kids near any danger, mm-hmm. whereas like you've learned pretty quickly that the world was not safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that you were responsible for your own well-being. Like everything that I grew up playing on was made of like steel mm-hmm. constructed out of railroad ties mm-hmm. or formed out of concrete. Yes. Like nothing was padded. Yeah. It was all going to kill you. Right. And so... the the shock absorber we had mm-hmm. was like very aggressive bark. Like chopped up bark. I wouldn't even call it or, sawdust. Or sand. Not even sand. Any of the parks I went to was just hard, mulched up wood. Wow. Can't be sawdust because that wood would get rotten. Right. So it had to be thick, horrible pieces of wood that would embed mm-hmm. themselves in your knees if mm-hmm. you if you mm-hmm. crashed on it. Yeah. That was, that was the world. One of the reasons that I picked the school, uh, the preschool that the kids went to was because there was this... Um, death trap treehouse in the back. It looks like a death trap, but it, it was a classic treehouse. Yeah, proper. It was a proper treehouse. Yeah, like it was with built like up. different, like different uh, stairs going to different sections of a mm-hmm. very massive tree, right? And uh, if you weren't careful, you would get splinters. Yep, one hundred percent, because it's an old treehouse. Mm-hmm. But it made sure that only a specific kind of parent was willing to send their kid to this school. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because you would see the treehouse. And those who were like, oh, this is not safe enough for my snowflake, did not go to the school. And so when a new company bought the school from this woman who had basically, it was like a Montessori school that she started when her kids were young. And it was a true Montessori children's house right? that ended up getting bought out by a corporation. One of the first things they wanted to do was tear out that treehouse. And we were like, no, you don't. We will all leave. We will all. <laughs> Did you buy this as an investment? <laughs> because we will all leave. <laughs> we are gone. We want our children faced with danger every day. <laughs> with immediate consequences for their actions. Seriously. And I yes. think that that is something that is missing. That's why we're raising like these generations of children. Mm-hmm. that grow up to be adults that have no personal responsibility. Or they're just inept. Because, like, like they can't do things on their own. Because a byproduct are... of, uh, like, immediate helicopter parenting and safety mm-hmm. also means they're probably doing everything for their child, too. Mm-hmm. To make sure that, you know, that, oh, it's too hard for them to do. Too difficult. I agree. 
So. Yeah. More voicemail? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I had to pull over to read my email direct. Hold on. This is another one. I'm holding. From Nathan. I'm holding. <laughs> Hello. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. Talking to you from Southern Vermont. I just wanted to give you a little preview of uh, my field day. I did it at home, so I was one Delta Victor Tango. Okay, Josh, did you get that? One Delta Victor Tango. Mm-hmm. I said, did you get it? One Delta Victor Tango. What? Why is he doing this? Oh, I just this? want to make sure you got it. Okay, no. <laughs> What? You got one Delta Victor Tango? He's talking about what? somebody okay, in the video. Thanks. So <laughs> There was a guy. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, based so on, frustrating. Uh, your video of field day um, of one Delta Whiskey Victor. So um, sorry about the other voicemail that you probably have already played. Um, that was meant for last week, but you didn't um, check it for your second recording. So that's why it's a little delayed talking about the lightning and the death of the lady and the dogs. So that's all for now. Um, but remember, one Delta, Victor Tango. 73, <laughs> this is Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu. Thank you so much, Nathan. On to the next voicemail. Hey, Leanne and Josh, it's Jessica. So oh, hey. I hey, Jessica. Let you know that you did not say the town names correctly, <gasps> um, but it was definitely funny. Uh, if you want to know Lester. how to say right, reference Lester. Nate's video in the Discord. But if you like to try, say them like a true math hole, it's Worcester and Lester. We generally don't say our R's. We kind of drop them off. They just disappear. Not really go off to, especially when we're really mad and aggravated. Uh, yeah, I'm rambling now. Bye. <laughs> How mad are people in Massachusetts? The, the video that that guy from TikTok, Ben Bernard, Ben Bernard, that video is so funny because there's so many names that are just all kinds of messed up. I kind of wanted to just play it right now. It's, it's so it's... funny. <laughs> and it was the same, uh, some of the same cities that Jessica wanted. They were the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Lesta. I can't even do it. Lesta. You're Le just you're not angry Le enough about the Boston. Whites. I, I don't. About the I'm not going to do this because I'm. Not, <laughs> I'm going to get the wrong white thing, and then the wrong white thing. The team that starts with. They did white socks. They didn't make the 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 river green enough. I don't know. I can't do a Boston. St. <laughs> Patty's. I don't know, man. Lester. I have to like Washta. hear. I have to. Washta. I have to go watch Departed or something. To be able to get like a proper some kind of accent that I can. Work you must with. tap your inner Wahlberg. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for the voicemails. I love to hear your wonderful voices. And on to the emails. Oh wait! Before we do that, let's okay. remind everybody: emails when you send them in at Leia at hamtactical.com. Make sure you make it about ham radio. Tell us your story. Tell us what you're working or preparedness. on. Or preparedness. Whatever's going on. I don't we don't mind the the diving into what, you know, why Hawkeye is the worst Avenger and all that fun stuff. But do do include those those ham radio topics because we really do love them. So make sure you get them. He in is here. the worst though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, big support of our channel is everything we sell over at hamtactical.com. 
And if you send us a merch idea and your thoughts on, you know, making something new and interesting, we'd love to hear it. And if we make one, we'll send you one for free. The next email is titled, or the first email, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, podcast, stage directions inside. Mm. Okay. So I'm supposed to. Oh, wow. This has got choreography. I'm supposed to play this sound clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, I promise it's clean. And I wasn't assuming it wasn't clean until he until said, until he said, I promise it's clean, but I'm going to play it because I know you can cut it if it's not. Yeah. We'll make okay. a clip. Yeah. <laughs> Leia, Josh, this is snake. Do you read me? <laughs> I wanted to let you know that pigeon man, K2 TJK. Past is extra, thanks to the VE team at the HRCC. Maybe you could call him on the Kodak and congratulate him. 7-3. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That is so good. So that is what that tone is. It's the Kodak from uh, Kodak from Metal Gear Solid. And he was doing the voice of Solid Snake. Oh, it was so good. I can't remember the guy's first name, but it's Hater is his last name. He's... He is iconic in video game voice acting. I loved Metal Gear Solid. I loved the first one. Did not like the second one as much. The The third one, Snake Eater, was like one of my favorites, though. Man, oh, that was that was really nicely done. Nice. It even had the little noise, too. Pigeon Man, well done. I'll do it again. Congratulations. Fantastic. Wonderful. Congratulations. Oh, that was awesome. All right, so this is from Tim. It says, hi, Leia and Josh. I do a better snake impersonation when I have a cold. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. The VE team at HRCC... Glark. <laughs> it's a lot of A's. It's so fantastic. They were so sweet and supportive. We even chatted and hung out for 10 minutes after my test. Wow. I first saw Josh on Modern Rogue, been watching them since scam school. Me and, too. And well, actually, before that, but... And decided to put the dusty bow fang on my desk to use. In two and a half years, I've gone from nothing to extra. Whoa. Okay. So Amazing. that was, I've given you two. Then this is the last one for extra. Wow. Congratulations. Amazing. I have Josh and all the YouTubers to thank. I still feel like I'm getting started in ham radio and I know there is much to come. Thanks again, and 73, Tim, a.k.a. Pigeon Man. Wow. Thank you, Tim. That Tim, was... I think you made Josh's day. Oh, that was really cool. Nicely done. Yeah, Nicely awesome. done with the voice acting. Well done. Uh, so, Tim, was that you with a cold or without a cold? That's... <laughs> <laughs> Well done. The next email is titled Mobile Antenna Receiving, and this is from Dakota. Okay. Hey, Leah and Josh. I have a question about a weird experience my friends and I had with our radios. Okay. My truck has a Yaesu FTM 300 in it with an HP 32 FHM Comet antenna on it. There were ghosts, Josh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just... What? <laughs> A weird experience. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. I can see you bracing yourself. So. I don't need any more paranormal talk in a ham radio podcast. <laughs> the other vehicles, everybody write in with your paranormal mm -hmm. ham radio experiences. Um, save it for save it for October. 
I, I, I have a day. We do it on the Halloween expo, uh, uh, episode, and nobody calls in. I have the phone line. Nobody calls in with their scary stories. Ham radio scary Maybe stories. because you've discouraged them so much from the Maybe woo. Maybe because ham just not that scary. There's not that much going on that's scary. <laughs> the other vehicles were using Yesu FT3DRs and a cheaper mag mount antenna mm-hmm. stuck onto the hood and the roof. Mm-hmm. Somehow, I lost signal of the vehicle that was getting farther away before my friend's vehicle that was right behind me driving down the highway. Somehow, the FT3DRS and smaller antennas were able to hear each other at a much farther distance that the the FTM 300 and Comet antenna. My question is, is there a way I can improve the receivability of my radio? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, due to my truck being dedicated for camping, the antenna is mounted ah. on the side of my hood for roof clearance. I am using an RG213 coax as it was what my local ham shop recommended. As an automotive mechanic, I have the time and ability to try different things on my own truck. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Yep. So that was going to be my question is, and thank you for providing the background. I really do appreciate you giving the little bit of background details. My question was going to be where the antenna was mounted in orientation to where the other party was that you were trying to, the longer distance party that you were having a hard time hearing. So generally, generally, it is always considered best practice to put your antenna smack dab in the middle of the roof, the top of the car. The highest point right in the middle. Mag Why? mounts. What, is, what difference does it make the center of the car versus the side of the car? Well, if you think about a car, particularly a hood, where you could be mounting an antenna, if I had the antenna mounted on the front right side of the hood, mm-hmm. okay, and the station I wanted to talk to was outside the rear left of the vehicle. Oh, the whole vehicle is the blocking. The whole vehicle is blocking part of the antenna. And potentially attenuating signals or absorbing the RF in some degree. Mm. So when you put it on the center roof at the highest point, you have no obstructions. Mm. So 100% of your RF, at least in com- in commensurate with the antenna that you're running, uh, is is getting out to the fullest degree. I would, just for the sake of, of argument, go check all your connections and make doubly sure that you haven't been running that coax on that vertical antenna long enough that the coax is just completely saturated with water you know something else may be going on for instance i was driving leia's well i was driving the xterra for field day both the cars are your cars fine and i have a vertical antenna in a very compromised place for a very similar reason i just I, I can't really get it that high up without you know ripping it off when we go into a parking structure anyways when field day was going on I just wasn't really hearing anybody in that thing. And I was on the phone with Leia, and you happened to have my FTM 400 loud enough that I could hear the people mm-hmm. on it talking. And you were hearing just tons of people. There was mm-hmm. tons of people making contacts. And we weren't that far apart. So now I'm considering that the coax may be just full of water at this point. Because that's been in the car the entire time I've owned it, right? Mm-hmm. That truck has had the, co- the same coax. I heard coax. a super loud conversation yesterday. In the Xterra? Yes. It might have been um, a repeater or something. I don't know. But it, it varies. Antenna placement, just keep that in mind. The top of the roof is always the best place. I would check all your connections. Doubly check that you're appropriately grounded. 
yes, that that will help too on the receive side. There, there's you know subtle things you can do. You you might also, I mean, maybe curious curiously. Let me ask, how high do you have your squelch on your radio? Did you have to crank it up because there's a lot of automotive noise? The squelch is kind of the 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 barrier for when the radio is is actively playing versus not playing. And if you've got the squelch cranked up to handle local RFI, then you're not going to hear the weaker signals coming in. That's generally why we run without mm. squelch when we do satellites or, or simplex work, because we, we want to try and get the longest contacts, even if it's really noisy on the FM side. So those are some thoughts. Give those a shot and maybe email us back and let, it know if it, let us know if it works. All right. Well, hope that answered your mystery. I hope. Dakota says, thanks for your podcast. It's amazing to listen to throughout the day at work. Mm. Sincerely, VA7XDW, Dakota. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you for uh, sharing your challenge. The next email is from Josh. Yes. <laughs> it is, uh, you forwarded me an email mm-hmm. that someone had sent you. Okay. So I will actually leave this person's contact information out. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Because they didn't intend to email us necessarily. It says, hi, Josh. It was really great to meet you Saturday at the Huntington Beach Field Day site. I arrived at the site at 7 a.m. and watched as all the antennas were positioned and deployed. To my way of thinking, I didn't think that any of the antennas were going to work. I wonder why. Um... I only saw so the one that I saw that that they ended up using uh, at nighttime was a G five RV. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a dipole, basically. Okay. But part of it is that the the part that comes down to the ground mm-hmm. is ladder line, balance okay. line versus unbalanced line, mm. and that needs to be off the ground and away from metal. And they achieve that by kind of like running it at some point parallel to the ground for a while and then letting it come down to the point where the connector was and then feeding it. And I was talking to Roy. It was Roy's antenna. Roy works at HRO, by the way. And Roy was saying that he couldn't get it to tune, like the the, the 7300 wouldn't tune it. And I'm like, well, it's a G5 RV. You generally need a better tuner uh, than that. Like a 10 to 1 tuner is generally what you need for mm. a G5 RV. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, keep, keep going. When I saw you setting up your hex beam, I thought that you were going to save the day for HBRC. You took out there a buddy pole hex beam, right? I took out the, that's right, the buddy hex, as they call it. Buddy hex. I had a lot of questions about your hex beam, but thought it would be better to save my questions for an email rather than distract you from your task at hand. Questions. You used a Milwaukee impact drill to put mm-hmm. in stakes. Where did you order the stakes and hardware from? So I'm going to talk about some of this stuff in the, the show topic later, mm-hmm. but I did want to just get this email out there because the questions were really good. Mm-hmm. There are a number of stakes that you can buy, like Curly Q stakes. Remember the mention last week for the dog mm-hmm. leash Curly yeah. Q stakes? You can get those that don't have the little loop at the end or the loop screws in, mm-hmm. and the top is like a hex nut. Mm. Well, if it's a hex nut, that means you can use a socket wrench or even better, an impact driver and just drive those suckers right into the ground. That's really good in sand. 
because it's very hard to stake. Well, so even better in sand is the stakes I brought, which were auger type stakes. Oh. So it's like a circle disc that was split Mm -hmm. and they kind of hold because they got a big fat surface area. Mm -hmm. And so I just used that impact driver and gunned it into the ground. I was using a 12 volt fuel Milwaukee um, setup. Mm-hmm. Not the 18 volt or anything higher than that. The 12 volt is perfect. I've said it multiple times. It's like the best ham radio weekend warrior tool setup for setting up antennas and all that stuff because they're super lightweight. They charge really fast. They last really long, even though they're 12 volt. And on the Milwaukee, I'm not talking about any other brand. I'm talking about the Milwaukee M12 fuel system. I have been able to drive tons of screws with the impact driver. I've been able to use the hammer bit on the the hammer drill into concrete, into cinder block walls for for mounting lag bolting things for antennas, all that stuff with the Milwaukee M12. Absolutely love it. I'm not affiliated with Milwaukee in any way. I just really, really like their tools. So continue. All right. Until now, I have been pounding homemade angle iron stakes into the ground with a small sledgehammer and later removing them with an old 1960s bumper jack and chain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Regarding the hex beam, what are the names of the pieces or packages that you ordered from Buddy Pole and set up at the site? Okay, so I will we'll post links in the show notes to the auger stakes. The auger stakes come with a little T-handle that you can use to drive the stakes in, but highly recommend the impact driver. It, it, it does wonders because it's got that hammer function. The hammer is probably the wrong word, but it's got that impact slam function mm-hmm. that drives it forward. Okay, so the buddy hex that well, there will be videos on, don't worry. The buddy hex is available off the the buddy pull website. Just go to the website and look in their antenna section. The buddy hex is there. Scroll down. Chris from Buddy Pull added a section on how to get on the list to order one. Okay. So I had the buddy hex. Oh, so it's like not even available right now. It is available, but it's very much a boutique antenna. Okay. Okay, and I'll I'll explain why in a second. Um. But I, I kind of wanted to get this out there for people that are interested in it. You email, okay? You email info at Buddy Poll with Buddy Hex in the subject line, and they'll do a you know email back and forth, and you'll get on the list to get one. The Buddy Hex antenna, just the hex beam top portion, is five ninety nine. Okay. If you want the mast, which I, I really want people to understand the mast is equally as important with the system. Buddy Pole has another, it's not really a separate company, but it's a system that they have called Mastworks. The Mastworks okay. mast is fantastic. It's not a round extruded tube mast. It's like an extruded teardrop look to it all the way up the pole. And it can rotate. It has a hand crank at the bottom that you can actually go in there and spin it and move the antenna around. So you handle the pointing via this little crank. Now, the Massworks system comes in a couple of flavors. There's a 4-meter, a 7-meter, and a 10-meter. And I had the 10-meter. Do you have to meter. taste them, though? Uh, no, but they are delicious. <laughs> So 10 meters gets you 32 feet. Realistically, you are not deploying the buddy hex at 32 feet. The last two 
topmost sections, the skinniest sections, you only pull out about halfway or actually less if you have wind. Now, that mast goes for $799. Whoa. So it is not at whoa, whoa, all whoa. cheap. The seven meter is $659. Oh, it's still bad. Um, so if you're if you're buying one, I'd say go with the 10 meter. That's just me personally, if you're gonna go that route. And again, the buddy hex is $599. So this is not a cheap antenna. Uh, and also I want everybody to be really clear when I when I say this. This is an antenna that is for a weekend. This is for a camp out. This is for a field day. This is for a club event. Maybe you're doing a contest and you're working remote, maybe winter field day. This is not something that you drag out to the field and do a poda, unless you are camping at that location and you're gonna be there all weekend playing radio. It's very expensive, but it is one of the best showings in portable antennas I've dealt with. Um, as far as the quality, the thought that goes into the system, what it does, how it's built out, all of it I'll try and talk about in video, but I assume I'm not going to do a good enough job to explain how nice the whole system is. But that's what I had. That's what I deployed. I... I can't I can't really say enough about it. It was it was fantastic. And everything's included. The buddy hex, the guying system, Mastworks comes with the guying system. The guying system even has thought behind it. It comes with um it comes with winders that helps you guy it out appropriately. It, it's all there. The only thing you need to pro provide is better stakes. Do not use the stakes that comes with the Mastworks system. Mm. Get some better stakes because Maybe it, you just really tell expensive. Buddy Paul that they should Add the auger stick. I, I think it won't fit in the bag. Oh. It's, it's, it's a really tight fitting thing and you can get it with a sport tube so you can actually like take it on a plane because it's a carry on technically. Oh. So if you were doing like, a you know, your, your own personal de-expedition and you're going to some, you know, island resort or whatever, this would be beautiful. Oh my God. I can only imagine what that would be like. Mm. Oh, so, so, sounds so... so so soothing, so satisfying to play ham radio on a on a deserted Pacific beach. Does it have to be deserted? Can we just go to Hawaii? I mean, depending on where, but you know, probably wouldn't set that up at the at Honolulu Beach. But what probably about like too... Kauai? Maybe depending on which beach you're talking about, I guess. Uh, if you're a club, hey, I'm gonna say recommend the the Buddy Hex for clubs. If you got enough money that you can buy one, I think it's a real field day champion. I got a lot of people that were saying field day was bad for them. They didn't have fun this field day. It wasn't good. But I'll tell you what, I put that thing up. We were at the beach, so we did have a little bit of a leg up there. We were killing it. We, we every Aside from the one contact, which you saw, everybody saw in the video if you watched it, I, I was able to just talk to whoever I wanted to, make contacts. I was calling CQ. I was hunting and pouncing. I was doing the whole nine yards. I it, I had no problem. I felt like I was at home, to be honest. I felt like I had the capability of me that being good, huh? at home. Yeah. No, not not as good as the step I are, straight up. That, but That's what I was going to say. I'm like, But uh... it felt like it. It felt as close to that as I could be in a portable situation. It was a lot of fun. It was great. All right. Well, Joe continues. Thank you for all that you're doing for amateur radio. I think that POTA and YouTubers with streaming channels are doing more to transform amateur radio than anything the ARRL has done in the last 10 to 20 years. Well, take yeah. that, my cup. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, Quesada. Is that... 
quesada. I, I don't agree. I, I don't agree. I, I think that um, we are getting in front of people using new media capabilities that the AWRL and uh, and maybe this is maybe this is harsh words coming from me to the AWRL, but they are slow to react in some cases. They're slow to react to emerging technologies and particularly social media stuff. I mean, isn't that why KSAT is there? I agree. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. So he and Rhea, um, they're both very active in social media, et cetera, et cetera. But their their sphere of influence, while growing, is only a, a portion of the AWRL. Right. Sure. They need more backing. David Minster, being the new CEO, has has embraced YouTube YouTubers, but also YouTube as the AWRL looking forward. I've obviously worked with them in making videos in the past. We're not necessarily doing anything special, right, when you think about right. it. The AWRL makes videos. They do good videos. They do better reviews of radios than we do because they have better capabilities. They have better tools. They have better stuff at W1AW. Bigger budget. Bigger budget. But what we do that they aren't doing is getting in front of more eyeballs. Straight up. I have the ability to reach more eyeballs in, in almost any time than they do. Aside from their magazine, QST still reaches a lot of eyeballs. But QST, it's, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Some members don't even care that it's included in their membership. They've tried to change things up with the on the air, which I think has helped for some newer hams. I, I think it's it's all good. I don't want to throw any shade at the AWRL because I think what they're doing is important and valuable and needed. But at the same time, I, I think we're just the YouTubers again are just a little bit more agile than they are. Well, we, because we can they're... do things they can't. Yeah, they're I mean, they're a big organization, but also there's something to be said about meeting people in the medium that they prefer. Correct. Right. You or know. that's most convenient for them. Right. Pre preference and convenience often are the same thing. Mm. And YouTube is very convenient. Mm -hmm. It's very mm -hmm. easy for people to watch. But at the same time, we, we've got a ton of people out there killing it on TikTok, right? Because TikTok is convenient to a lot of people and that's how people consume information. It's, it's all good, right? It's actually really impressive uh, what people can do with TikTok in any topic. Because it's a limited video space. Yeah, I love it. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to cram a whole lot. In like three minutes. Yeah. And it's vertical. Yeah. I hate... Okay. I I like vertical because it feels very... Personal. Unpolished. Mm -hmm. It feels very... Hap, haphazard is the wrong word, but... It's what Instagram was supposed to be before it morphed into yeah, what is like sure. personal magazines. It it just feels like it's e it's specifically unprofessional. And in a yeah. world where people that are professionals kind of get looked down on, mm -hmm. TikTok for that community of people that resound resonate with that, it works for them. I like it for that sense because I don't really have to work that hard to make a TikTok. Mm -hmm. I work way harder to make a YouTube, obviously. Right. But when I make a TikTok, it's like, okay, here we go. We're done in like 30 minutes. Boom, it's uploaded. I like it. Um, I like the restriction. I like the three minute restriction. Mm -hmm. I like challenging myself to cram, like condense it into the smallest little nugget that I can. That's why part twos and part. I literally I hate watched a series that was seven parts, no. and I was like, "Nah, man, why you do this? Why you no do YouTube?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you just make me watch 21 minutes of video? <laughs> that could have been a YouTube. <laughs> well, it could have been three minutes, actually. People really like to drag it out. There's entire TikTok channels that their their entire thing is cliff notes. In. And yeah, end part twos. Yeah, yeah. They, they're anti part twos. And so they'll take all the parts and condense it down into a cliff notes version of it. And, which now, you don't, cracks me up. and now you don't have to go to a second video. But what's really funny about that is that when people there are channels that are notorious for doing multiple parts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when these channels condense them immediately, the channels that do multiple parts block the creator. Of course. <laughs> of course. I got to get back on TikTok. I wish I had more time. I don't have time. I, I've tried. I tried to carve out some time. It's so tough. I do like it. I do like it. Insofar as I thought about getting my channel to the point that I could live stream with OBS, because mm -hmm. you can act if your if your channel gets high enough, mm -hmm. you can actually live stream in the vertical format. I can yes. do it in OBS. Yes. And they send you a feed stream ID. If I had the stream ID, then I could live stream from my computer and do my vertical videos. Like I could do all of that with my stuff that I have already. But yeah. I, I have not been unlocked for that. So I can't do it. Then what do you need to unlock? I don't know that. I don't know. Is it a number of followers? Or? Probably. I don't know. All right. Everybody go f follow Ham Radio Crash Course on TikTok. So Josh is suddenly forced to create more content <laughs> on another platform. Because wouldn't it be funny if I could simultaneously do TikTok live stream and YouTube live stream? Because no, nobody has any complaints about that. It's Twitch and YouTube. You can't simulcast to. Mm -hmm. So what if I was running a version of OBS that was vertical format and then YouTube, which is horizontal format, but it's the same content. It's just slightly different. <laughs> it's just narrow. <laughs> yeah, it would be so funny. I would get a kick out of that. But all right. Anyway. Uh, so Joe continues, for example, until Poda came along, most hams rarely had the opportunity to run a pile up. It's the true. Yes. Well, aside from field day, but mm -hmm. even then, yeah, that, yeah. Sorry. Keep going. I don't want to steal the thunder. The opportunity only came in a contest once or twice a year, mm -hmm. and you had to have a mega station to hold down a frequency. That was just what I was going to say. I had a feeling he was going to say it. Also, all of the adrenaline is captured and shared with the radio community through streaming and YouTube. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, assuming we get good internet. Well, thank you so much for forwarding that email to me, Josh. I you're you're welcome. A, yeah. A lot of good uh, questions there. Mm-hmm. It was it was just good. It was a good email. I thought we'd share it. I, the next email is from Owen and it's titled a brief foldable antenna. And this is a straight tech support question. It appears to be. OK, I'm ready. That requires you to look at a picture. <laughs> OK. Oh, man. What's really funny is I could make you look you at turn it off and on any again? picture right now. I could literally make you look. At, it could be like blue waffles okay? why why is that the picture you reference but because i'm telling you that is ham radio related you're gonna look That's... owen says i have a tyt i've never looked at it i i do not i do not search for things mm -hmm. that go hugely viral and no one will describe what it is okay that's not gonna age well for the podcast yeah I have a TYT 8000E handheld dual band radio. Mm -hmm. What is the correct model number of a free antenna? 
<laughs> to fit the SMA connector on this radio. See attached picture. Thanks. Show me the picture. <laughs> I'm not going to look up the model yet. Okay. The radio is SMA female. Okay. So you need an abri SMA male. Is that how that works? That's it. Wow. It's the center pin, by the way. Okay. Do you understand how that works? Yeah. You, you get it, right? Yeah, yeah you, you do. Okay, yeah. It's a little waffly. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, it's not. I have no idea because I never looked at it. <laughs> now I'm going to show you later when no. we wrap the podcast. No. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. You can't make me. All right, Owen. I hope that answers <laughs> Josh your question. Josh wants to send you an airdrop. What is this about? <laughs> I won't. I'll reject every airdrop going forward. <laughs> Did you see? Oh, this is a total dumb chant tangent. Okay. <laughs> totally. Just airdrop. Just airdrop related. Passenger shaming. An Instagram <laughs> channel I absolutely love. It's a flight attendant who probably makes enough money they're no longer flight attending mm -hmm. from the, the Instagram. And they repost like shenanigans people get up to in mm -hmm. planes, which people get into all kinds of shenanigans. Like what what is like really bizarre to me? Mm -hmm. It's like misbehaving on a plane. You're literally stuck in a tube with these people. Why are just you being not just the worst. on like, your I'm best trying to behavior. prove that I am the worst human here. Like <laughs> I am trying to qualify my bona fides. There's no award at the end. Right. You don't get a star for being the worst human in an airplane. Like they do, uh, they do like bingo, like bad passenger bingo. Okay. And it's like people doing yoga in the galley. No. Yes no like bare feet over the between the seats on the armrest of the seat in front of them okay I, I will say this i understand if somebody may be prone to like certain like because of certain medical conditions that they need to keep circulation so they can't stay seated and they need to stretch over long sure get up yeah. walk back and forth and then go sit that's down that's not stretching walking is not stretching they're like doing downward dog and up dog and cobra in the galley barefoot i mean i wouldn't do it barefoot but you're gonna go to the galley and do yoga of course not i'm gonna remind you the next time we fly oh, <laughs> God, honey, it's time for, yoga. It's time for your, your yoga <laughs> go go for it hit it hit it strong do that they should just do that warrior one proud <laughs> warrior one wouldn't be that bad no okay yeah, it's so cobra. Gonna... cobra is really bad I cobra think. yeah um but the, like the leg uh, up against the side of the the plane shooting uh -huh. into the the armrest of the person in front of you and putting the foot there oh no like that thing it just or the women with the really long space. hair the women with the really long they hair where they flip it over it, the chair and they go over the top on the screen why would you do that i've seen i've seen videos where someone takes scissors and they cut the hair right over the 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 screen if i i weren't so like i find it important to actually dress properly to get on a flight mm -hmm. right if I if I didn't adhere to that, I would put my hair in a silk bonnet for flights. Wow. Because those chairs are gross. Welcome to Gilead. Gilead Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you brought your bonnet. No, no, not a Gilead bonnet. Like a silk bonnet to prevent your hair from being damaged, from being rubbed against fabric. Okay. Yeah. Well, so going back to this recent story I saw. Dude got on the plane mm -hmm. and just started airdropping the the peen picks to everybody how they were his i mean were... yeah 
Can you explain to me why men do this? I don't know. Because I like, don't know. You, literally, why do you want to like no one's going to be like, this is the best peen pick I've ever seen. I must find this man. I must find this man. And this copulate. is the holy grail of peens. <laughs> Like what? I, I'm guessing. I, I'm, I'm assuming it <laughs> no comes in two forms. No one is doing that. No one is doing much like my antennas. My antenna discussion earlier. Instead of it being in three phases or three parts, it's only two. The first is gentlemen who probably believe they can't get a significant other, sure, a woman of the opposite sex. For for instance, possibly incels, right to that level. For them, they probably get some kind of you know, little la-di-da in the pants from doing that. Okay. Just total deviant behavior, right? The latter or the other one is they're just so confident, so confident, so chad that everybody wants to see this. Like the 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 level, it, it's super high confident, like the highest level of confidence to the port to the part of being just completely detached from reality, and then the lowest of like. I'm doing this as a deviant behavior. I'm assuming the latter, the, the deviant yeah. behavior is probably the, the larger percentage. But isn't it but... illegal to do that? Oh, yeah, totally. No, the guy got, he got FBI'd. Oh, like, really? he got, He's oh, yeah, yeah, Full yeah. on arrested. Oh, yeah, full yeah. on arrested. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because as a woman, we're actually trying to keep our parts from being seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not all of them. <laughs> That's... They're also on TikTok. N- not like those parts. <laughs> And then if if people okay. want to see those parts on a woman, you have to pay. You got to go yeah. to the OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OnlyPans. <laughs> OnlyPans? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? OnlyPans. OnlyPans. <laughs> they only sell pans. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there you go. There's my, my diatribe. Wow. That's quite a ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so check out Passenger Shaming. On Instagram. It's good stuff. The next email is titled, Leia's City Pronunciation. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. Well, hello there, Leia. I understand you occasionally have difficulty pronouncing the names of some towns. I would be very happy if you gave my town's name an attempt. Oh, no. The name of the city is Wasa. It's 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 spelled W. A U S A U. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> Wasa? Okay. T- tell me if that's right. Good luck and tell Josh I say hi. Leprechaun Interdiction Academy. What is that? <laughs> Wasa. 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 I don't know, man. Is that like where you add an R? When Wasa. Sod it. Wasa, it. All right. How how did I do? The next email is titled Kite Field Day. Oh, yes. And this is from Doug. I was waiting to hear back from Doug. Here we go. Yeah. Dear HRCC Dynamic Duo. I'm Batman, right? Shut <laughs> up. You got to get out of here with that. You ain't got no utility. I'm Batman. No, you're not. <laughs> Well, field day. I'm not going to try and make you Robin. You can be Nightwing or something, but sure, <laughs> come on. The ham radio Batman is you? <laughs> I have a Balfang and an ID-52 and vengeance. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure I have more rage in my heart than you do. Oh right? yeah, well that's yeah. Fair. <laughs> I have vengeance against QRZ. <laughs> I have vengeance. Uh, By the way, I did like that movie. I did like the new Batman a lot. I didn't see it, did I? Yeah. Yes, you saw one third of it and fell asleep. Oh, amazing. It was long. It must have been very good. It was, <laughs> hey, one third. That's pretty good for you. <laughs> I can stay awake if I really like something. When? What what have you stayed all the way awake on past like 10, 11 o'clock watching a movie with me? Um, Fantastical Beasts? The first one? Yeah, you know what? I never saw Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, so it must have been the first one. <laughs> the first one is very good. The, the character development is pretty good. Yeah. People did not like that movie, that whole series. But I like it. I, I it's the okay. American Harry Potter. What? Come well, on. but it's the American Harry Potter in the past. Like it's, anytime like you make a period, more. you like yes, because you like period more. pieces. You like period pieces. I don't. I I don't want to believe that I'm looking at the past. Peaky Blinders with Harry Potter. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastical beasts. <laughs> What was it? So it's like, just imagine, just imagine Harry Potter if instead of, like, yeah, he's all the magic and all that, but he had an AK-47. <laughs> Harry Potter, come to die? <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Because <laughs> I can't, like, I, I haven't seen them really fight bullets. Like, they fight spells. They use spells. Like, I have no reason to believe that... Their magic works against... Could repel a bullet. Could sure. repel a bullet. Sure I'm sure they've got something. But, you know, hey. He's also throwing spells. He's dual wielding. Wow. He's dual wielding. Wand and AK-47. That is more competent than I have ever heard Harry Potter to no, be. Oh, yeah. No, he could do that. <laughs> Hermione, maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Most likely. Well, Doug says... Hurry up, Ron. Give me covering fire. He's a git. <laughs> <laughs> He's a manky git. Well, Field Day has come and gone after getting the boy to his hip hop camp, getting supplies for the Sunday camp party, and watching my son's dance team march in the Middlebury Dance Parade. I was finally to get able to get home and play radio. Aw, Doug, you're such a good dad. And like, how intense are camps actually? They are not a break at all. For the parents no they're worse actually because you gotta like drive them somewhere mm -hmm. and just school yeah and school and, actually makes it kind of easy to get kids there camp's kind of like i don't know man you figure it out <laughs> get, that's on you you gotta get your kid door to door that's <laughs> and camps don't tend to be like all day either so now you have this i can only be productive for a <laughs> yeah, few yeah. hours i don't know you did you want to work more than Four and a half hours today? It's not even four and a half hours. Like Ben's camp is three hours. Oh, that's if I didn't have the That's nuts. The that, mom they can't even village. keep it for a whole day. This no. Is, this is crazy. How but if I didn't have again? the mom village that I have. Are you have? still drinking this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why are you drinking it now? <laughs> I don't know. It's just sitting there. These goblets look so good. <laughs> All right. 
Well, Doug continues, as I said in my last email, I only had a few hours and I feel it was very successful. I had said I wanted to put up an N-fed half-wave antenna supported by a kite. Yes. I never had time to put the 49 to 1 unun together. Mm -hmm. I did, however, order an inexpensive 9 to 1 ballon from Amazon just Mm -hmm. in case I ran out of time. Okay, okay. See, this is why Doug is amazing. So 9 to 1 1 is the conversation earlier about the Mm tuner-based transformer. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Doug sings, he saves kittens, he takes his kid to camp. Hip-hop camp. Yeah. And he's prepared. Mm. You know, like a just-in-case kind of guy. Very much a ham radio Batman. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. I laid out about 130 or so feet of 18-gauge stranded wire and attached one end to the ballon. Wow. I screwed a dog stake into the ground, then... I attached my kite reel to the stake with a bungee cord so there would be some quote-unquote give in the system. I had printed up a little box to hold a 2-watt 427 resistor to bleed off any static that may build up. To this, I cut a test lead in half, ran the wires through a hole in each end of the box, and soldered slash insulated them to the resistor. I pulled out about a hundred feet of kite string and attached the kite. I went back and attached the other end of the antenna wire to the kite string, Mm -hmm. still waiting on the wind. It was supposed to be about 12 miles per hour, but it was very still. Oh, no. Anyway, I went in and attached the bleeder resistor between the stake and the antenna connection on the ballon. I started setting up the radio when I felt a small rush of air. I quickly went back to the kite and held it up. There was a small gust and the kite took off with just a little toss. I let the line out from the reel until there was just a little slack at the ballon and the kit hoisted the wire up with no problem. I watched the kite for a bit and then went back to complete my radio setup. FT891, LDG-Z100 plus tuner, and my ammo can, a battery slash power supply. I was ready for solar as well, but it was so cloudy and threatening to rain that I left it in the truck. I'd use it later if the sun came out. I connected my analyzer to the coax. It showed about two to one on 40 meters without my tuner. What? Very impressive. Okay, okay. I connected the tuner and radio and the signals came pouring in. I started at the low end of 40 meters, turned the power down and tuned the antenna. Running up the band, I first hit some Canadian stations. What? When they finished their current QSO, I threw out my call and immediately they came back to me. We did the exchange and on to the next. What was his radio? Uh, FT891. Okay. Okay. Very good. 100 watts. All right. I had five stations on the kite antenna right away. Then suddenly, as the wind came up, it quit and the kite decided to come back down. I will say it floats back gently and there was no damage. So I grabbed a hamstick and kept trying to make contacts. I only made one or two more and then the breeze picked up again enough to get the kite back in the air. (laughs) I made a few more contacts. Then the rain started. Just a sprinkle, so I covered my radio and made a few more contacts. The second time the wind subsided, I figured it was time to pack it in. 
it was starting to rain harder. So I left the field and headed for home. Mm -hmm. I'm still building an NFED half wave antenna, but this random wire proved to work very well. I would have liked to have tried other bands, but Mother Nature just wouldn't have it. I'll definitely put this antenna up again. It was a lot of fun to try something new for a change. I've attached a few pictures and a link to my live stream on Facebook. Excellent. We'll drop those in the uh, awesome. in the Discord. Awesome. Thank you so much, Doug. I I'm very interested in the antenna because I'm I'm not doing any math. I'm I'm not even trying in my head. He said like a hundred something feet of wire, right? Uh huh. So I'm curious of what frequency he pulled up that he was two to one on because generally this goes back to my whole conversation earlier about non-resonant lengths of wire. Mm -hmm. You want to pick a non-resonant length that is non-resonant on all the bands you plan on using. And that non-resonance resonance gets softened a bit, if you will, with a nine to one transformer. Okay. By having a two to one right out of the gate on the nine to one, that tells me that it might not have been a non-resonant length of wire. He's still going to be able to to tune it up and have no problem, generally no problem with a with a proper tuner. But I'm I'm, I'm curious now. That that's I I love that I love that email. Thank you so much for sending that. I, really fantastic. I I love that. To me, is what field day should be. I. Yeah, I, I, I say that and I, I'm taking it back. I like people who are intense about making a lot of contacts. I like people who uh, are avant-garde about trying lots of antennas and doing different things. Field day should be all of those things. Mm. If you have a big enough club, you can have people that are really intense with making a lot of contacts and you can have some people that are really into experimentation and doing avant-garde antenna things, maybe training the public like what ham radio is with mm -hmm. a go-to station. It is built to be all the things in ham radio. Ham team. It's just, oh, it, we, we need, I don't know, man. I don't know. We got to do better at it. So hear me out. Mm -hmm. Now that Doug's kite antenna mm -hmm. has been proven to work. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I know kites. No. So. Okay. This is a great family outing. Okay. Because it adds a kite you're on board now? No. I I'm going to describe the family Jeez, outing. Jeez, You pack a picnic. Uh-huh. Okay. You go out. You fly a bunch of kites. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe you fly kites for different lengths that you can then wire to, you know, you know, it to the radio mm -hmm. to get whatever different bands you want, mm -hmm. right? And then you play Pokemon Go. <laughs> is this the, the time? Yes. This is the time? You have now gotten me into a game. I got, how did I get you into this? You the kids this. got you. How did I get you into you, this? You did this. I didn't care, but then we started trading stuff, and then I was like, every day that you sent me a gift, I was like, oh, that's so nice. You sent me a gift. You know, and then you traded me all your Blastoise. <laughs> so now you don't have I gave one. you so much stuff. And then you're like, oh, sorry, I can't trade you. I can't give you a Beedrill. I don't have a Beedrill to give you. I can't give you a Beedrill. I have an Executor. You can have that. I Whatever. I, I, I want to give, I'll give it to you right now. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, but is this the moment where you ask the podcast to oh, follow I you? already I already put my... um my friend link in the uh in the podcast channel so if anybody's playing pokemon go hit me up on discord in yeah. the podcast hrcc channel. podcast channel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's her friend link so you can add her yeah 
I already added a bunch of friends, though. That's actually apparently how you can level up very quickly. Oh, it's the fastest way. Yeah. It is friends. the fastest way. You get, you activate a lucky egg and then you add all the friends at mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. and then gift all at once because yeah. you can double your XP. Yeah. Yeah. That's hot Pokemon Go tips. You just, the first thing you do, mm -hmm. you make a YouTube channel. <laughs> get 250,000. Start a podcast with your wife. That's the second thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> Make it totally unrelated to Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> then. <laughs> that, is, that is how you, you win at Pokemon Go. But if you get your family into Pokemon Go, they'll go with you to the park. Why don't you do ham radio? <laughs> Why doesn't the family do ham radio? Like we, we could do, we could do parks on the air. Can you catch a ball though? <laughs> I will I will throw some balls. If that's what you need. <laughs> will there be cute animals? Maybe. <laughs> we can bring our dog. <laughs> I've already gotten that one. <laughs> I already caught that one. Thank you. So I'm just saying, it's a good way to get the whole family out to the park for hours. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yes. If anybody is looking for something to distract the family when you go do a poda, consider Pokemon Go. Yes. Consider it. It is totally something anyone can do. Kids don't need, like, you don't need, a, you, they don't even need, like a, a, like, a good tablet to really do it. And they don't really need an email right. address. They can have, like, a, a parent set them up, right? Yes. And then you can just tether it to your Wi-Fi if your phone has a hotspot. Mm -hmm. So then you can just turn them off if you don't want them on the internet. Yeah. It's it's really great. Okay. Today I told Ben. So this is actually, so I'm backdooring you guys all into into POTA. Just tell her, hey, we're going on a Pokemon expedition, kid. Yeah. yeah. We're going on a Pokemon DX expedition. I'm just going to camp out here. And the kids are like, I love Pokemon DX. Yeah. It's a stupid or no, it's GX. GX is the Pokemon. Whatever. Okay. You just set up where uh where a gymnasium is. A Pokemon a gym. Gymnasium. Yes, a Pokemon gym. That's where all the Pokemon have handlebar mustaches. <laughs> and they're doing strongman competitions in the front of it. Swinging kettlebells. <laughs> oh, Seamus. I noticed you learned surf today. Is that a TM? <laughs> so you set up there mm -hmm. and then Seamus is Snorlax in this case then you just keep fighting raids you know yeah sure yeah. I I'm on board and whatever, you, whatever you say and I'll, typically I'll, every park has like multiple pokey stops around the walking perimeter I'm, I'm gonna go find a poda with a just a crap load of Pokemon I'm in it, it's gonna be Chino Park that Chino Park spot yeah there's yeah, so many Pokemons it. over there. Because there's a butterfly garden there. Pokemon. That's probably that's where I'll get a butterfly. You don't have a butterfly? You I suck. Have, I don't have a you butterfly. Suck. You're, you're I, trash. Is, is that, does that come from Caterpie? Uh, yes. Yeah, I have Metapod a is uh, the moth one. I have a Caterpie. Yeah. Just haven't leveled it up yet. That becomes Weedle. No, uh, sorry. Caterpie becomes uh, Konakuna. Something Kakuna, Kakuna, and then it becomes a. And perfect. I will say, if uh, you want your kids to be STEM kids, 
-hmm. Pokemon is probably one of the best ways to like introduce them into life sciences. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but it's usually like every Pokemon is a meld of a couple things that can be determined like the origin. Mm -hmm. But Ben took a class. Oh, yes. We talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the podcast. Mm-hmm. Ben took a class where they taught about like genetics by Using Pokemon. Yeah, so exactly. Smart. So yeah. smart. Like Alolan versus like whatever other lands. I don't know. Alolan like, is even not, it's not even a low land. It's a lowland. <laughs> they're like, all right, kids, I'll tell you about the Canto, next. Canto, Canto region. The stage of evolution of Marowak <laughs> and Cubone. I got a Marowak today. So look at me. Remember the story of Cubone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marowak's actually a really good fighter too, by the way. Oh, thank you so it's much. It's one of the top ranked ones on PV Poke. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a website. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> So Doug continues, the kittens are doing well. The folks that adopted the one are getting their cat vaccinated and then will pick up peepers. Peepers. <laughs> yes. I still haven't found a home for Penzi, but Penzi. we're trying. That was right. Penzoil. Oh, I was trying to remember. Okay. No new songs this week. Now that field day is over, hopefully I get some inspiration. I hope everyone had an enjoyable field day. So until next time, 73, Doug, KB8M. Oh, man, Doug, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That's I, I'm loving the field day reports. I do. This is That's actually what I look forward to when I know that it's field day. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes. Or just any big mm-hmm. ham radio thing. We love the, the stories you guys send us. So This yeah. is the first and you know year don't I feel bad. didn't do uh, a field day shirt. Don't feel bad that uh, if you want to send us, you're, you're missing out on all the fun times of people sharing their stories. If you send us your story next week, that'll be okay, too. No, yeah. no, no problem. Yeah, I didn't do a field day shirt this year. You didn't? Yeah. Uh, we do have Huntsville Ham Fest coming up, though. But I, I feel like I didn't. You did a Huntsville Ham Fest shirt last year. Right. Remember with the rockets? Mm-hmm. That was a good shirt. Thank you. I'll Thank probably you. take that one again. Mm-hmm. Well, you were already giving away ICOM shirts, so it felt like... Whatever. Yeah. Don't, so, don't, you know. don't, come on. Just come on. So many Those are Hamvention shirts. shirts. I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing the... The Hamvention shirt from Icon. It was but a good now color. I love the color. Now they're love for Filda. 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 The next email is titled, Good Things Happening in Baton Rouge. And this is from our resident leather master. Places <laughs> I want to go. Baton Rouge is on the list. I like Baton Rouge. Yeah. We've you just like got it? A... You've been there? No, I, I also want to go. Oh. I mean... I mean, oh. I, I want to go to New Orleans, but I, I want to check out Baton Rouge. I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the food is probably going to be like. There like are legit, like good, like get some good Creole food in Baton Rouge. There are probably um, not saying Louisiana isn't like four major road trips I want to do mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Not like. We're going to do it this summer. I know how it's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) I got a brochure on the table. (laughs) I I want to do one where we just travel along the southern border of of the U.S. 
Yes. From like California to Florida. Go all through Arizona and Texas, Mm -hmm. New Mexico. I want to do one where we go from Southern California. um, I have so many things. All the way up to Vermont. Don't know if I'm in on that one. That seems like a very long one. (laughs) That's going to be on the north. You know, like going north, like when you're just talking, like when you just, you know, I'm looking at a map and you're like, I'm going to go the southern U.S. And you feel like, yeah, I could do that. That seems. Yeah, it it would take like two weeks. That seems like (laughs) that seems like we could do that. That'd be good. And then you're like, I'm going to go across the north and go all the way to Maine. You're like. That's Jesus. a. Do you understand what, you what, what a hypotenuse are you, is? Are you dragging? Are you dragging a covered wagon and some oxen to like get through the the winter? Are you a banker from Boston? How do you how do you how do you attempt? How are you planning to achieve this feat? Because of the elevation and the mountain, like oh my goodness, you got to go through the Rockies. Come on. I also want to do the whole East Coast. Like wow, you from got plans, Vermont man. down to Florida, mm-hmm. but it seems like a waste to have already gotten to Vermont from Southern California to then go to Vermont again. I feel like if you go corner to corner <laughs> that way, <laughs> but I don't want to skip out on like the middle of the country. I mean, I want to go to Wyoming. Sure. Hit up the Grand Tetons. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. In in my like be the be one of the ten hams in Wyoming. <laughs> Though you know, I do also kind of want to do the northern border along Canada. I, I do I do still by the way, there there's a, a, a train line. I don't know how much longer this is gonna exist. I, I don't know that it's actually in threat of ever going away, but it was called the Empire Builder. Yes. And it's yes. a it's a sleeper train mm-hmm. that goes from is it uh, Oregon to Chicago, and it's all North Territory. Nice. It is supposed to be one of the coolest train rides you can do. It's like a proper trip. Like you you're spending a week basically doing it, or mm. however long. It's probably not a week, but I I I, I just how love would you the stream from there? I'm like, is uh, where where I put my antenna? Just shove it out the window, or what do I do here exactly? Is that all right? Can I? I know when I'm on a ship, I gotta talk to the ship captain. <laughs> do I do? This is an international waters. We're in America. <laughs> in America, I can put up an antenna. Okay, I'm just gonna do that right now. I'm really confused right now. What you can do in America, actually? Yeah, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> What, what can so you many things do? are changing. Yeah. Like, you used to not be able to sue people for something. Now you can sue. Oh, my gosh. It goes so much further than I thought. So it goes actually from Chicago, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Spokane, Portland, and Seattle. It's 46 hours straight. Mm. So a week is – I was way over. Um, oh, okay. 46 so hours. I understand, like – how cool it would be to be in a train over like beautiful terrain. 46 hours is way too long to be in a train. Okay. (laughs) In an RV. It's two days. An RV wouldn't be that bad. The train is not making stops for you to get off, right? Oh yeah. It makes a crap load of stops. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm looking at the map right now. There's a lot of stops. (laughs) Basically, uh, yeah, no, yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. We can do this. So Idaho, Sandpoint, Illinois, Chicago. We got to take my mom. I don't and know. And Glenview, Minnesota, Detroit Lake, St. Paul, and Red Wing, 
St. Saint, uh, Cloud Staples, uh, Winona. Sta- like just a specific Staples just store? Staples, just a Staples store. <laughs> uh, Browning, Montana. Cut must Bank, be Montana. One Essex, Montana. Store. Glasgow, Montana. East. I'm going to stop because Montana's got a lot. Montana's a big state. You know what? When you look at it that way. On the parallel line? I do really like um, office supplies. So I'm in. <laughs> this is office why we are this is why we are soulmates. I would go to a staples and I'm like, I don't even work. I was like twelve or thirteen. I'm like remember when like PDAs before PDAs, you yes. had like Casio Boss? Yeah. It wasn't even a PDA. Yeah. And I was like, This will sync with my phone. That's amazing. <laughs> can i do with this still my favorite pda was the sony the clio yes which is the best yeah that the thing's best ever and and i was like 12 never, and i'm like never been done oh, i can both. sync this to all my contacts mm-hmm. and i think i had four i had a palm pilot and i'm like i'm not doing business with any of these people <laughs> <laughs> they're not to be trusted <laughs> two of them are two of them are grandparents i think at this point. <laughs> What what any business do I have with this kind of technology? But I wanted it. It's very much like Ben in that way, for sure. I love office supplies. I love organizers. I love all manner of things to flag pages. <laughs> Can I get some tags on this one? You got some? No, I don't want a whole post-it. Who's doing that? That's crazy. I need just a little tiny sliver. Show me where i need to sign <laughs> it's just a flag. Oh, an arrow point beautiful oh yeah. it says sign here on it Ugh. we that's how you knew follow direction so I'll, I'll give a shout out to all the oas in the house mm-hmm. the office administrators mm-hmm. who you'd get a folder mm-hmm. manila envelope right manila envelope not the standard like beige colored interesting colors blue pink wow. whatever shows up open it up there's a form to fill out mm-hmm. and it's got the flag with the sign here yeah. it's all filled out and you're like wow you are this is, the best human this is you're getting a you're getting a card you know what on secretary day you I, or do oh, wait, not <laughs> you do not airdrop inappropriate pictures you definitely do not yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that the folder colors mean something right it's a part of a file organization system sure you literally i mean use- you could go to that level if you wanted to uh, that is absolutely the reason that there are different file colors. I, b- I believe it now that you say it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, that one looks cool. <laughs> I also don't like beige. <laughs> All your files are random colors of orange. <laughs> I'm a big pride supporter. <laughs> Yes. Just so, so the way you, all the way through of it. Did you <laughs> wait or a minute? Roy G. Biv. Did you go to uh, your always office and look at a file cabinet and you're like, you really took this Pride Month seriously? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that there's different. <laughs> I. No, she had it on my desk. It was one color. It was blue. Probably because it was a blue related file in the file. No, it was like for immediate signature. And she left it on my desk because it had confidential information on it. Maybe all of her blue folders are for like. Maybe. I didn't ask her bookkeeping system. You should. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well, shout out to Carol. So there you go. Thank you, Carol. (laughs) What just happened? I'm pausing. Realizing I don't have to say I'm going to pause it right now. (laughs) 
to pause the podcast. We're back. <laughs> nobody, nobody had to know. Nobody had to know. <laughs> All right. Man. All right. Good things Get happening in Baton track. Rouge from our resident uh, wow, leather man, master. Wow, you got into the Baton Rouge comment. <laughs> I got so sidetracked. Wow. That's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, nerds. <laughs> Good. Good. I, I deserve the insult. Good. Well, field day was a blast. I had a great time with the Baton Rouge Amateur Radio Club. We participated in field day to the local observatory. We ran a lot of antennas on all bands. I have included some pictures uh, for you to see. We had two tri-banders for 10, 15, and 20, two 40-meter dipoles, and two 80-meter antennas. Wow, nice. All were about 30 to 40 feet high. Excellent. Wow. Most of my operating was done on a Yesu 450D on 15 and 20. Our field day was featured in Baton Rouge's main newspaper, The Advocate. Awesome. That's a good. I, I like good uh, newspaper names. That's a good one. I made the front page while making a contact in Puerto Rico. Dude, Wes is a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. While tanning leather. The name of the article was Wave Riders. I don't know. That's a good. This is a good newspaper. (laughs) Finally giving hams the respect they deserve. I don't know where that dude got the name from, but it sounds like a cheesy knockoff of Knight Rider. I would argue that Knight Rider is already a cheesy knockoff. Yeah, well, (laughs) of himself. So amateur radio got a huge spotlight in Baton Rouge and the surrounding suburbs. Best way to be an advocate for the hobby. People have been texting and calling me about it all day. I also got to help several young people make their first HF contacts while working the K5 LSU GOTA station. Nice. I... Also, I would like to thank everyone who is an ARRL member. I was awarded one of the ARRL scholarships this week. I don't want to disclose the amount, but it was substantial enough to help a lot. So a special thank you to everyone who is a member of the ARRL. I'm going to give Josh a moment to then go do a callback on the things about the ARRL. (laughs) When previously, a previous email had said... YouTubers are definitely not giving out scholarships. Yeah. (laughs) So, again, not taking anything away from ARRL. They're doing amazing stuff, and everybody really should support them if they are hams. They really should. Huge congrats, Wes, and well-deserved. I, You know, I feel like if the FCC is not going to do their part to support hams... Why would they? that because hands are volunteering their time like literally if an emergency goes down and like communications really do go down mm-hmm. who are you going to turn to who a bunch of people who spent their time and money to get the equipment and expertise right for they did it for free yes like you have free people yeah that just want to help yes i Knowing how, how the government, knowing how the government works, they probably don't want to deal with that. They probably want like they don't want that. But like ham support things like races, races. No, no, no. Like literal races, like oh. marathons. I understand <laughs> that's 
<laughs> that <laughs> happened all weekend long. That's what People I told you. Were I was like, that is a like, terrible sign. They're like, Huntington. where's the race at? It's like, no, it's it's races. It stands for, you know. Okay. Like, so when you were out at field day, they had the Huntington Beach races sign. Yes. Up. And I was like, dude, that cannot be good. Because Huntington Beach... What people probably don't know who are not familiar with the local race scene, there are three marathons that can be run along beaches in Southern California. Mm-hmm. If you do all three, you get a tri-marathon medal on top of the three medals you already have. Right. It's like a leveling up your medal. Yeah. So you essentially get four medals for mm-hmm. finishing these three races. Honey Beach is a huge running area and you guys set up a sign that said Huntington Beach races, races. <laughs> like, like you were where are the races at <laughs> and I was like there is no way you are not getting bombarded with people who either want to see the race or want to sign up for races <laughs> can like... I just can I just run around the camp <laughs> just give me a medal for this I'll do it like a hundred times. Let's go. But anyways, my point is that hams support like races. They support like all kinds of things that cost these organizations nothing. Whereas the ham is dedicating their equipment and time to these things. Right. No, I agree. I agree completely. So yeah, the FCC should like, they should give hams FEMA money or something. Just like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Or, or rebates or something. You know, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Every time like hams mobilize for a natural disaster, they should get a FEMA payment. Whatever the organization is. That uh, I don't I don't know that that's going to. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen, but. It, it won't. And I'm pretty sure it was like Doug or somebody who had already suggested this, but mm-hmm. I totally agree. Caught. Co- compensate these hams you've charged them to be licensed to use something that is free in the air okay i mean that that is interesting i won't completely dismiss it because that's a you know form of brainstorming as we say no bad ideas right we have to it was a good idea that wasn't even when people say no bad ideas. That's like your idea was a bad idea my idea was a good idea yeah but how do you qualify like how do you qualify there's, it's just rife with corruption. That's the problem. Trying to get that DHS stipend. I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, man. keep going. Let's let's keep going. Just at least they should get some FEMA gift cards or something. Right. <laughs> you know, FEMA gift cards. <laughs> Didn't FEMA give out a bunch of gift cards at like one of the get Katrina get or your, something? Get your FEMA body boxes. Remember yeah. from the FEMA deaf camps. We didn't use them, so here they are. Or like kick over a FEMA tent or something for the hams to use. I don't know. Just something. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, like permanently for the ham. ham oh, like give them a tent. Keep. Oh, okay. Give, you have done so much. Here, Here is your commemorative is... tent. <laughs> we put a plaque on it. <laughs> it houses a thousand people. <laughs> what? A FEMA tent. <laughs> they don't house that many people. How big are FEMA tents? They're not that big. Uh, houses a hundred people. <laughs> you're you're talking like 
Ringling Brothers is getting upset right now. <laughs> Everybody at Ringling Brothers becomes a ham. <laughs> Wait, what now? We're giving every, out tents? Everyone in every traveling circus, now a ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just growing the hobby, John. That's right. Yeah, yeah, with carnies. That's what we need. How do you... Don't talk badly about Cardi. They're just earning a living. That's true. That's true. I take back everything. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful. They're bringing joy to people's lives. You know, and grifting. You know who really needs joy is people who have suffered a natural disaster. So we we bring them games they can't win. (laughs) You're thinking about a carnival. You said carny. I said circus. Didn't you say Carney? You said Ringling Brothers. That yeah. is a circus, not a carnival. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Who Keep knows? Going. Who knows where we're at now? I don't know. <laughs> Wes signs off. I also have another story from Field Day, but it deserves its own email. Da Wes, K-I-5, Wes. That's I don't w- know if you knew this, but this is the time to email Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Huge congratulations yes. on the scholarship, Wes. I, I know amazing. you absolutely deserve it. We yes. have heard over you know the course of the podcast everything that you've done mm-hmm. on your ca- college campus to you know help new or ham curious people, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really excited that you got the scholarship. It's it's definitely well deserved. Yes. So yeah. Maybe you can make an ARRL tooled belt. That would be for KSATA. He oh, also yeah. does it. K5AT. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Wes. The next email is titled, That Upgrade Hit Me Right in the Bank Account. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. And this is from Zach. Hi, Leia and Josh. I'm very excited to say that I just passed my general license exam. Congratulations. Hold on to your butts. Okay. All of my butts. I scored a 35 out of 35. Oh. That is... I'm so proud of you, Zach. Nicely done. I bet. There's a... There's this TikTok, and I, I hate the person who, like, made... The TikTok, so I'm not going to mention who made it. It's a dude, right? Yeah, oh, I yeah, know yeah, who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he purposely like had unprotected yeah. things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, while he knew that he had a a thing, and he was Asian, <laughs> yeah, even which a makes pastor's even, son even worse. For He's a pastor's Leia. son. That's like you're hurting your own people, man. Mm-hmm. So, um. He did this skit where he's talking, oh, uh, you know, I somebody goes, I, I got 100. And then this other guy goes, oh, I got a 97. That's like almost 100. Right. And he goes, no, there's a big difference. You got a 97 because that's all you could get. I got 100 because that's all there was to get. That's, I feel like, I feel like when you think about Asian people and testing, that is the mantra. I can't help but be disappointed with the kids sometimes. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I, I, okay, okay. A lack of, uh, a lack of drive 
to excellence is, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. They're young. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But I'm like, was this all there was to get? (laughs) There was definitely 100 on the list, but they did not get that. Mm Mm-hmm. I surely repeat that to them sometimes. <laughs> Could you have done more? <laughs> Is that all you could get? Or was that all there was to get? <laughs> I feel, you're, you're talking to like six-year-olds and eight-year-olds. Just really want them to ingrain it in their brains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But also, let's go to performing arts camp. That'll be really fun. Right, right. (laughs) That's also the other Asian trope, is that I want you to be the best in mathematics. I want you to be a doctor and a lawyer. But you must also learn to play the piano or the violin. Oh, that reminds me. I need to set up piano lessons. (laughs) Why? Because you want them to be academic. But then you want, Mm, but also because I want you to also play music. What you don't understand Mm -hmm. is that um, piano is actually very good for uh, math. That's why. Please tell me more. Uh, Well, one, there's there's patterns and they're actually very complex patterns. You're talking about like chord progression? Yes, but actually a lot of music can actually be boiled down mathematically. So a deep understanding of music, like piano specifically, because that's actually the pure basics of music. Okay. I I don't necessarily disagree, but also at the same time, it's kind of like you're making it sound very grandiose and it's... It's an instrument. Listen, they just have to learn how to play piano. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, thank you. Thank you you for that. Thank you for being honest. You went way down like in a woo area. It's just math, man. It's all math. It's like, I mean, yes. You'll find a lot of mathematicians who are like actually very good piano players. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go in citation needed. Okay. Uh, Because I've I've met a lot of mathematicians and they're all horrible musicians. Ben's kung fu teacher yeah. is also she she's cra- she's a crazy person. Like that's she is like a professor she's, I would in not mathematics. use her. I would not use her as the average anyone. Oh, she's she, so she, intense. I love her so can, much. She cannot the most intense. She 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 does not qualify as an average anyone even amongst very esoteric areas. Like I would not say she is an average mathematician. I would not say that. Like so How you many mathematicians do you know that are kung fu masters and also drive Porsches? Yes. Multiple, like... Car- she drives like, just- Porsches because she finds that in an automatic car, it does not shift fast enough. Right, it, 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 it angers her. It's she, shifting. She, she also has, like, this, um, this <laughs> Honda that is stick. It's a Civic. She has a Civic Si. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, she never drives automatic. No, yeah, I could because that would be that would be that, that would that would take the responsibility of shifting away from her. <laughs> she wants to be in control of everything at all times. She is so amazing. Okay. Not only is she is like her piano skills, her father was actually uh, a music teacher, mm-hmm. but like a scholar 
in addition to being a music teacher. So she is... Just to gild the lily. Okay, got it. Yeah. Great and in so music. so she is a fantastic at piano playing, right? Okay, yeah. So much so, um, she was doing this test where... Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to describe this so that the podcast listeners can... This is She already has okay. two hands up and she's okay. got like a claw hand and then like a open hand place like a paper if, plate if you like place your hand flat mm-hmm. like it's I'm a tabletop like it's a tabletop then you put your other hand on top okay like in a claw like so your fingers are touching your palm okay now if you try to pick up your thumb as high as it can go right then you pick up your pointer finger as high as it can go at the same time no just one at a time like you like you're playing piano like okay. one and then your middle finger as high as it can go, then your ring finger as high as it can go. It cannot go higher because there's a tendon. In yeah, it the has finger. to go at the same level as the middle finger. Right. Okay. So, or but, the two fingers on that side can go high, but they have to go together. Right. So the that means that the ring finger doesn't have the dexterity that the first three fingers have. Even the pinky finger has more dexterity. Yes, yeah. but the pinky finger is much weaker than the other fingers. Okay, she just was like, she was giving a kung fu lesson to Ben and also teaching you like deep music theory, yeah, like at okay. the same yes, time. Yeah, what is yeah, happening yeah. right now? Okay, so if you look at if you see her hand, but mm-hmm. also other very professional piano players' hands, mm-hmm. you can actually see the muscle bulge on the pinky. Because most people, when they play piano, to compensate for the lack of dexterity on the ring finger mm-hmm. and the lack of strength in the pinky finger, they have to hit the keys harder. Right, because it's... But yeah. she developed her muscle in these fingers <laughs> so that she doesn't she have to pound harder. She just... harder. Okay. 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 This this one is so incredibly amazing. I am like just, I am in awe of her every time. She's just, but but also this woman will eat up all your free minutes on your phone plan because she's explaining things so yeah, that you can understand them. Here's the other oh. thing: Do you know how she got into kung fu? Okay, I'm, I bet she was originally me. into fencing. Okay, and her fencing led her down the path of loving she, swords. She went. She went. I realized today, I can't just carry an epee with me everywhere <laughs> I go. <laughs> so now I must fight open-handed. Okay, so she gets into and swords. I'm also Chinese. <laughs> as a result of her love of fencing. Okay. Okay. She's fantastic at fencing. She actually had to unlearn a lot of her fencing form to effectively do kung fu. I'm assuming if she's mostly epee or foil, yeah. So then she discovers her love of swords mm-hmm. and then realizes there are kung fu swords. But you can't just get the kung fu swords. You have to earn your belts to get to the point where you get access to the kung fu swords. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So she works her way all the way up to, the, but she doesn't stop there. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm here point, now. At some point, I get the kung fu belt for driving a Porsche. <laughs> so now she is like a top student mm-hmm. of like a um, of a sifu who uh, sifu means teacher in Cantonese. Yes, comes from um, a long line of kung fu teachers mm-hmm. that developed praying mantis. 
Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So now you know. You have to have a, such a deep respect for this woman. Oh, no. Yeah, she, I do. She I touches something and she will not let it go until she has achieved peak excellence in it. I, I, I respect her she for gets, the intensity. Like she she is the she is the Roy Batty of of anything. It's the, you know, the candle burns so bright, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can always mute the candle and make the flame a little bit smaller so that it, it lasts longer. But her intensity <clears throat> is just so strong, right? Yes. She is somebody who most definitely gets a hundred because of there's all there was. I realized it's not Roy Batty that said this. It's Tyrell. The life that burns twice as bright burns half as long, and you have burned so very brightly. Roy, look at you. You are the prodigal son. You are quite the prize. That was hmm. Tyrell who created the replicants and Roy Batty. I don't even Lander. know what you're talking about right now. I know, because that is one of the movies that you have not been able to get even one third of the way through mm. Blade Runner. I've watched Blade Runner the whole way through. Not with me. Sure. Huh? Sure. What do you mean, sure? I watched Blade Runner before I met you. There's no way you got all the way through Blade Runner. I did. Okay. What happens We're in good. Blade Runner? Um, You know, success for the hero. That's... <laughs> <laughs> There's really no hero in Blade Runner. That's kind of the the point of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So who's so Deckard? It sounds like who's Deckard? I don't remember movies. You d- you did not watch Blade Runner. I did. You did not. I absolutely. You did not watch Blade Runner with me. That's for sure. Sure, I probably watched it with my parents. You, 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 there's no way your parents watch. Blade my parents Runner. watched a lot of movies. I, I will ask your mom tomorrow please. if you watch Blade Runner. Yeah, please do. Please. Okay. Ask her immediately. Right now. (laughs) Right now? (laughs) No. She'll answer me right now. (laughs) So Zach is somebody who gets 100% because that's all there was. That was it. Yeah. I like it. Zach continues. uh, Oh, did we hit the button? Congratulations, Zach. Congratulations. Thanks for the information when I last wrote in asking about portable antennas in the rain. After passing my exam, I quickly dove in and ordered a 7300 from HRO and a Chameleon MCOM 2 and fed antenna. (laughs) That did hit you hard in the pocketbook or the bank account. Yeah, indeed. Why did I say pocketbook? The pocketbook. (laughs) That was what my nanny called it. Yeah, because purse pocketbook <laughs> did you ever do you ever put a pocketbook in an actual pocket no so it's just a book shape thing that is itself a pocket it's a purse a pocketbook is a purse no i understand but like is anyway okay fine if you don't want to engage in this it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i might have put a book in it Okay. <laughs> Zach signs off. Thanks for doing the stuff and the things, Zach. Best way to sign and off. Seven Thank you for that. You never really consider what we're doing or or because <laughs> we, we went on a huge tirade, uh, a whole crazy diatribe just from the opening of your email on hey. winning at testing. I'm just I'm just so hey, Leah, so h- how does that make you feel about your progress on the general? Um it makes me feel fine, actually. 
Okay. Well, you're also objective enough to know you got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the sign off, thanks for doing the stuff and the things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember that tomorrow when I'm dropping my kids off at camp. But Zach thanked me for doing that. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah. The next email is titled, Hello Again from Alabama. Hello, Josh and Leah. This is from Andrew. All right. Also uh, known as Alabama Andrew. Good. There's only one Andrew in Alabama. <laughs> he called it. There. Hello, Josh and Leah. And then there's a <laughs> there's a meme animated picture of a in the email. It's animated in the email. It's no. I mean illustrated. Oh. And it's a possum, <laughs> and it says. Back by pop unpopular demand, me. <laughs> okay. Andrew, you are plenty popular. I finally got a chance to listen to the most recent podcast. I have to be honest, I had to re-listen to the second half multiple times because I would miss what you two were saying. <laughs> it was from me laughing so hard at the oh. whole email segment due to Josh getting so flabbergasted a term we use here in Alabama. I use flabbergasted. I love that term. And salty about the antenna situation I'm in. If you don't remember, Alabama Andrew yes. is the one with the beautiful home mm -hmm. that no antenna shall mar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope we've got some background or, or some information to go along with my, my many questions from last week's podcast. My bad on that, Josh. Not to mention all the juicy memes that can be created from some of the stuff Josh and you said. Here are some that I found slash made, hopefully, <laughs> to make you laugh. I also think maybe some of them could be made into a t-shirt. Hopefully oh. they show up in the email. You know, honestly, the the, the <laughs> fastest way the fastest way to uh to to merch creation is memes. Like, yes. it is a good meme. This is a picture of what looks like a, a <laughs> Ant-Man-sized Spider-Man on Ant -Man, Thor's... It's Ant-Man standing on Mjolnir, and it says, Can-Man, my wife said no. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is the Captain America... Uh, let me uh, have Iron Man Civil War. So yeah, meme. it's Cap saying, "Let me have an antenna on the house," and then Iron Man or Tony Stark says, "No, it will mess with the aesthetics." And it says Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the Dark Kermit. Dark Kermit is saying, "Do it," and then it says, "Me," and then underneath it, it says, "Josh." <laughs> <laughs> which is also good it says not trying not to make your wife mad by putting an antenna on the house yeah and then there's the devious the toddler. laughing devious toddler yeah nice house you have there it would be a shame if someone put a bunch of ham antennas on it. <laughs> that's what you said last week <laughs> yes it, it, oh god I can't wait for this email because I feel like I was it just, I was, really I was doing character I was doing character development on he and his wife and like <laughs> everything and I felt so bad about it so I, I can't wait to get the backstory here. So. I had suggested Ham Shack on the property. I, I believe he said we're working with the budget. So that's I don't believe so. Okay, keep going. They built a dream house. All right. I, I can't wait to hear more. 
I wish I could give you some Google Earth images of the house, but right now they only show the semi-cleared lot for construction. Okay. So I can't show you how beautiful the antenna-free home looks. Is your is and your yes. wife is your wife typing this right now? Can you can you give us a safe word? Can you say? <laughs> is there something you can do to tell us that you're okay right now? Is your wife typing this? And yes, Josh, the trees are almost in the back nine. We had many of them cleared from the home to re- prevent them from falling on the house during bad storms. This was your wife getting rid of all the natural antenna mass that could have existed in your backyard. Is that what you're telling me right now? She where, Was there a ham who hurt her <laughs> at some point? Do you know what, Josh? I what? think you were literally taking for granted how incredibly understanding I. Am. Oh yeah, no, but also like I um, I gotta say I gotta be me, and I I as 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 much as you are very forgiving of what I do, I don't know that I would could be with anyone that isn't you, right? Like I I there there's no other person I could be with, right? Because. I'd, I'd be single. I'd be living in a motorhome somewhere. Like, the, mm-hmm. right? There, there's no way, right? Just like your Uncle Fred. Just like him. Well, the, he <sighs> he lives in a shed. Thank you very much. No, he actually lives in a motorhome now at Jim's. Well, he, for a That's... long time, he was living in a shed. Thank you very much. That's a ham shack. <laughs> <laughs> he just needed another shed. He'd be perfect. He just needed a radio. <laughs> That's... And he's good. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's I, uh, anyway. I don't want to go down. I, I don't want to rehash anything I already said last week. It's been said. Let's let's keep all right. I, I, I Alabama Andrew update. continues. Yes. I think that trying to run an antenna into the home or attaching one to one side is going to be a fleeting dream for me. So I am going to abandon that idea in favor of doing crossband repeat for the time being. It seems like a really simple and inexpensive way for me to extend my range and do more VHF UHF while also giving me a mobile in my truck that would be more than likely to be purchased down the road anyways. Now I just have the dilemma on deciding what mobile to get at a budget of 500. I'm currently debating between the ICOM 2730 and the TYT 9800. Mm-hmm. Both fit my price range while giving me budget room for an antenna and maybe some accessories. If you have any suggestions on which one to get along with what would be a great mobile antenna, I'm all ears. To, to be honest with you, either one's really good. And I, I've had, what, what was the TYT he mentioned? The 9800. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that radio running in, in the Xterra for I don't even know how long now. Eight years, it feels like. A mm-hmm. really long time. But at the same time, the 2730 is really solid. And uh, it'll do crosslink without much of a problem. So I, I kind of want to give the nod to the 2730. But this is also... Yeah, man. What do the screens look like? They're very similar. They're actually really mm. similar. They're, they're actually, like, strikingly similar. They, Which they've one's got more the, expensive? Uh, they're close to the same price believe mm. it or not pretty close i think I, I think it is i could be wrong the 2730 might be more expensive by like 100 bucks 
but but both of them will get him to his price mark of five hundred dollars with the antenna and the coax uh and yeah that you're good to go at that point so as far as antennas go i like the comet and uh, comet antennas and the diamond i like the proper quarter wave antenna if you're mostly going to do repeater work if you're mostly connecting your repeaters, then you might want to look at a 5 eighths wave uh, antenna, but you might not be able to get those dual band. You'll have to look into that. Easiest thing is just, just grab a quarter wave and, and hook it up on the antenna or the car and get it as, as again, from the email earlier today, get the, get the antenna as high up on the top of the car or the vehicle as possible and go with that. That would okay. be my recommendation. I, I feel like your your hope is not totally abandoned on HF, though. I, I still feel like you could probably get in the attic and do the whole thing. But Well, wait a minute. Okay, here we go. Oh, and one more thing before I sign off. Remember when I mentioned the words, for the time being? I sat down with the wife oh. and painstakingly discussed with her the ideas you two had. Okay. We finally I, I, settled. Please, please don't play her the podcast. Don't, don't play her that. We finally settled on a solution that would mutually benefit both of us. We then crunched some numbers and ideas in our head together. Oh, Project wow. what a shatter pause on that one. <laughs> Project Alabama Andrews ham slash she shed is in the works. Oh, so she's got a portion of it, though. Yeah. You heard it right. We're going to be building a utility-style building on the property okay. for both of us okay. to enjoy. I, I actually kind of like that. If they can, you know, you're both in the same space together. He can work radio. She can do what she does. I don't know what her hobbies are. Right now, I'm... One side yeah, okay. will be her space to do with what she wants. Which is what? I don't what know. she do? But if we were to split... I know there'd be a spinning wheel and a kiln. Yeah, We'd burn your... the goddamn thing down in like a week. <laughs> you'd have to be running the kiln, actually. <laughs> yeah, of course I would. Of course, I know you'd kick that to me. <laughs> and I'd be so mad. Kiln if my boy, pottery kiln boy. Out. If it cracked, you'd, you'd yeah. be so mad. You're no. like, I made it perfectly. There was no, no air bubbles anywhere. No, one hundred percent. If it cracked, it was my fault. But if they burned, and there were like. There were carbon glaze issues. You're like, how many cones, Josh? How many <laughs> cones did you burn on this one? Uh, with the other space being mine to do with as I please. Maybe with a urinal, you can poop in between them. So I might not be able to put an antenna up on the house, <laughs> but at least I can on this building. Excellent. Thank you, Alabama Andrew, who gave the solution that would work Leia with the gave wife. It. Leia gave it. Thank you. Thank you. Because I look at it from both sides. I've seen it from both sides now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you both so much. In 73. Oh, there's a quick follow-up. Hang on. Okay. Uh, Firehouses on the Air, or Fahoda, is in the works. Stay oh. tuned. Awesome. Right on. And that's uh, from Alabama Andrew. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to see the pictures of your he-she-shed. Please post them or send them to us. Because amazing. And I know that was the only solution. Sounds like it. Because literally. This this gives you latitude, too, because you can probably get away with putting solar panels on the roof. Yep. Right. Because you can you can argue, hey, I'm going to power this off grid. 
mm-hmm. we're off grid. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to pay the the power company to come out and power this thing. You got some electronics in there, I'm assuming wife. So mm-hmm. let's put some solar panels on there. We'll get a battery bank. Yep. It'll be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. You know, all of our time. We're we're gonna be out here so much. We're gonna be we're gonna put a we're gonna put a box of wine up. It's gonna be our Saturday date night in the shed. You're gonna, gonna be, be cool. doing your own things though. How's that date night? Well then he, then that's the like, hey, why don't you why don't you get up on the radio here? Why don't you hop over and over? Why don't you get on the wheel? Do that too. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Get on that wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, do the radio before you get on the wheel because your hands get real muddy, you know? So- sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could put a wash sink in there, I guess. Like, I don't know the why they have to. They could do that. They could they could run plumbing, I assume. I don't know. You don't know. Septic is expensive. Septic? Yeah. Well, you already talked about putting a urinal in. Yeah. <laughs> that he could poop in. You already mentioned that. That's called a toilet. <laughs> depends on how you use it i don't know like right in the middle andrew or you gotta encapsulate it with a wall or something like if you're a asking a walls, dude if you're asking a dude like maybe like, four walls <laughs> if you're asking a dude like maybe a wall but like a pony wall why you want to look at people when you do your business you know keep an eye on things this is a step away from airdropping inappropriate pictures well you're definitely airdropping something <laughs> all right the next email is titled a gmrs edc yes this is a lot of acronyms there's okay and and some of those things the does not belong with the other. So here we go. And this is from Todd. All right, Todd. Josh and You better Leia. be careful with a name like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I got a thing with Todd's. I grew up with a Todd. I thought it was like Toby. What's funny is no, that. No, Toby was a dog. I love Toby. We still said, damn it, Toby. We loved Toby. What's funny is that the email address in that, that Todd sends mm-hmm. emails from mm-hmm. doesn't say Todd. Okay. <laughs> it says a totally different name. <laughs> like another first name? Yes. Good. Okay. Todd so far. <laughs> Gotta say, not not a good not a good first step. Todd has written in multiple times to the podcast, and every time Leia's like, "Who is actually?" Writing? Yes, it has taken way too long for me to write this email. I keep waiting until I'm done with the podcast to write it, but as soon as I'm done listening, there's another one posted. That that happens. You you can always choose voicemail. If you want to scream your email at us, that's also an option. First world problems, am I right? (laughs) Isn't it amazing that you have this much content? (laughs) Anyways, thank you for having Randy from Not a Rubicon on the live stream. Dude, Randy's the best. Everybody does not like, well, not everybody. The people that know and understand what Randy's doing love Randy for what he's doing. But there's a lot of people that just don't get it. They just don't get it. GMRS is a highly overlooked service. 
It yep. does or can do most of what I originally wanted out of ham radio. Of course, I have now jumped headfirst into the rabbit hole that is ham radio, and I'm enjoying the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. But back to Randy. Because of him and the lower fee, I now have a GMRS license and radios that are Betty, Betty, better suited, Betty suited. <laughs> for family communication Yeah, while we're out Great on the point. water with kayaks. I only wish that the FCC would put FRS and GMRS up under the amateur radio umbrella. Not going to happen. How cool would it be if when you got your tech license, it gave you access to the GMRS FRS frequencies? You would just have to follow the same power restrictions outlined in the GMRS rules. I really don't see this as being any different from the restrictions on 60 meters. If only there was an organization that could lobby the FCC to get this done. <coughs> A double R-O. Was, was that in the email? Yes. The coffee? Okay, yes. good. Good. Yeah. I'm like, man, you took some artistic liberty. <laughs> I guess I could actually go to their website and see how I could get this ball rolling. You know what? Better yet, reach out to Quesada. <laughs> no, that's not what he does at A double R-O. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, so I'll I'll make it quick um, because I I kind of disagree with you and I wanna I wanna be really clear in it. So the thing to keep in mind with FRS and GMRS is that your license the the license you hold on on GMRS is merely giving you the ability to use FCC approved radios. Right. The license also. The, the the radios are approved to transmit in GMRS and FRS. They are a part of that service. They are limited in, in a lot of ways for FRS and less but less limited in GMRS, but they are restricted specifically for that service. Right? There there are restrictions even on GMRS. They're channelized, channelized radio service. When you get to amateur radio, you can build a VHF UHF radio if you want. The same, very similar frequencies to that of GMRS. You can just build it. The individual human if is you licensed. Build it, they will come. Right. The individual human is licensed, not the family to buy commercial off the shelf radios that are for that service. Mm. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. am I am I clarifying that enough? Or mm. do you hear what I'm saying? Still kind of stupid, but okay. No, <laughs> a ham radio license is is licensed for the the, the person, and that person mm. is given wide latitude to build whatever they want, bring anything out on the air they want, so long as it meets the requirements of the FCC. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if this is what Todd is saying. I understand, but, but that's not no, what, no, 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 okay what i'm about to say okay but i think it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. that the gmrs frs access isn't included in tech nobody's saying give f gmrs and frs Mm -hmm. the ability to do what technicians do but technicians can 100 percent safely oh, use like GMRS. Oh, like a downward, a downward. Yeah. Oh. Why would you have to get a separate license to cover frequencies for like radios that are already pretty much locked? A technician's not going to mess that up. 
So let me let me see if I can restate this. You're saying that the GMRS license still exists. You pay the $35 sure. that you want for a family license that will cover you and your family. Right. But if you get your technician, you amateur get the radio GMRS license, you too. get GMRS for free. Why wouldn't you? And including the family aspect of yeah. GMRS. This is like literally the smartest thing. This is so well, good. Well, thank you, Todd. This is so – but I want to be really clear. You've got to get your technician amateur radio license. Yes. To get the free – it's like a freebie. Right. I love this. I love this so much. Why did that suddenly make sense? I'm pretty sure that's what Todd was saying. What, was that what Todd was saying? Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. He says, I only wish the FCC would put FRS and GMRS under the amateur radio umbrella. How cool would it be if when you got your tech, it gave you access to GMRS and FRS frequencies? Well, I, I mean, you, you still have – so FRS is, is not tied to a license. You're buying a, a license rate. Uh, no, actually. Uh, okay, this is where we're going to run into a problem. Because then you get a bunch of hams all wild out on GMRS and they're running like amplifiers and high gain antennas and shit. Like that's what's going to happen. Okay, so then put a rule in there that there's still a wattage restriction. Yeah, but hams are no, hams but are like, good with like saying they abide by the rules, but not no, 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 really no. abiding by the rules. It's exactly as described. Okay, that you still need to use GMRS and FRS radios on those frequencies. You just also encapsulate your GMRS like license. Oh, so you the can't just like have is. a Baofeng that does right. all of it. So you still it is require as another. Is. Yeah, but hams. Okay, well then. All right, we're you're already paying more for the tech license. Why wouldn't you be able to use GMRS family under your tech? You're not messing anything up, and you obviously have a better understanding of a no restrict, like no test requirement GMRS license. Oh, it just seems so calm. Okay, so uh, okay the. The excitement wore off a bit. I think that you do still run into problems with with hams being hams. What does that mean? They're, they're going to they're going to go crazy and start doing like, you know, you're going to be run like high power and stuff like that. On but GMRs. you can't because that's a restriction. Ham hams totally understand how it works. The hams that are going to break the rules, we're going to many break the hams rules anyway. Do. Well, OK, so that that's a true statement. That is a true true statement. Anybody who's going to break the law is going to break the law. That that's true. The the yeah. addition yeah. of the GMRS didn't suddenly go. You know what? I'm going to take this a step further. They were already willing to do that, willy nilly anyway. Mm. Uh, okay, let me think about it some more. I'm on board. I'm on board. All right. Well, Todd continues, mm -hmm. I have taken a step closer to carrying an HT around with me wherever I go. I found a neat little sling bag on the T-Rex Arms website. Oh, It's good. not specifically designed for radios, but it does the trick. I can carry a radio with a mic, a decent first aid kit with a tourniquet, and some other miscellaneous items. I put the link to it below. I'm also posting a picture of my setup. So far, I've only taken it on short Cub Scout hike, but soon it will be used during Boy Scout summer camp. It seems like a good solution for tooling around a campsite, a walk around the block, or even a trip downtown. And I will drop this link in the show notes. So big shout out I can make to Isaac at uh, T-Rex Arms. He and I have 
talked for a long time on Instagram and many just like off the grid kind of communications things. T-Rex Arms, great people, really, really cool. I have a couple of their holsters, big fan, big fan. So I'm going to go check out that link and I'll, I'll probably end up buying it. So thanks, Leia. Thanks for posting that. Mm. Maybe I won't post it. Uh, Todd continues. Last, lastly, I'm posing. I'm posting a picture of a street sign where I live. My question to Josh is: Do you think it will antenna? I have attempted to open the, these pictures, Todd, but it says it's unsupported file type. I'm so sorry. I cannot show Josh these pictures. Maybe I can pull it up on another device later. Or we'll try and post them Hold on. on the Discord. Actually, let me try this. Okay. I'm so sorry I can't pull up these pictures, Todd. What Whoa. format are you using? I don't know. I tried pulling it up on the iPad and my iPhone, so maybe I have to try it on. You have to have, you have, to have an Android to be able to open these. <laughs> maybe I have to open it up on um, a desktop or something. Maybe, or we'll try and drop them on the Discord and see if they pop there. So you can find out with us. Yes. <laughs> on the Ham Radio Crash Course. Uh, link in the description if you want to join us on the Discord, the podcast channel. Well, Todd signs off. That's all for now. In the name of quote unquote shoring it up, I will not mention anything about beer, beans, bees, Avengers, cereal, HOAs, York peppermint patties, solo cups, toilets, chili, neighborhood watch, or ladies named Karen. Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, you 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 have the carte blanche to be able to bring those topics up if yes. you mention ham radio, which you did. So. That's the that's the password. That's ham it. radio. That's it. <laughs> One last thing. Sorry for any confusion with my first name. <laughs> my Apple email keeps calling me William, which is my first name, even though I've changed it to Todd. The name I actually go by everywhere that can be found. For some reason, it keeps showing up as William in the from line in this email. Of course, maybe now it has changed, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Todd, there's actually a hot tip for this. You need to go into, I think you're using Gmail. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you go into your Gmail in your... Oh, no, it's not. Uh, tip okay. averted. Yeah. <laughs> but typically, it's somewhere in your um, account settings. Now, I, I want to go back and apologize for my Todd comments earlier. I've had issues with a Todd. Not you, Todd, but a Todd. Mm. But at the same time, I want to ask... Maybe it could be a part of an email that you, you add up, you flavor it with a little bit of ham radio. Mm -hmm. Tell us why you went Todd <laughs> over William, which could be Bill, mm -hmm. right? I'm kind of curious about that. Mm. Why Todd? Could be Billiam. Could be Billiam. <laughs> could be. Could be Buck. William has many names that can come. Mm -hmm. Buck's Billy. not bad. Billy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world is technically... Will, Willie. Iam. <laughs> At this point. Liam? Liam, Liam. is technically Will, Will, yeah. William, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of, lot of uh, names can come off of a William. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how you got to Todd. <laughs> and, and I meant... I know how I said it. 
<laughs> he means no offense. I, I, I promise you. I don't mean he, offense, but at the same time, I got some history with Todd's. Okay, I got some history <laughs> with Todd. What if this is the Todd you have history with? He then, <laughs> then he changed his name in elementary school. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I currently only know one t- Todd, and he's a neighbor, and he is a triathlete gardener. Yes. Todd on her block? Uh, a street over. Okay, better not be on my block. <laughs> I don't know no Todd's on my block. <laughs> you met Todd. Not on my block. He called you Josh Nash because of that flyer that went out. You remember he, he was like, hey, did you guys know that there's a couple that looks just like you with your names? <laughs> but their last names are Nash? <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, Todd, shut the hell up. <laughs> Do you know a lot about this Todd, Leia? That's one block over. Yeah, because I'm, I'm wife, getting a little insecure right now. His, uh, his wife is the one who helped me with the signs and the Karen. <laughs> oh, so he's married now. He's been married for a very long time. Okay. They have All teenage right. children. <laughs> yes. Wow, what what an elaborate front. But the more important thing is that he is the triathlete gardener. He like But he gardens while he triathlons? No, he grows his own vegetables. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh his wife uh grows plumeria, all different kinds. So when you drive down their street, you're gonna know exactly which house it Got is. Got it. Got it. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, Todd signs off, Todd. K O four WTF. Good, good rap. Good rap on that one. Well, it is strong. That, that's literally his call sign. No, I know. Yeah. There's no, I didn't think he was kidding. That's not a rap. It's not a rap. It's just. I mean, it's a good rap on the email. That is his identifier. Yeah. yeah. His it's license. His suffix. Yeah. His uh, amateur call sign, if you will. The suffix of his call sign. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Thank you so much, Todd. <laughs> Sorry about Josh's Todd hate. I am. I, I'm fine That's... with that Todd. Email Todd. <laughs> and neighbor Todd. I'm just curious about the William thing. I, I will <laughs> remain curious until we hear more. Lots of ways to go with William. And you know what? You may have set into motion something that Josh will champion with the ARRL. Yeah, possibly. To the possibly. FCC. I, I feel like there's a... Uh, there's a long road to hoe on that one, everybody. Right, because uh, the FCC wants their money. Yeah. <laughs> they're not giving anything up for free. Once they got money out of technicians, they're not going to be like, oh, and here's a free thing. Well, maybe they should. Maybe. Because but... hams are helpful and they're heroes. Uh, those that do QRP, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Day two. Let's get right back into it. All right. Let's go with those emails. The next email is titled Field Day. What? No bouncy house? Good questions. Solid question. Right? Coming. This is from Jessica. All right. Dear Leia and Josh, so as you all know, this past weekend was field day. Now, for some reason, when I hear field day, it makes me think of that camp for adults where you get to do all the fun summer camp activities kids get to do Mm -hmm. but with alcohol 
So I'm thinking, cool, all the fun stuff my kids get to do on a field day, like dunk tanks and bouncy houses, but with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Imagine trying to play kickball or dodgeball, two shotgun beers in. (laughs) I will include the link to this camp for inquiring minds. Do what you will with. There's one in New York. And Leah, just for you, there's another one in California as well. Josh, maybe put this in as a work team building idea as they do with groups. Anyways, Matt forgot this weekend was field day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so glad I remembered because for once, he actually had a Sunday off for a radio event. So Matt, Alfred, Matt's brother-in-law, and I... Wait a minute. Matt, Alfred, Matt's brother... Doesn't that make... Matt, your brother, Jessica? (laughs) Okay. Is that how that works? Or is it a brother-in-law from the other side? Like somebody who married one of his siblings? You know, forget about it. Where uh, where is Jessica writing from? (laughs) And I decided we would head out to one of the local ham clubs to set up. Right. It took us a while to find where they were set up. We were thinking, oh, we'll just look for the car porcupines and that's where it'll be. Mm-hmm. Well, halfway through our first loop through a heavily wooded park, and we all managed to find all that we managed to find was a very clean porta potty that didn't smell. This is also very important to me because I can't stand using public restrooms. Yeah, because they're gross. Mm-hmm. We finally found it after some directions from a, one of the club's Elmers using Matt's HT. Now, I don't know many hams. But this guy is pretty awesome. Telling myself and Alfred all about when he got his first license back in 88. He used to teach the classes for those looking to get their license. Mm -hmm. Their setup, I thought, was pretty awesome. They had a pretty decent sized trailer and an antenna they built, picture included. After about maybe five to ten minutes of trying to get Alfred, trying Alfred, what just happened? About after about <laughs> five to ten minutes of trying, Alfred got to make his first contact using the club's call sign. Oh, great. He was so happy and definitely bragged about how he got a contact before I did. Wow. Not sure where he gets this competitive nature from. Couldn't possibly be from his mother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it sounds like they're siblings. 30 minutes and lots of headache-inducing static later, Mm. I finally made my first contact. I actually have a comment about this. Yes. The static, Mm. I think, is the big barrier for me to really get into ham radio. It's because of the RFI around us. The static. When we go somewhere with no noise, Mm -hmm. there's no static. Mm. There's nothing to create static. Mm. I know that you're saying this. Okay. Okay. Continue. But. Yes. I feel like maybe men are more able to tune out the static. Does the static give you a headache? It can. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I'm so persistent in trying to kill all the RFI. But look at you. All the radio noise is like it creates that hash on the the bands. You persevere. I try, yes. Mm. Now, I'm not big on talking to people in person, as I am super awkward when it comes to actually speaking out loud, as my voicemail shows earlier. Your voicemail was great. It was fine. 
I'm much better at communicating with someone via email or text. So making a contact with a rando was a bit anxiety inducing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens to a lot of people. Trying to figure out when to schedule my test may be one of the days I know I already have off in July. So fingers crossed that's coming. Mm -hmm. It's soon. Signed, Jessica. Hopefully, call sign to come. P.S. I apologize in advance for Matt's novel. P.P.S. Pictures included are okay to post, and I will post those in the the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. Mm -hmm. Alfred, Matt, Matt's brother-in-law, the antenna, and the inside. Oh, Alfred is Jessica's son. It's and Matt. Alfred is not Matt's brother-in-law. Good. Okay. I'm so glad you figured that this out. Yes. Together. Yes. And <laughs> so it was four people that Jessica so beautifully arranged to go out to field day. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, note to emailers in the future, we require a family tree for all people <laughs> included uh, so that we can negotiate the, the troublesome relationship. With our family. I'm just kidding. Don't do this. Thank you so much, Jessica. I'm sorry that your field day did not include a bouncy house. Um, just an FYI for you and I everybody else listening. A house in a field day. I could see that. Bouncy houses are terrible for children. Horrible. Pediatric orthopedics all agree that mm-hmm. bouncy houses are their number one bread and butter. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very bad. Lots of head injuries. Lots of broken bones, lots of head injuries. Yeah. Because we all throw them right on the top of concrete and asphalt. Oh, yeah. And then kids doing 80 miles an hour because they got like bounced by an older kid (laughs) go flying out of that hole at light speed and just eat it. I saw saw Edison do that. Just went, just, he was so rapidly accelerated through that hole. Oh, my God. I was like, there's no way he did this under his own power. Yeah. <laughs> and he just went flying out that hole. Well, I was at a birthday party where there was like a bounce house slide thing. Mm-hmm. And a kid fell off the side. <laughs> he just eats it off the end, right? Because you, you're supposed to climb up to the slide top, right? Yeah. Yeah, just went off the side? Yeah, yeah went yeah, off yeah. the side. Had to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, So bounce houses, okay for adults mm-hmm. because you're all good. That azalea out. bush was never the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a dunk tank horrible i'm i'm really into horrible. this horrible yeah. that's fun for like one person no it's fun you've just got to get the least liked person or the most liked person you know it, it's fun for the person in the dunk tank also fun in the for summer the being in the dunk tank is great yeah dunk me i'll just stay in there <laughs> even better you have to get back up on the seat so we can dunk you again yeah i'm good you won you You win oh man we should have a dunk tank at fourth of july we should not i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell the mayor that that should be a thing where they just put different people from the city (laughs) i would pay a hundred dollars frank please frank Go get it. No, okay. Karen. Oh. I I would pay a hundred dollars to dunk this woman. And I know everybody else would too. <laughs> she would that would act, I would, it actually, would simultaneously redeem her somewhat in the eyes yes. of the community, and she will never ever do it. There's no way. 
I would go and practice pitching. I would go get a pitching coach. Okay. Arguably, your sister I, yeah. could probably help you out of it, I assume. I don't want her to do the dunking. No, I your want sister to could let, help train you how to throw a my ball. My sister cannot teach for anything. Okay. Jeez. Okay. She's. Oh, you wanted my sister to teach me? <laughs> Come on. She's in the Philippines anyway. <laughs> that would make things difficult. Yeah. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I would go every day to a pitching coach. <laughs> the kids I get would, it. Yes. The kids would have to take pitching classes with me. <laughs> they're all we're all we're a baseball family now. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, wow, really great arm. Do all your boys play? No. <laughs> they aren't even on a team. <laughs> We trained we're, for this. We're on the professional dunk tanks. <laughs> oh, man. Definitely. Mm -hmm. This is definitely something that should happen. It seems ludicrous that we haven't already done it. <laughs> no. You know what? You should have a dunk tank at mm -hmm. Hamvention and just have all the YouTubers. You know what goes great with radios? Water. Water. It's like the best. I can but the dunk take somewhere else. I could hold my ID fifty two, and you can we can test a. But hear me out. Mm -hmm. You guys could raise money for a charity, like Handy Hams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Just, it's a good idea, and I think every event now should have a dunk tank. Thank you, Jessica, Team Dunk Tank. <laughs> Jessica was just like, I just was looking for a bounce house. She said dunk tanks too. She did. Yeah. I thought you came up with that. No, she said dunk tanks. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. And, I, and I'm just saying that, like, I think everything would be made better with a dunk tank. <laughs> Formal dinners. Yes. <laughs> Even better. Funerals. Yes. <laughs> really. Just prop the person up. Not the deceased. And you throw the ball, but it, just there's like, no water. It just goes into the hole. Just like the least liked family member. <laughs> Help pay for funeral expenses. <laughs> the family member who chipped in no money, <laughs> but also had the most requirements. <laughs> Go in in the dunk tank first. Yes. All right. The next email is uh, Jessica's other half, Matt. Mm. Okay. Uh, he's not the email. He wrote the email. Just wanted to make that clear. The next email is from Matt. <laughs> okay. Not the next email is, is Matt. Matt. Got it. Yes. Understood. A field day experience. Can't cause interference to the military and that better not be rice on that plate. What is happening? I think those are some inside jokes, maybe? Dear Josh and Leia, first, we heard Jessica's perspective. So this is from mine now. <laughs> Originally, I love these. I love these two this, sides of the story. Like, this was going to be just myself and my brother in law hanging out on Sunday and playing radio, as it is one of only three days in the year we both happen to not be working. We were going to do some poda and maybe some things like antenna testing and comparison, but it so happened to fall on the second day of field day weekend. Mm. Yes. I did forget about field day. However, Jessica reminded me and likes to point out that she remembered and I forgot. Do, do you know that there's like this app 
called like Google Calendar. I mean, the ARRL sells a calendar that has yeah. all of the contest days and the radio holidays. But I can't tell you how mm. much I love Google Calendar. Okay. Because then I just throw things on it mm -hmm. and I put it on the family calendar or I put it with my, I have a mom village calendar to coordinate with the other three moms mm -hmm. or two moms. And uh, then I can be like, how did you not know is on the calendar? <laughs> okay. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Jessica, highly recommend. <laughs> it is helpful. Well, <laughs> I do like the calendars. Yes. Well, I too am a fan of calendars. <laughs> I like both paper calendars and electronic calendars, you know? So, uh, well, the plans became larger and now Jessica and Alfred were going to tag along, which is absolutely fine. But this also means that the car that contains all my radio gear needs to have my gear migrate to the other vehicle that has room for more people. We, did you have a two seater, Matt? <laughs> um, so is this the car that you can't drill into <laughs> to to get your antenna set up? <laughs> the one where the owner will definitely know because the owner is Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so we need to leave to drop off the other child at around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I had not planned switching vehicles. So at 1040, I began the equipment swap. The procrastination <laughs> power is activated. This is a real ADHD thing where you procrastinate so that you can get maximum efficiency. And it always ends up working out for some reason. You know? Yeah. Sometimes, though, you forget stuff. And then mm. that's just a real, real kick in the pants. <laughs> now i've seen your video josh for what you brought to field day with the buddy hacks and what you brought with you your pack was with you uh was as you said adaptable and could scale with whatever they may need mm -hmm. you had a piece of kit that could fit the puzzle it was elegant and very practical my method was the exact opposite <laughs> so everything in the vehicle in total this is what i moved into the car Jessica, deep breath like you're getting ready to sing that song breath. Two ICOM HF radios, a 50 and 35 foot run of coax, a nano VNA, a 100 watt dummy load, a SWR and power meter, an auto tuner, two lithium ion phosphate batteries, a laptop, a signal link, USB audio interface, 90 feet of paracord, a TS-80 soldering iron <laughs> with... Uh, an 18650 battery bank for power, uh -huh. a 9-to-1 random <laughs> wire <laughs> transformer uh -huh. yeah. with a wire, what? With wire, mm -hmm. a 49-to-1 transformer with 66 feet of wire, a first-gen buddy stick coil with a table mount, as well as a small 5-foot camera tripod, a Wolf River coil TIA-1000 <laughs> with mega tripod, chameleon 17-foot whip antenna, two HTs, a toolbox of connectors and adapters, a multimeter, and finally, one foot long jumper coax covered with toroid cores for common mode noise reduction. Okay. That's what I packed. Mm -hmm. And I used none of it. <laughs> I used, uh, I, I only used my camera gear because when I got there, they had everything and I didn't have to 
use any of my stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I left my my accessories bag that I called it with that had the amplifier and the Jackery battery bank and all that stuff. I left that in the car. I, I ended up not needing it. Um, they they were well appointed by the time you know I got the buddy hex up. It happens. All right. I had packed like I was hosting my own field day station just in case. Mm -hmm. In case of what you might ask. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never been to a field day before this past weekend. So I packed everything but the kitchen sink. <clears throat> I would have brought more and I bought a solar charging solution, which I believed will be purchased during Prime Day this year on Amazon if okay. they have any good deals. Okay. Back to the day at hand, we looked online to see if the club one town over was doing any events as they have a large membership and a dedicated clubhouse. Mm -hmm. However, they didn't list anything, so we went on to look at the ARRL Field Day webpage. Uh, so we located a club near where we were going anyway to drop off Emma. Oh, that was a name drop. Yeah, it turns out she was a little upset listening to the last podcast that she wasn't mentioned by name by Jessica. Ah, okay. You, Myself or Alfred. So here's your shout out, Emma. I t I'm so sorry. I totally in the last email forgot, even though Alfred has even written into the podcast. I am. Uh, Alfred is a very mature name. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did. I did not expect mm -hmm. <laughs> that Alfred, because you would think like maybe Freddie, right? That's like a good nickname. For her. Alfred? Yeah. Or Al? That's also a very mature name. So it's Fred. Fred is also a very mature name. Anyway. I know a Fred. Not that mature. But he is old. Yeah, he is old. Yes. <laughs> Back to the field day fun. We found out, <clears throat> we found the park, the club listed for setting up, but we looped around looking, unable to find it. Jessica pointed out a sign for a field and off the, off down the road we went. Just like any field. <laughs> there's, there's a sign for a field. Park, a field. Yeah. There we found a baseball field. <laughs> There we found a hand club, and they were outstanding in their field. <laughs> so cheesy. Well, it is a field, but no radio operator to be found. It was a good thought. So we parked <laughs> it the was, car. Was it? Was it? <laughs> near the porta potty. And I pulled up the website. Once a year, all the hams come out of their <laughs> ham shack because they are ridiculously drawn to fields. <laughs> For no no understandable reason, hams begin assembling antenna structures in fields. <laughs> Any fields. I need a David Attenborough. They're at uh, a Mrs. Fields. It's very confusing. <laughs> the Mrs. Fields was pandemonium. <laughs> Hams trying to tune up the oven, <laughs> burning themselves horribly. Uh, Let me not tell you of the hams <laughs> that invaded the airfield. <laughs> Two call outs on the club repeater and I get a response. Turns out that they were hiding on a small road that was almost completely coned off that goes to the highest elevation in the park. I have to say that is kind of the antithesis of what field day is supposed to be. Mm. Like field day is supposed to be in a very 
public and visible location. Like where we set up, Mm -hmm. we had so much foot traffic. They were trying to get to the highest point in the park, though, for their antenna use. I understand. What are you going to do? Sacrifice your... Yes. For visibility. Yeah, yeah. So they should have been in the middle of the baseball field. They <laughs> should have been where the most people are. I'm not but, shaming anybody. I don't really potty. care. I'm saying <laughs> recommendation in the future is to is to put your, your field day. Just setting set up, up in the middle of a quinceanera. There's so That's where the bounce houses are. <laughs> then you get the bounce houses back. <laughs> I've been to a lot of quinceaneras. They have bounce houses, okay? Nobody at me. We drove up the hill and approached the peak. We're met with the sight of a communications trailer with no less than 14 antennas on it and a 50-foot crank-up tower with a three-element beam for 10, 15, and 20 meters and a folded dipole that is strung from some trees that I was told I can work on 160 meters all the way down to 10 meters. I am jealous. So you found the porcupine trailer. If yes. you were looking for a porcupine car, mm-hmm. you found the trailer. That's for clubs. That's often like one of the best ways to do it is just have everything in the trailer, mm-hmm. wheel the trailer out, set it up, done. Right. Not this big elaborate show. Mm. Makes it really easy. We're greeted by a fantastic Elmer who's very excited to see the first non-club associated people to visit other than a police officer. We tried our best to make sure nobody could find us. (laughs) Kudos to you. You win. You need to fox hunt to find the the club on field day. Just they dropped hints. You found us. We are the Gilly Suit Ham Club. (laughs) You know, if you got a ghillie suit, you could go as a as a plant for her for Halloween. What? You could go as a plant for Halloween. What kind of plant? We could just like get you like a little like skirt thing to wear around the middle and it'll look like a, a pot. <laughs> you know? Just... I'm I'm intrigued by why that was the first <laughs> thing that came plant. to your mind was Okay. <laughs> Okay, sure. Fair enough. And then one of us could go as a watering can, you know, to water the plant? No. Nope. Oh. Nope. Edison just be spraying you with a water gun. Just nonstop. <laughs> it's his job. He's a watering, he's a watering can. No. <laughs> None, none of this. I'll get my own ghillie suit. It's okay. Fine. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so uh, other than a police officer who stopped by on Saturday, he was telling us how the panoramic has negatively affected them because their club is based in hospital and they're unable to conduct meetings since hospitals restrict people from going inside. They can have a meeting in a restaurant. That's what our rod and gun club does. Yeah. And and they used to meet in a building that had like nothing, and yeah, so nothing. people had to bring refreshments. Yeah. But now everybody just gets to order their meal before the meeting. So like, there's a pre-meeting dinner for anybody who wants to, and then the meeting starts at seven at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Smart. They they often use a 
an Asian buffet. <laughs> that's, oh. that's the most favorite part. Oh, no. It's called Four Seasons. Of course it is. <laughs> he told us uh, most years they would average about 40 visitors, but this year that's they were good. two visitors through five, counting my brother-in-law. I should not actually put it like that. There were about 10 total hams we saw for the three and a half hours we were there, but they were all members of the club. We were the only outsiders, which was fine by me. More time picking their brains and talking about their station and operations of it and what they do. They were running two Kenwood radios, a TS-450S and a TS-440S. I was tempted to ask to bring out my own radio into the trailer that I packed with me, but I didn't want to seem rude, so I never brought up the idea. I would have liked to have seen how the ICOM 7300 performed with a beam antenna feeding it, but the idea of it makes me picture some elitist ham showing up to a field day Gota station <laughs> with a rolling case. Yeah, I exclusively operate a Flex 6700, so I just brought mine with the Maestro. <laughs> I brought my own Goda. <laughs> I didn't want to come off as, hey, look at this new technology that makes me look like I might be one-upping your club. Mm -hmm. Probably a good call not yeah. to say anything. Sure. Just go with we, the flow. We learned that after the blizzard of 1978, a police chief pushed for the hospitals to have equipment for emergencies. The Elmer told us that now all hospitals on the south coast of Massachusetts have matching MCOM communication systems so that any ham could operate any station the same time as any other hospital location. Nice. Enabling communications between hospitals on RF. So that's good to know. They could send medical scans and other documents over data between hospitals if communications failed. By the end of the contest, we all made a contact or two, and I would call that a success. It is. It's nice to know that even in an emergency, we can still violate HIPAA law. <laughs> I also learned a I'm few kidding. other new things, such as here in the south coast of Massachusetts, we have power limits on 420 to 450 megahertz which since looking it up we share restrictions with northern california and part of alaska mm -hmm. we can only utilize a 50 watt pep some of you might know what i'm talking about many of you might not since your state may not have a military over the horizon radar that is tuned to the 70 centimeter band to de detect ballistic missiles and that was being built during the Cold War era and has been upgraded and is still in use today at the following locations. Cape Cod Air Force Base, Mass Air Force Station, Massachusetts, Beale Air Force Base, California, and Clear Air Force Base, Alaska. Mm. This radar is called PAVE Pause or PAVE Phased Array Warning System. It turns out PAVE is a military program without an acronym. According to Wikipedia in 2007, there were 100 repeater owners slash trustees that were told to lower their power to prevent interference. Looking at a map, there are almost no repeaters on the COD, and I never looked into it. But many repeater owners were unable to comply with the decibel re restrictions, and many repeaters... Is decibel DB? Mm-hmm. Oh, and many repeaters were just shut down. One, Why can't they just use two meters? I don't know. 
One owner wrote online they required him to reduce his repeater power by 29 decibels. Yeah. If he wanted to stay on his repeater frequencies, some repeaters like his were replaced with 900 megahertz systems. Also, I finally learned one of the motivations behind Jessica wanting to get her license, which I didn't know about until just now. So with my third ever correspondence, I talked about my journey to extra and how I was hospitalized for diverticulitis. Mm -hmm. I also mentioned how the hospital lost power because of a blizzard and how I wished I had a radio because my cell phone had no signal, so I couldn't communicate with anyone outside. Apparently, this was one of the moments that made Jessica realize that maybe I was onto something with this hobby, uh -huh. that it could serve a practical purpose in an emergency. I just had to be hospitalized to get to play some <laughs> more radio. Also, I think she's starting to have some fun with it. Maybe one day she'll join me for a poda and she can experience that. We'll probably go to one of her favorite state parks, Purgatory Chasm. That is wow, quite a name. What a, what a party location. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been, but it's a poda location, so that works for me. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Purgatory Chasm is really beautiful, <laughs> like very picturesque. That's a that's a very descriptive name. Now, now after field day ended, uh -huh. we decided to go to an all you can eat buffet, as you do. Mm -hmm. Leia, your father's mentality stuck out in my mind from the podcast May 6th around the two hour mark. Yes, I did go back to check. I'm not I'm not going to have a Toyota Sienna mix up again. It was an odyssey. <laughs> so I'm citing my source in the podcast callbacks whenever possible. Excellent. Now. Excellent. It's okay. It's we're we're not gonna fact check you. Yeah. <laughs> unless we can remember it. Yeah. <laughs> about making your plates worth more than your meal cost. That's how you do it. You must make them regret their business model. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> it's not a challenge. That's... It's not a challenge. That's... See, that just speaks volumes, Josh. <laughs> I understand you don't think it's a challenge. <laughs> they didn't bring this on themselves. <laughs> Didn't they? <laughs> By daring to provide a buffet experience to people. I'm just saying. Look at these. Look at this buffet over here. Look at it. Do you understand? Taunting me. Getting your money's worth. Are you somebody yes. who throws away ketchup packets? Eventually, yeah. Or do you keep them so that you may have ketchup instead of buying ketchup? So generally ketchup packets... One, I don't really ask for. Right. Because most of the fast food we get has like superior sauces. And you know I will hang on to a Chick-fil-A sauce. A Chick-fil-A, any Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anything that Del Taco makes. Definitely saving it. During the height of the panoramic, we mm -hmm. had like food delivered really regularly. And often it was like sushi. So much food delivery. And it was a ton of soy sauce. Those monsters would fill up so like half a bag soy with soy sauce, wasabi, and just ginger. Just, yeah. just little Who containers of ginger. eating that much ginger? You just need one piece 
for a palate cleanser, but people are like making ginger salads or something. I don't know. I have no idea, but I was I was shook the first time I dumped the bag over and it was just 80 packets of soy sauce. It actually sauce. made me feel bad. Like I was like, are we not, are we ordering too am much sushi? Am I doing sushi? this wrong? No, no, no. Am, I, am I eating the sushi No, wrong? no, no, no. I was like, are we ordering sushi enough for a party? <laughs> Nobody consumes that much soy sauce. So I took all the soy sauce packets and I put them in a soy sauce bottle and it filled up the whole bottle. So bad. It took an hour of my time. I bet. I'm, it was, that was a lot of soy sauce. Yeah. I saved $5. So that's. Wow. With your hour. Right. that's when you really start looking at your life and going yeah. what is my time worth exactly? yeah <laughs> how valuable is my time <laughs> matt continues so plate after plate i only picked seafood unfortunately they did not have snow crab legs but they did have sushi and clams and crawfish i definitely got my meals worth no right on this place at the buffet unless it was a sushi roll see matt you make my father so proud. <laughs> sushi's, sushi's a tough one on, on the uh, buffet game because there's a lot of tricks that they pull. Like throwing that crab with a K in there. Everybody uses crab with a K except for on, like, on buffets. Like they always try and sneak it in there. Oh, 100%. And most sushi restaurants do too. Yeah. It's, but not, oh, you know what? Jam. You you had your work cut out for you if there were no snow crab claw legs on the buffet. It's very hard to make them regret their business model. I mean, depending on where you're located, Massachusetts probably being one of them, um, crawfish can be expensive. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Back on board. Good job, Matt. Well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt signs off. Anyway, this email is definitely a long one. Too much to summarize into an email. Matt, KC1IIO. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you had a great time at Field Day. You found a nifty ham club. And I bet you made their day too. Because they really wanted visitors by going to a, a code off road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Oh, you found us. <laughs> we haven't had any visitors. We we like visitors. <laughs> we you really... didn't see the sign. We we shoot visitors. <laughs> we didn't put anything on our ham club website. <laughs> very. It's kind of odd. You you had to have contacted us by ham radio <laughs> to... <laughs> to get to get invited <laughs> to find out where we are <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right the next email is titled finally made a soda and this is from kyle all right hello leia and josh i hope you two are doing well and relaxing after field day yeah yeah you're lots of, i'm so relaxed mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> i just want to send a quick email and hear the Baofeng chime because I just got my general license a couple of weeks ago. It's not Baofeng. Congratulations. You earned it. In addition to getting my license upgrade, we went camping last weekend in Tillamook. I have always been saying it Tillamook. 
mm-hmm. because it's spelled M M or M O O K. But Kyle has been so nice to to give you the phonetics. Yeah, Tillamook. Tillamook. State Forest in Oregon. I really like their ice cream. <laughs> Do you remember they came out with ice cream sandwiches? Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> I think we had to get together just to eat them. <laughs> I think that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and decided to try for the sixth time to get a soda activation. Every other attempt so far has been a failure. But this time, with three FM simplex contacts on two meters and a 20-meter FT8 contact, you can officially say that Gobbler's Knob, yes, that's the real name of the soda, is activated. What is going on? You just... How how do, how do I get the rights to start naming parks? I need to know. Yeah. I also what was the last one <laughs> Purgatory Purgatory Castle. <laughs> I I want to make the park name as undesirable as possible. <laughs> this is my park. <laughs> Everyone that's listening in the UK is absolutely rolling. Right <laughs> my dead. <laughs> that is insane i do love oregon though so it feels like a check I, I wonder if people from the uk actually go there to take a picture with the sign i want to go right now i want to go back to oregon so badly i i don't think you even understand i love washington I don't, don't don't get me wrong mm-hmm. a big fan of washington but i actually think that like Oregon is the enigma I want to figure out. (laughs) It's kind of wild up there right now. Yeah, I heard that uh, a lot of downtown is not. It's very much like uh, San Francisco's like main business areas. Everything's like a ghost town post panoramic. Mm. But I still I still want to see what like random artisan shops are still open. Can I still get artisan custom-made light bulbs, <laughs> but only before 5 p.m.? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think there's there's the like uncanny valley of how much of Portlandia is really real that you want to like. Portlandia is not a parody, right? Of Portland. It is a love letter. I I understand, but like I I'm curious how much of it like the style of the shops and all that like all of it uh, i can tell you i can tell you right now i found the feminist bookstore (laughs) okay okay i was clearly too mainstream fem i'm just kidding i didn't make it there i found the bookstore Uh it's clearly modeled after this bookstore but i couldn't go in because after 5 p.m and all the businesses closed (laughs) okay yeah and i don't even know how that works if everybody's working like and then everybody gets off at five how do you patronize the other businesses good question like do the restaurants shut down no the restaurants okay. and the bars stay open okay but how how does well, that's, one... they gotta close down everything so they can go eat dinner and, have, and go to the bar but like if you wanted to buy a feminist book but you were running your artisan light bulb shop how do you get to the feminist bookstore well you do it as part of your two-hour lunch break you shut the store down oh 
Good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. <laughs> well, Kyle signs off 73 K7 L E K. That's K Lek. Okay. Sent via Winling. Oh, very good. Extra credit. So thank you so much, Kyle. I'm so excited that you uh, got your general. Uh, not not at all jealous. <laughs> Me too. Congratulations. The next email is titled All in the Family Vacation Edition. And this is from Charlie, Chrissy, and Cal. Oh, okay. Greetings to the most royal ham family. I mean, I wouldn't normally say that we're royal, but we do have a corgi, so. That's true. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're halfway there. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's all that it requires. I might just buy you a lord, like a plot of land in Scotland. Yeah. That's like just so that you can be layered. a lord. <laughs> layered, yeah. Yeah. Which would make me a lady. And we would really be royalty. And like, you know, you have family from Scotland. Right? You... <laughs> Oh my god. You love that. If you ever so want much. to upset Josh. No, it doesn't upset me. It's just it's like it's ridiculous. It's because they're not because even... I'm supposed to know that it's Irish heritage, not Scottish. So you don't get kilts and stuff. I mean, again, there are Irish kilts, but it's not nearly as prominent in their culture. The, the buildup, the pomp and circumstance that is Scottish kilts, tartans, and all the accoutrement that goes into it. You know what's very wild to me about Ireland? Some of how the names are, are spelled. Oh, yeah. They really, Siobhan, that doesn't look like a Siobhan. You know what? Massachusetts needs to get together yeah, with, with Ireland. Scot yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ireland and Scotland has some wild stuff. Wales has some real wacky uh, city names. Real crazy. I mean, it's like, I I think it's fine if you don't understand the name of a city. Mm -hmm. But for it not to be spelled in the way that it is said, mm -hmm. it's like... Well, I think in Ireland that actually completely makes sense because there is a, like... A more Irish dialect that is not English. Well, yeah, and then yeah. a proper animosity to the English. Sure. Right. I don't know what the deal is with Massachusetts, other than there's a very large Irish population in Massachusetts. Too. Hey, you're right. <laughs> there is. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So coming back to you know what? We figured it out. Uh, well done. Well there done. we go. I will never say anything against Massachusetts pronouncing things. Not the way that they're spelled ever again. I understand. It is it's from the oppression of the, of the Irish. The oppression of the Irish? Yes. The Irish are oppressing people? No. To make them? No, 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 no. Okay. That the Irish were oppressed by the English. Okay. And that has just... And then they just brought that aggression mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the new lands. Yes. The new world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. I'm with it. All right. <laughs> with the aggression, yes. I apologize for the lengthy email, but it has been a while and we had a very eventful ham vacation. Oh. Before we left for vacation to the Gulf Shores, Alabama, 
I think it just says Gulf Shores. I don't know why I said that. Uh, I had to make a trip from home. From a previous email, I ended up putting a Yesu FTM 300 in my car. Okay. As I went along, I was receiving APRS stations, but my wife texted me and said I never showed up on APRS.fi. Odd, I thought but I'll fix it later. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't get to it before we left on our over 12-hour drive. Oh. Again, my 300 was receiving stations, but it wasn't beaconing out, and my wife couldn't text me through the APRS service. With her encouragement to help keep me awake, we started talking through the settings. She began Googling, watching a video, and texting a ham buddy back at home. I knew it had to be a simple issue. Come to find the squelch on the B band was off, which oh, so at it least never, on the, so it never had time to transmit because it was always actively receiving. Uh, which at least on the three hundred prevents it from beaconing out. One little dial of a knob, and I was back to beaconing. That's crazy. Okay. For vacation, my wife's family rented a house on the beach. With my wife's encouragement, I packed my G90 and other gear up, hoping to do some operating. With your tip, I ordered a Tenkara SP rod from Amazon. Mm -hmm. I also took my KMAC and Fed antenna that I had put together in the winter, but hadn't had a chance to operate with. This would also give my wife's uncle a chance to play radio. He was licensed in the late 60s as a teen, but hadn't operated since the early 60s. Oh my gosh, yeah, technology is so much different now. He primarily ran CW with a Heath kit set up he put together. Nice. The day came for a perfect setup day. It had been fairly windy throughout the week. We tied the end of the antenna to the pole and ran it off the second story balcony towards the beach. Unfortunately, due to coax length and a desire to work inside, we had to run some of the antenna wire back to the back deck. Once we got set up, I started hunting POTA with the Hammers app. We made two Georgia contacts fairly easy, but nothing else was coming. After some beach and pool time, I fired the radio back up. This time was more successful. I ended up getting five more contacts. Colorado, Tennessee, Florida, New Jersey, and the Dominican Republic. Nice. Very good. That's amazing. That's a really good span of distance there. Kind of. I mean, where was he at again? Uh, On the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama. He might have been closer to the Dominican Republic than some of those southern states. Mm. But Colorado, Tennessee, Florida, New Jersey, too. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Calling QRP really helped with the pileups. My uncle was so blown away at the ability to just switch bands on a whim and scan through (laughs) the whole band. He's going to get back into the hobby soon. Yep. We would like to, he would like to do some listening first. I recommended maybe getting an SDR dongle. Do you have any recommendations, Josh? He lives in a townhouse in downtown Cincinnati. There's lots of hams in Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, if you're in Cincinnati, the only dongle you're uh, legally allowed to purchase is the SDR Play. (laughs) No, I I don't know why Cincinnati matters. Um, When you when you put down your Gold Star uh, Five Way, Gold Star now, Gold Star. That's what they told me. They told me, no, they're Gold Gold Star people in Cincinnati. Not Skyline? Well, Skyline's from Cincinnati. 
But a lot of the people from Cincinnati, they're like, no, we, we like Gold Star. Chili battle. Chili. It was, it, was, it was some hot discussions on chili. There was some very passionate thoughts yeah. on, on, their, on their chili out there. Mind you, same style of chili. <laughs> it's the Greek style, like it's that, yeah. it's that, it's that bolognese style, yeah. like you know, look and feel to it. Yeah. Um, no, I love the uh, the RSP one A is a real simple one. It, I mean, it's not simple; it's very capable, but it is just a single antenna input, and it goes super low frequency all the way up to super high frequency. So you can pretty much do everything with it. Assemble your own antennas, hook them up. It's an SMA connection. In the meantime, though. You have complete access to web SDRs and Kiwi SDRs for free to get on the air and listen to whatever you want. Excellent. Mm -hmm. On the journey home, I finished up y'all's podcast from the 17th. I too thought it ended abruptly, then started the podcast from the 24th. Oh, was the 17th the one where there was an error in the upload? Yeah, it got, I I re-uploaded it though. But for people after. who had already downloaded it, I don't think it picked up the re-upload because mm-hmm. they had already downloaded it. Yeah. It's possible. So uh, I think you're missing half the podcast for the 17th. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Chrissy said she much preferred to listen to you and Josh over anything else I played. Oh, wow. High, high praise. Thank you so much. Has she, heard, has that... she heard of BTS? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but that was because the only else, other thing he had was the best of alley cats fighting. <laughs> of course, I missed out on field day activities due to traveling back on the 25th. However, I got to make a cool APRS quote unquote contact coming through the Franklin Nashville area. I ended up hitting K Max Digipeter. Oh, I was super pumped. Nice. Photos are attached below. Thanks for helping create some great vacation memories. I'll drop those pictures in the HRCC podcast channel on the Discord. It is entirely possible that Jason himself is listening to this podcast. And so the fact that you mentioned his antenna and hitting his APRS uh, Mm -hmm. Digipeter Mm -hmm. or iGate or probably both. I'm sure he's very happy to hear that. So awesome. And that's from Charlie, AD4CH, Chrissy, K-O-4-N-X-B and Cal. Beep-boo. That's, that's right. <laughs> Beep-boo. That's the best call sign. Yeah. If he becomes licensed, you're going to have to get him a call sign that looks like Beep-boo. Uh, yeah, how would you do that? Uh, it's the eight, like if you could get the number eight in it, that mm-hmm. would be a B. Mm-hmm. And then you would just need a B-O-O. Or B-U. Beep-boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there I don't go. think there's a KB. It doesn't have KB to be a KB. Okay. K- maybe he, he. Or the eight could be a B. That's what I said. The eight is a B. That's what I said. And then an E, and then a B, and then an O or a U. Bibu. Bibu. I'm so glad you had a great vacation. Thank you for having us along for the ride home. The next email is titled Yosemite Hamming and Predetermined Emergency Frequencies. Mm. And this is from Greg. Okay. Hi, Leah and Josh. I'm writing to you from Evergreen Lodge right outside Yosemite after spending three days in Yosemite. Mm. You know, Yosemite is one of those ones that if you hadn't heard it before, you would probably pronounce. Yosemite. 
Yosemite. Yosemite. <laughs> I, of course, brought my handheld radios ready to make contacts, but ham radio here was as dry as a California reservoir. Mm -hmm. It's a real sad time. That's I, I, I get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> Called out on two meter simplex many times and found some repeaters, but again, not got no response, even using my car antenna. It seems like FRS, GMRS had way more traffic. What's the deal, though? I'm surprised there was nobody around this area for three days monitoring two meter simplex. I did go during the week, so I'm blaming that. Uh, I think that there are just some areas that don't have a ton of repeaters. Yeah. Especially if you're like, if you're coming from California. If it's like a... You're, you're really spoiled in California. If it's repeaters. like a, a national park... Um, yeah. You, there may not be any repeaters in there. I don't know if that's legal. I don't know what they've got in a lot of those. Mm -hmm. They're like protected land. Is it near an Air Force base? <laughs> Yosemite is, I don't, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, yeah. The, so all those parks, when you start talking like big parks, big land like that, I'm always like, where's the HF? Let's hook up that HF. I got to be honest. Like that's, that's the, that's kind of what you got to do most of the time, I think. So, hmm. Mm. Now my second part. A few weeks ago, you covered the ham who was fined for interfering with emergency communications. This got me thinking, there seems to be a gap in agreed upon emergency frequencies for hams to communicate with emergency services during a disaster. If we had these frequencies, hams could be monitoring those, uh, could be monitoring and those who have an emergency could have a place to call. It would also be the avenue for... Uh, emergency and hams to communicate. Repeaters could also be placed on these frequencies to assist. Otherwise, hams that actually want to be helpful either need to have a regional group that has already agreed to frequencies or just scan around until they find something. I'm surprised there's nothing in the band plan already. It's because they don't want it. That's not... So I, I appreciate what they're what they're asking for. I appreciate what they're talking about, but first responders don't want a amateur radio frequency that people can reach first responders. Sure. They want you to contact them via telephone. But also, doesn't the effectiveness of specific frequencies vary based on either terrain or time of day and things like that? So if you set doesn't, an emergency frequency... No, it doesn't matter. So the amateur radio frequency spaces are adjacent to that of first responder frequencies. Okay. They're separate services. Mm -hmm. They're separate bands. They're mm -hmm. completely isolated. First responders don't want hams, or anyone for that matter, to be on their frequencies. The the part of the FCC saying, yeah, if it's an emergency, you can use them. Again, the, the, the narrow margin of what constitutes an emergency is very specific and time-based. The expediency of it is what makes it like an emergency. And most of the time, they would rather you just contact them via the means that they have provided that has dispatch people that can answer phone calls and all that stuff. So what you do with your amateur radio is you contact an amateur radio operator that has phone coverage and you mm. have them call the first responders. That's what you do. So when you when you talk about Aries and Races, they're not using some kind of special 
government first responder military frequencies. I'm sure those exist to an extent, but most of the time it is just the physical interoption, interoperation and close locating of the hams with the first respond uh, first responder dispatch people. Mm. So there's no there's no desire on either sides really to have like a central frequency space that they can play in the sandbox together. That's right. never been a goal. That's mm. never been something that has been desired even. Right. If these uh, and really, if these agencies wanted to interact with ham radio operators, mm -hmm. they would just put a ham radio station Correct. in their facility. They, they would have a ham yeah. come run the station, yeah. and then the ham, after receiving a call, would look up and go, "Hey, we got an emergency over at Ba Ba Ba," and then the dispatcher that heard it would use their system to reach out to the first responders. Mm. That's the interoperation aspect of right. it. They're not supposed to meld. We're not supposed to be hopping between frequency spaces like that. Mm. That's that is the big confusion that people get when they ask me about why can't we have a, a ham radio that does FRS and GMRS? Because it, we they're never none of those services were ever supposed to be interoperable. You're not supposed to pick up a radio that does all the services. Right. They're supposed to be separate. They're supposed to be separate little worlds that the radios do not inter intertwine, if you will, mm. by design. That's that's the that's the whole design of all of it. So, yeah. All Unfortunately, right. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with the emailer. I'm not mm -hmm. disagreeing with the question. I'm just saying I'm I'm pointing out what the realities are. Sure. That we live in. Well, Greg signs off. Uh, anyway, hope you're well, Greg K six XSS. Thank you, Greg. I think we're both very well. That's KXS. Thank you, Greg. KXS. I think it's a good idea. I think it, it would be chaos. Mm. I think it would be right. utter, I think it would be super chaotic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the next Personally. email is titled, instead of one, I bought three radios I don't need. Yep. And this That's the way is... you do it. And you figure out the one you like, and then you get rid of the other two. Or, in my way, just keep them all. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll see. I mean, there is a BST. So, <laughs> Mike writes in, Hi, Leia and Josh. I was about to write about weather and exchange, some heat in relation to clouds, but, well, life got in the way. <laughs> my second education is in meteorology, oh. and I try to work my way up to PhD in atmospheric science, so I immediately resonate when I hear the weather terms you discuss, and then I must propagate. <laughs> so, hearing derecho... I was thinking, isn't that supposed to be der echo, as in radar echo? The answer is no, it is not. You have said it right. You did. But why was I thinking about radar echo? Well, probably because your side of the big pond, you have an absolutely amazing network of weather radars, and practically yes. any storm can be nicely observed with radar. We do. Is that from Noah? Because they're watching. Um, it, it could be NOAA, but it's also <laughs> local communities, local governments, and also weather stations. Mm -hmm. They run their own Doppler radar systems. For everyday use, there are tons of apps for phones, desktop widgets, etc. And that will give you a very precise picture of where you are located in relation to the cloud and whether you are on a highway to hail or simply fast track to downpour. Can I can I give one of the apps that um Yeah that Don always mentions on Absolutely. animation, Don Wilbanks, mm -hmm. Radar Scope, all one word, Radar Ooh. Scope, fantastic radar app. I used it when we were in Dayton 
because that is when I experienced weather. (laughs) We had a monsoon out here. It killed someone. You experienced that. I mean, I heard it. It it rained lightly here, like very lightly. I just heard lightning and I saw lightning and I heard thunder. There are basically two types of radar. Okay, there is zillion, but for simplicity, let's have two today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very word radar is technically an acronym on acronyms later for radio detection and ranging. So the basic principle of operation is you bounce radio waves off objects and receive their signatures. The more reflectivity of the object, the object has the more prominent signature on the radar Mm -hmm. of course clouds containing lots of water storm clouds and actually most of the cumuliform clouds will be nicely visible on radar as well as columns of rain hail of different sizes and snow Mm -hmm. it's pretty straightforward when you look at the radar picture and knowing your location you will instantly know whether the weather will hit you hard or not It is all about being aware of the situation you're in and using that knowledge to your advantage. Hmm, prepping basically boils down to that. The other type of radar is the Doppler radar, Mm -hmm. which can analyze Doppler shift of frequencies between what was sent and what is being received and thus calculate movement of the object. And this gets us back to derechos, bow echoes, and tornadoes. Derechos, meaning straight line, are large windstorms which have linear characteristics, which means winds blow in one direction. These storms form over large areas and can last quite long. They're associated with multi-cell storms, which means there will be many storm clouds interacting with one another, or there will be a squall line. What you see on a radar is a straight line of intense colors moving across the screen. It's just the gods fighting. So, (laughs) Greek gods. I I had uh, somebody tell me that when I was a kid. Yeah. I think my grandma or somebody told me that. Do you remember the skit? No, they're bowling. They told me it was bowling. Do you remember the skit on um, Saturday Night Live that was Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy? Yeah. That was one of my favorite things. Really? Yeah. Wow. But one of them was when a kid asked me, why is it raining? I like to tell them God is crying. And when they ask why God is crying, I like to answer probably because of something you did. (laughs) Seriously, though, that was a good series. Yeah, I feel like they were more missed than hit, but the but the hits were so good. They were pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I think I even had a that was kind of a golden age of SNL. I had like a calendar for Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. It was like that period of time, and then way back, like the original crew, Bassomatic time frame, like and Ch- then Chevy Chase and Steve Martin. Yeah, era. do you know that Steve Martin was never a part of the cast? What? Never a part of the cast. Wow. He's like Alec Baldwin then. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next major like era was uh, everything with uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. another huge boom. Jimmy Fallon to a degree. 
Um, uh, um, Sandberg actually, I think was Andy Sandberg for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time I really enjoyed SNL. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And now I've I don't is it still on? Yes. <laughs> I I don't know. I. I don't know who's on it. I'm assuming Keenan's still on. Uh, Keenan, I, I have to say, Keenan is one of my favorites. Like, yeah. so funny. <laughs> he cannot not break. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, the one of my favorite episodes of, of recent, like, time, and this is probably five plus years old, yeah. is Black Jeopardy when Tom <laughs> Hanks is on it. And he's like the ultra right wing guy. And everybody's like, super on edge that he's gonna screw up but then uh he starts answering all the questions correctly it's so <laughs> so funny if you if, if, by the way if you haven't seen this snl black jeopardy tom hanks just google it it's on youtube it is the <laughs> funniest so funny oh it's it's yeah it's darren darren and i oh my god we spent so much time laughing about that 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 skip so good all right, so the bow echoes are basically bows of high reflectivity produced by a convective clouds, convective, I'm sorry, clouds organized over a large area. Those are called mesoscale convective systems. There might be high winds or tornadoes. These will definitely not form a line, but surprisingly, you will see a bow, which brings us back to Doppler radar. Whenever there's a risk of a tornado, the cloud will rotate. A change in wind direction and speed with height called mm -hmm. wind shear is required to form a tornado. But it's not the only ingredient, of course, which means part of the cloud on the Doppler radar will be marked as closing in, let's say in red, mm -hmm. and the other is moving away, let's say in green. Mm -hmm. The higher gradient of colors change over a distance, the stronger the rotation and bigger the risk. I feel like we've been infiltrated by NOAA. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this is a plant because yeah. obviously they're not accounting for one of the things that causes a tornado is when the clouds yes. are shopping for a Honda Odyssey because yeah. they're trying to grow their family yeah. and they need to be able to carry their little tornadoes with them in a safe but spacious yeah because the tornado is very big yes family vehicle <laughs> they're just looking out for the family man yeah i mean come yeah. on family first always. i mean they get that's, emotional they get passionate about their family that's the they're very much like um big fans of fast and furious <laughs> yeah big fans big fans they are fast and furious they, right <laughs> That's what they tell themselves. That's their kind of like internal joke yeah. that they do. They're like, that's just like us. Yeah. We're like Family. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Anyway. <laughs> the key system. And his wife is a Latina. Uh, a Latina. Latina. A Latina. Or whatever. You, you don't have La to end it's, 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 it's La Nina. No, that would be the daughter. Whatever. From a line of the weather patterns, the La Nina. <laughs> okay. And El Nino. That's their son. Yes. <laughs> that's that's who they're trying that's to buy their, the Odyssey. Right. The, and, the, their, and their other friends. Right. The La Nina and the El Nino. Yeah. Because he married a Latino tornado. 
Latina tornado. Latina. In this scenario. Right. So I've got everything yeah. all screwed up right now. But <laughs> I think we got there. Anyway, the key is systematic. They like to attend. Observation. <laughs> they like to attend drag races together as a family. If there's cell coverage, you probably have amazing tools. Radar is just an example. But what if there's no coverage? I have even better news. You have the best meteorological instrument available. The weather rock. The sky. (laughs) Also covered on this podcast. Just be mindful of the weather and that it can change pretty quickly. The key here is get some basic knowledge and observe. The weather courses Josh mentioned are absolutely top class and are highly recommended in the outdoor community. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you can get thousands of hours of courses and still not figure out the weather. Yeah. Weathermen and women. Mm-hmm. Meteorologists on TV who get it wrong. Actually, they they so seldomly get it wrong anymore. <laughs> I feel like as a kid, I always felt very lied to. By weather people, right? So much so that I developed a distrust of them. <laughs> What's that guy's name out here? The weatherman, Dallas Rains. Dallas Rains. <laughs> what? He the had name? no choice. What the name? But to become a meteorologist. Did, that's what I wonder. Did he change his name? I don't think so. I think that's his name. You gotta have some wild parents, man. Like we're gonna name you Dallas. Uh huh. Because we like the TV show. <laughs> I mean, he's older than the TV show. <laughs> Uh, and your last name is Rains. Come on. <laughs> Should call him Will. Yeah, Will Rains. <laughs> Mike continues. Uh, the key ingredient to that end is, again, systematic observation and familiarization with the tools you have. I will give you an example. My father-in-law is an environmental specialist in his Mm -hmm. municipality. He has access to two top-class Visala weather stations. Visalia? It says Visala. Visala, okay. This is a Bengali of weather observation. Oh, I'm like, okay, I'm back in. Bengali, Bengali. You're losing me. (laughs) This is a Bengali of weather. the Bengali of weather. They also make keys and still has to listen to every weather info there is. My mother-in-law is a farmer. She knows exactly where to look to find key indicators of approaching rain or heat wave because she spends 90% of her time outdoors. This is the secret ingredient. If you spend 90% of your day indoors, then you go outdoors occasionally, make yourself up... (laughs) A present, look out the window of the office and see how the sky looks. Read some weather forecasts before, and this observational skill will build up in no time. Just take every coffee break to a higher level. By the way, observing clouds in the distance helps your eyes relax if you are working in front of the computer. That's a hot tip. Mm-hmm. You would not guess who is one of the one of the best ones to predict thunderstorms on my parents' And my parents-in-law's farm, the good old farm dog Nero, he hears thunder well before the human ear can notice and barks at these loud things because they prevent a good nap. He is always spot on when we check his reports time to time on lightningmaps.org. By the way, the dog is is posting the maps? No, no. This dog is amazing. When he barks, they check the website, I'm assuming. 
I'm not trying to sell the dog short. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's got a his own website. I don't know. Right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, there is a citizen science project related to lightning check, blitzortongue.org. I'll, I'll drop these links in the show notes. <laughs> it involves radio. Okay. And speaking of radios, uh, instead of one I did not need, I bought two because I forgot that I bought the true SDX a bit earlier. Mm. Is it compulsive buying? I just wanted to get a true SDX because of its small factor, and I'm considering a candidate for a build-a-thon we are planning to host with friends this autumn. Main beneficiaries of the build-a-thon will be graduates of the ham radio course I ran in spring. Mm. By the way, what makes me happy? There are constant reports of exam successes the latest newcomers are hf 5b and sp5 mip and sq5 elk let's let's just hit the three rings that's three congrats Congrats, mike on getting those uh hams licensed so i had a perfect rationale for buying true sdx but then this happened Mm mm-hmm I'm joining a ship tomorrow in Oban in Scotland. Oh. I teach navigation and also maritime radio. Wow. This is my third career. Yes, this is complicated. The client who will train towards his commercial license is a ham and asked me, should we buy a radio to listen and make some MMQSOs? I said, we could think of something. A couple of days later, USP, uh, UPS brings a Shegu X6100, and the client says, it's mine. I did not object, but just before that, I had visited my favorite ham radio store for some maritime radio servicing, and the guy said there are big shortages of ham radios and maritime band radios from ICOM, and that Yesu is no better. I did not think twice and got myself the last 818 before it will be unobtainium. (laughs) Oh, wow. So now I have three radios I do not need. Yes, I agree, Josh. You should always buy two. The next level is buy wholesale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I, I still, I mean, okay. I know that there are other ways to go about finding the perfect radio for you. And I, I appreciate that nobody should really do what I'm advocating here. But there's really nothing like saddle time, if you will, like Mm. with a radio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to physically experience it. I'll be honest. I bought that. um, I bought I I bought another Lab 599. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the one I bought. Right. The first one was the loaner from HRO. Right. So I bought the one from HRO. Mm -hmm. I have used the 818 more than I have used the Lab 59 Discovery. For so many reasons. And it's like. It's like three hundred dollars more expensive, yeah. and it's I, I I don't I don't know, man. And the eight eighteen is like a much older radio too. Hmm. It, it you you like what you like, right? You, you just you like what you like, even when it comes down to functionalities and capabilities. The eight one eight on paper gets trounced by all the the current gen QRP radios, mm. even some of the Chinese ones, hypothetically. I, I don't know. I just there's something about the character of that radio that I just prefer. It feels like um I don't know. It feels like a classic car in a way, not that old, but you know what I mean. Like a I'm I'm rambling. Keep going. Sorry. All right. Well, Mike continues. Oh, I only had listened to the podcast before I went to the shop. I would buy two 
818s for satellite work. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the jam. I told you about that, right? Yeah, that's what he's saying. He, if he had just listened to the podcast before he went, mm -hmm. he would have bought two. Right. Yeah. So you get the, uh, what is it, the the 1636? <laughs> the FT 1636? Is that right? Is my math right? No. Uh, Mike not. signs off. Thanks for all you do for the hobby and keeping us entertained. Sorry for long and complicated email, but six-hour podcast will not do itself. Just wait until I write how convective clouds form. I shall be back. 73 all Mike sp2j slash mm how dare you i was right yeah <laughs> two 818s is an ft 1636 okay did you get it the yeah. joke yeah i get it okay mm -hmm. and mike is back because he has a ps on the acronyms uh-oh hi again dearest podcasters i forgot to tell you about acronyms working in scientific projects requires a lot of prep work and when we apply for funding an acronym is a must mm -hmm. i used to work on a project sumba and simba the sumba the other simba. the other founders in the in the same call were mamba and dance. It was related to transport, if you're curious. We always try to transport. get our events together. The newest project is Riddle, where we will, and make it mandatory to write that day, solve some puzzles related to diurnal evolution of lower atmosphere. Good acronym. And making someone read rather boring documentation smile is a success factor, or so we hope. There are also some which that do not cross the cultural or intercultural border. Well, i.e. we have ARSA in southern Poland, which is Agency for Regional Development. They could have gone with ARR without denoting they are a public company, essay at the end. But you know, to R is pirate to air is human all the best hope i'm contributing to the next hour of the podcast oh maybe you should consider a podcast-a-thon 24 hours of this quality content would be highly appreciated oh p.s a t-shirt idea a ship could be a sailboat sailing over radio waves maybe outlines of the levels on waterfalls below the picture is written a mobile station is twice as merry at sea that's that's a real maritime kind of thing. Yeah. Of course, it refers to what is used by many operators at sea is phonetic for MM. They would say stroke Mary Mary. Oh, I mm -hmm. see. It seems I have too much time today, but you keep me company in the chaotic day before casting off. Oh, shoot. I have to pay for all that radios. I have to run to, quote unquote, rob a bank. By Mike SP2JMM. Well, thank, thank you, you so Mike. much, Mike. And thank you for the education on weather. Yeah. I, I would feel consider, like I really understand it better. I, I would consider a 24 hour podcast if I didn't have a job or I children. I would never consider a 24 hour podcast. I want to be asleep already. <laughs> That's... Indeed. But thank you so much, Mike. Deeply appreciate it. Mm hmm. And uh, I do love a good acronym. That's not a lie. I generally don't. I know. I mean, I, they're a necessary evil. You, we mm -hmm. could not live life without acronyms, uh, particularly in my line of work. But at the same time, you 
become desensitized to them slightly. Go ahead. Next one. All right. Keep the next going. email is titled Local Hams in the Wild. And this is from our resident leather master, Wes. In the past few weeks, I have met and heard stories of these elusive hams out of their ham shacks and in the wild. My in-person encounter happened at the local grocery <coughs> slash auto parts slash hardware slash gas station. I was walking in when a car pulled up with a rather large two meter antenna on top mm. i waited to go in and met him at the door with what's your call sign this ham was startled at first but after seeing that i was harmless decided to trust the bait by giving his call sign up we exchanged greetings and a few words and he asked me if i had checked into the local net recently i told him i spend most of my time on hf he said he likes to do long distance repeater work with a rather large amount of power I'm unaware if it is above the power limit, so I will not disclose that information. He says nothing <laughs> makes him happier than letting people think two meters is opening up just to tell him there is no opening. It's just his power and a Yagi antenna at 75 feet. <laughs> okay. So after some more nerd talk, I gently released this ham back into the wild so he could go about his radio adventures. The next sighting was a close encounter with an unexpected, quote unquote, not ham. My father and brother were in Home Depot getting wire for a man cave we're building in the barnyard. This is how the encounter went. What are you looking for, my dad? I'm looking for the thinnest wire possible, unsuspecting ham. Why thin, my dad? It's for a ham radio antenna, unsuspecting ham. My son talks on ham radio, dad unsuspecting can he ham help us points at my brother no my other son my dad what's his name dad gives my full name he's on the podcast shouted the ham what the what the ham proceeds to explain to my dad that i email into this podcast and stuff what well hello to unsuspecting ham what <laughs> My confused dad then calls me and asked me to explain why I was emailing a podcast and how this dude knows me. My dad then left the Home Depot to let this wild ham go back to his antenna building adventures. <laughs> this has been Wes, KI5 Wes, reporting sightings of hams in the wild outside of their shacks. That's Truly elusive crazy. creatures. That's 73. Wild. <laughs> I hope my voicemail found y'all well talking about the fake news that Skinwalker Ranch is spreading. Hams need to unite and get Josh on that show to debunk their problems. Email your local History Channel representatives. Which reminds me, we do have voicemail. <laughs> Good job, Wes. From Wes? <laughs> yes. And I will play it now. Okay. Well, I guess I finally got this thing figured out. Uh, this is Wes, K-I-5-W-E-S. Hey, Wes. Uh, please ignore the other four attempts where I just started <laughs> saying my message where I was just supposed to say my name. But last week, an email had brought up Skinwalker Ranch, and that show used to be my favorite show, but now it's just nothing but blasphemy. Uh, there's a very clear image of their spectrum analyzer, and they're telling everybody that whatever the 1.6 gigahertz frequency um modulation is is changing an fm station and they show the modulation on the spectrum analyzer bouncing up and up and down but they're not in fm mode 
which the radio station is broadcasting on, they're in AM mode, so they're showing the voice modulation and the and the dips and everything like that that would happen like you'd see on AM. So they're wrong, and that's just is what it is. It's a shame they're telling people that this crazy stuff is going on and it ain't happening, and it takes hands to break it apart. 73, mm. KI5WES for the voicemail net. Thank you so much, Wes. Thank you, Wes. I also want to note this. I Wes's accent is charming. Yeah. But usually, so the voicemails have like a transcript. So that's actually how I can pick out whether or not it's like a podcast voicemail message. Right, right, right. It almost never gets the... Um, the translations, right? The transcripts, right? There's always like quite a few words, but that like are big totally screw ups, jumble, like bad, but right? big screw ups. Yeah, it got every single word Wes said correctly. So I don't They're know. They're monitoring Wes. Skinwalker Ranch is monitoring Wes. <laughs> I was gonna they say they know that he's been out here blaspheming them, <laughs> and they're monitoring him. <laughs> It's it's also related to Noah somehow. I'm not I'm not completely. We haven't convinced. pieced it together yet. That last email went very long on weather. I think that was just that yeah. was a smokescreen, <laughs> the red herring, to try and make it sound super legit about weather. Right, right. We know that's not true. Didn't even mention anything about their surveillance. Their 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 privacy violation. Their their how to defend against kidnapping exactly abductions exactly that's yeah but i think that's really remarkable <laughs> it is that yeah, every word was usually perfectly it's picked trash up. unless they came out with a new um you know voice i don't think so because i have other voicemails from today that are not podcast related oh interesting that are transcribed and they are not i think i correct. think they're i think they're monitoring wes i think that's well i mean or wes has perfect pronunciation uh, good diction. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, so that's actually interesting. I don't know how the audio speech processor works with, you know, whatever that software is and that it, it probably is able to like accent probably means nothing. Mm -hmm. It's total pronunciation and diction. Right. Right. So, so, interesting. uh, all that being said, I think we found out a little bit more information about Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe. And I don't know that Josh can go on that show <laughs> yeah i got nothing i got nothing i don't know if that's gonna work out no idea so, the next email is titled correct pronunciation that's <laughs> here comes a lot of these the email reads hello it's me again leprechaun interdiction academy you can just call me the leprechaun it occurs to me that i didn't provide to you the proper pronunciation of wasa in my last electronic Wasada. email <laughs> message it's two syllables the first like saw as in chainsaw or handsaw or like any other kind of saw except with the w <coughs> at the front wait what oh okay was Wah-saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wah. Okay. The second syllable is just saw, like chainsaw, or will you get it? What? Are you... Wah-saw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Saw, dude. Anyway, it is a Native American word. Many places around 
uh, these here parts are Native American origin. Anyways, that's all, folks. Oh, hi, Josh. I'm beginning my studies in an attempt to obtain the ham ticket. Good. I don't actually live in Wausau. It's just the nearest town. I think the whole area might be called that. Who knows? Anyway, K-bye. <laughs> Leprechaun Interdiction Academy. Thank you Thank so you. much, Leprechaun. Much appreciated. The And I, I think I got it right on my first yep. chance, right? Uh, the next email says APRS question. And mm -hmm. this is from our master cheese procurer <coughs> and smoker lover of Washington State University, Adam. Okay. Josh and Leia, just a quick email today. The new puppy is on my lap right now going between squirming and watching the waterfall on my DX10. Mm. Went for a ride in my side-by-side -side yesterday, and to get ready, I was getting my Radiodity DB25D set up. I wanted the APRS to be functional to report my position. I could get it to report out no problem, but it would not be gated. I could hear and see it on my Yesu FT5, but would not show up on APRS.fi. To double check, since my eye gate is down right now, I turned the beacon on my FT5 and it gated just fine. Okay. I searched YouTube for videos on setting up the APRS on that radio in case I missed something, but did not find anything. Any advice? No. Did you check your squelch? I don't know. That's <laughs> no, okay. So I had a I had a similar thing, I believe, when I did the review of it. You could you could probably pull up my review of it, but I, I have a I have a feeling I didn't go into detail on the APRS because here's my general and and this is this is this is me. I've been hurt too many times. When it comes to a Chinese radio that can APRS, it's almost always some extremely hobbled version of APRS that does not work correctly. Mm. So I almost never try. I mentioned that it can do some form of APRS, but to to make it work or to make it work to the level that it's actually capable of, I'm always almost extremely disappointed and I never have enough to actually make a full video because it never works. It never works right. Mm. The only one that I had was that lexan something or other handheld aprs radio that also does crossband repeat which is pretty cool for a mo uh, for a handheld radio to do that i could never could never get this stuff to work um i i don't i don't know i, I really don't know what the difference is between aprs.fi versus the ft5dr the ft5dr is seeing the packet so that makes me feel like it's doing it right but the fact that you can't get picked up by aprs.fi is confusing to me you would almost have to pull up a digipeter slash igate if you have one um and you have something capable and see what's actually coming over as your packet look at the raw packet mm -hmm. i would compare the raw packet Try to configure the 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 Chinese radio the exact same way as your FT5 is set up, meaning call sign, yeah, everything, your hops, just just try and make it match, and then squawk out on your your Chinese radio, and then squawk out on the FT5, and compare what was received at the Digipeter on the packet itself, the raw packet, and um, maybe that'll give you something to work on or work towards. Because I right. think you can, 
I think you can encapsulate, like you can have uh, front-end characters and back-end characters to a packet on that radio. You have to hand-program them in, though, if I if I believe, if I understand correctly. Okay. Well, hope that answers your question, Adam. Adam signs off. Hope all is well. 73, WA7, C-U-G, Adam, go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right. Well, the next email is titled Merch Idea, and this is from Stefan. Hi, Leah and Josh. I'm a regular listener from Germany. Oh, wow. Well, Thank you for listening. Welcome. Uh, and talk. many of Josh's videos right? are talk. a, I don't know, I'm Chinese, Okay. are a inspiration for me to explore another one of the vast amounts of topics and areas in our amazing hobby. The podcast, however, well, that's just a multiple hour long vehicle to lift my mood may the band propagation or life in general require a bit of positive push so thank you very much for the entertaining funny and also interesting podcast well thank you for listening oh thank I appreciate you it. my merchandise suggestion is a simple one for the ham tactical qrp section oh and it states qrp no beans given Maybe one of your <laughs> Colombian coffee beans on a forbidden sign on the back of the shirt, like the attached image. And it's a picture of coffee beans with a big circle, red circle mark out. If it has not been suggested before, it should be a great conversation starter and just a tad bit offensive for us coffee fueled hams who sometimes like to just not give it a bean on a QRP soda excursion. <laughs> After all these travel restrictions, I now look forward to my next holiday in the U.S. in August. Oh, wow. Where you might hear me as W. Slevin slash D01 LPH traveling through the Pacific Northwest. Oh, fun. 73 from Stefan, D01 LPH. That's quite a cool little trip, too, is the Pacific Northwest. West is really pretty. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.S. If this email by some amazingly bad luck should be the last one, I apologize to have created this unruly crack in time and space continuum and yield it to Nathan. <laughs> Appreciate. I have a feeling you don't have to worry about that. Yes. <laughs> thank but you thank so you much, Stefan. And uh, much like uh, Mike suggested, was it? Uh, if we make it, we'll send yeah. you one. Even exactly. to Germany. The, exactly. <laughs> Even, even to Germany. I do like. I do like that. I just it mm. would be very confusing. It's very inside. inside yeah. Baseball. <laughs> Not bad though. We'll think about it. The next email is titled "Noah New Supercomputer." You guys, I think we're really dialing into something mm -hmm. here. Yeah. I think we might be on a radar, if you know what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> And this is from Fran. Got to be careful here. Dear hostess with the mostess, Baofings, that is. This part was left out of Terminator, and it happened right before the machines became aware. We listeners know the dangers of Noah surveillance, and a recent press release shows we had good reason for concern. Here's a first paragraph from this ominous announcement. Today... Noah inaugurated the nation's newest weather and climate supercomputers with an operational run of the National Blend of Models. Mm -hmm. 
The new supercomputers first announced in February 2020 with a contract award to General Dynamics Information Technology provide a significant upgrade to computing capacity, storage space, interconnection speed of the nation's weather and climate operational supercomputing system. And uh, here's the full uh, link to the full story. I will drop that in the show notes. Okay. I just called my cable company to remove the weather channel to prevent further surveillance and deleted the weather bug app. <laughs> also, you may want to delete any programmed NOAA radio channels because we know every speaker can also be a microphone. It's true. Why do they need such big supercomputers, Josh? Well, if you remember, the name of the computer system that becomes sentient in Terminator is Skynet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a movie as it is prophecy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or prediction. Yeah, no, prophecy is good. Prophecy is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fran signs off with tongue firmly planted in cheek 72, Fran, KC3QGE. Thank you so much, Fran. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I'm very concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> The next email is titled, To the Power Hams, and this is from David. Hello, Leia, and of course, who could forget about Josh? I've got to say, I may need to stop listening to the podcast while on my way to work at 5 a.m. When Leia explained how to spell coax, as in cox with an A, (laughs) I about ended up in the ditch. Great. I have a question for Josh. Okay. I'm going to be putting an HF antenna on my van. Is the best place centralized on the roof? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've attached a picture of the roof for reference. That roof support w- will be slid all the way back, and you'll see where my other antenna is at. The red circle is where I'm planning to put the hole for the bulkhead. Still studying for amateur extra, patiently awaiting for my VEC, and we're wearing down others to get licensed. <laughs> And here is the... a picture. It's for two meter and 70 centimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the, the reality, though, is you're going to have to be careful about ripping that thing off, you know, in drive throughs parking structures, the whole nine yards. But yes, that is the ideal place. I have a roof rack on the Xterra um, in addition to an antenna. Uh, and I have 100% not understood my clearance. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. You used to have a much more expensive antenna on that car. Yeah. And you broke the whole top end off of that thing. Mm. You had like a quad band vertical antenna on there and just yeeted it into a, uh, I think you actually took it through a car wash. Yes. Yeah. And that was probably a great day And now day it lives them. there. <laughs> that's, that's probably a great day for now me. The, now the uh, car wash is on two meters. Yeah. <laughs> Tune that up. Yep. <laughs> David signs off a 73 DOH KC0 NRD. That's K nerd. Uh, David. <laughs> and I mean nerd in the most affectionate of ways, David. Mm-hmm. Thank you uh, so much. And please drive safe. Please. The next email comes from volunteer podcast co producer Nathan. Okay. All good things. Good day, my people. One Delta Whiskey Victor. Did you get that? 
one Delta Whiskey Victor. Speaking of field day, as I said in my voicemail, I operated a one Delta Victor Tango. I logged contacts with N3 FJP, which I am glad I purchased as it works exactly right with zero issues. Yep. Little fun fact, if you type in N3FJP into the call sign field for contest logging, it tells you, hey, he created this program. Say hi. How do I know this? He was my second contact for field day. I feel there must be some kind of inception event or something involved. I I don't understand. What is N3FJP? So it's a person mm-hmm. with their call sign. Okay. They, um, he also makes logging software. Oh, that's so funny. And like every major contest, he has a version of his logging software for that contest. Okay. I use his logging software on my computer in, in the shack. That's that's what I use. I just use N3FJP. That's cool. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. I, I, it, it just works. And that's pretty much all I care about. Later, I called out to a club station, WC3PS, Whiskey Charlie 3 Papa Sierra, and the station called back my call sign and I and said, K1MAZ, is this Nathan? Oh, man, that's <laughs> wild. Yes, it is, I said. Then they gave their personal call sign, which I was unable to catch, and they said they listened to the podcast, and I believe they said they have sent emails before. If you contacted K1MAZ during field day, you may be entitled to no compensation. I would like you to send an e- in an email telling us about your club setup and how your field day went. Perhaps that email has already been sent and read. Thanks either way. Wow. Look at that. That's crazy. <laughs> I set the number of contacts I wanted to stop at so that I would not spend the whole day calling back and not being heard. And I reached my goal. Reasonableness is important. Or you could go full ham. Yeah. Yeah. That's generally what I do. <laughs> Now, on to something completely different. I like being able to see an early release of videos from Josh through Patreon or YouTube memberships, as sometimes we're able to catch things for Josh to tweak before public release. Yeah, I appreciate that. All I will say is, Josh, although it was an accidental placement of the intro, it kind of worked. Post intro, all good. <laughs> uh, that got fixed, though. Did you make a boo boo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. Nate signs off 73 K1 MAZ Nathan and on to the quotes. Don't worry when you are not recognized, but strive to be worthy of recognition. Abraham Lincoln. I guess we all like to be recognized, not for one piece of fireworks, but the ledger of our daily work. Neil Armstrong. Marriage, a friendship recognized by the police. Robert Louis Stevenson. (laughs) When I first started out, all the attention could be a bit unnerving, especially when people stared. Now I find the best thing is to just relax. Being recognized is something you have to get used to. Tom Cruise. Okay. One, Delta Whiskey Victor. Some guy operating along a commercial power in West Virginia. And Nathan has a second email uh, that continues his first title, which was come to an end, but new things start. Because his first email was all good things, dot, dot, dot. Mm. To Leia, Josh, Josh using Leia's call sign, Leia using Josh's call sign, and every combo, greetings again. (laughs) That's because you use my call sign. (laughs) 
I did. Yeah. I was testing my new portable red and black speaker, like the one Josh used with his True SDX, and decided to try a POTA activator in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, 120 miles away by flight of a midnight-colored avian creature. Usually, I don't hear stations that close, but I did this one. I gave my call sign a few times, was finally heard, and was given a 5-6 report. Nice. He thanked me for Vermont, as he usually doesn't get many from where he operates for POTA. This was my very first contact on the True SDX, and I was very happy to see it worked. And I was using my home antenna and the stock microphone installed within the case, pushing the PTT button. After just reading your news, uh, your new newsletter, I will mention how that activation kept being interrupted by a whistling Poda hater. Uh-huh. One of the other hunters was actually asking them if they had nothing better to do with their life. Yeah. Well, I like how Josh put it in the past. We just ignore them or change frequency. Don't engage them. That is what they may want. Mm-hmm. Wow, Nathan, you read the newsletter that crazy. went out today. Literally, it went out That's... the moment before we started recording the podcast yeah. for the second day. He's mm-hmm. already read the... Wow. Fantastic. That's impressive. I don't remember if it was a question spoken on the Facebook group or somewhere else, but the party basically asked how field day was actually MCOM practice if most people were operating SSB and FT8. They feel the true MCOM is CW, as anything else, in their opinion, depends on too much stuff. And I think that field day is what you want it to be. If you like spending time with your club or family, that's what you'll make of it. Want a real challenge and only operate CW at the lowest power and the most remote location? That's what you make of it. Field day should be fun day. Yes. Lastly, another comment from a new member on the Facebook group. He was asking to make sure he got the correct technician book Q&A from the ARRL. People confirmed that it was correct as the newest one that goes into effect Friday, the day this podcast comes out. It has Steve Goodgame's daughters, Jerrica, KI5HTA, on the cover. She is interning at the ARRL for the summer. Oh, that's fantastic. The new member mentioned some people were giving him difficulties for doing practice tests before doing any studying for technician. I reassured him that others have done that process and been successful. For some, it takes a little bit longer. For others, you're able to see what subjects they don't need to study for as they are consistently already passing these. Right. Perhaps they already have a background in one of those areas covered in the test. Why waste time studying for a section you have clearly in mind already? We can focus on what we really need to learn to pass the test. Passing the test is not the end of your journey but merely the beginning. Get that part over with and operate. And that is generally how I feel, although there are a lot of people who disagree with that. They're like, nope, you have to learn everything uh, right up front, and you need to be 100% competent in all of those things, and then you are a ham. I I, I disagree. I, I don't feel that that's the case. I, I support anybody who wants to do that, mm-hmm. but to say that is the only way I think is um, fairly off-putting. I reassured them that one of the very people who does test rather than studying first is Leia. The key is you have to fail some questions to know what you need to work on. If you get it right consistently, don't necessarily study that part for very long. There are many ways to pass the test and still following testing rules. Sometimes it's just memory. 
73 again, K1, MAZ, Nathan, radio person of little note. Well, it sounds like you're a big note, actually. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, and oh my gosh, what just happened? I don't know. What happened? Oh, okay. There is actually an email string happening here. I was going to say that it's time, but it's not time. Okay. It's a whole email conversation. Okay. Okay, Well, it's titled Field Day Story, Mm -hmm. and it is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Jake. Okay. All right. Good evening, hamsters. KO4JUZ here. This is going to be a short email because I got home late from work, but here's a story. I set up field day in a local park where a local club was operating. I talked to the people there and made a good number of contacts for my first field day. Congratulations, Jake. Even a few mobile aircraft stations. Oh, cool. Eventually, someone comes up to me and asks if I am a member of the club. I sheepishly tell him no. He asks for my name and I tell him Jake and then asks for my call sign. To that, I tell him it's KO4JUZ. He stops and thinks for a second and replies with, well, since you're not a member, I would personally like to pay for your initiation and dues for a year. I was honestly shocked at his generosity. I just thought that was a cool field day story, and I wanted to share it with you. I'm definitely past my email deadline tonight, so I better send this in so I'm not the first email next week. Mm. Best in 73's, your volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake, KO4JUZ. P.S. Nate raced to the first email. And then Nate responds, great story, Jake. Don't you think, Josh and Leia? I'm actually not really in (laughs) any do-taking ham clubs. Although there are local ones, maybe someday. It is so nice that that ham did that. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, what a great. Like, very ham. welcoming. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a wonderful way to to grow, you know, to everybody needs more members in their club. We all know that's true. Yes. And if you can, if you can make it fun and make it easy for new hams, then I think that's generally the way to go. So yeah. congratulations to them. Yeah. Maybe we can look further into those cool hamvention badges. Perhaps someone can make a questionnaire gauging interest, make them all a standard design, perhaps with HRCC logo and such things, only customizing based on call sign and photo. Just a thought, new level of emailing, reply to all, co-production crew, 73K1MAZ. And now it's time. Okay. And this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Jake. Okay. I like that idea, Nate. I would love to see some HRCC badges. Also, first email, this is a telltale sign of how late we're recording this. Yes. Yeah. They thought they were going to be sneaky. Your reply all correspondence, Jake, KO4JUZ. Thank you so much, everybody, Thank for you. emailing in. We do appreciate and- you se- pick, taking the time and yeah. sending us your stories. We love hearing those field day stories. It's you know, Keep them coming. Love the debrief on field day. And if you if you want to send us some next week, that's fine too. Reminder on the email, it is leah at hamtactical.com. Yeah, and I the would, voicemail. I would recommend next week, probably get your emails in a day early. 
Okay. Because I will be traveling again. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Uh, the voicemail number is 562-334-2389. Okay. Leia, would you like to take a test? I'm only I'm only doing three questions yes, that I, I literally don't even care appreciate. if I've seen them appreciate. before. So. Yes. All right. What makes HF scatter signals often sound distorted? A, energy scattered into the skip zone through several different radio wave paths. B, ground waves absorbing much of the signal. C, the E region is not present. Or D, the ionospheric layer involved is unstable. And the answer is A, energy is scattered into the skip zone through several different radio wave paths. Boom. Which of the following are basic components of a sine wave oscillator? A, a circulator and a filter operating in a feed-forward loop. B, a filter and an amplifier operating in a feedback loop. A, an amplifier and a divider. Or D, a frequency multiplier and a mixer. And I think I've seen this before. It is B, a filter and an amplifier operating a feedback loop. There you go. I could explain that for you. The key word is feedback. Oscillator is a ground loop, so what's all wrong comes back around. Feedback, not forward. That's okay. Uh, also, the silly hint is sign in Latin means without. So without any waves in the beach makes the water recede or feedback. That is not a better way. To that is around. not helpful. Whoa. Hey, uh, how's your Latin, kids? For the shortcut the on first, this one. The first thing you do for the shortcut. <laughs> Which of the following is an advantage of a horizontally polari uh, polari polarized, right? Yeah. Okay. As compared to a vertically polarized HF antenna. A, shorter radials, B, lower feed point impedance, C, lower ground reflection losses, or D, lower radiation resistance. I'm going to go with C, lower ground reflection losses. And that is correct. I okay. nailed it. You, you got all I of nailed it. Nailed it. Man, you're like hitting things in your desk. You, you're nailed so it. excited. You did. You got all three. I did. Now, how many of those had you seen before? Hypothetically, I don't remember. Two. Two? Very good. Okay. So we'll... This this podcast is running a little bit long tonight, so yeah, uh, we are going to talk a little bit on my debrief for field day, particularly some lessons learned, which I always find, I find personally helpful when people tell me things that they did and either didn't like the outcome of or really enjoyed the outcome of, and they had kind of gone through a trial and error process until they found a really good approach mm -hmm. for things. I always really, really like that. So the first thing I want to mention is pre-prep. We talk about this a lot. Field day is obviously one of those events where clubs, club members, and people just running solo portable stations, they kind of want to throw everything at the problem. They want to bring all the tools. They want to bring spares upon spares have everything at their disposal because they have a whole day planned, right? That they want to be out in the field playing radio. And I'm not going to tell you, hey, don't do that. Pack light, 
Not at all. I think that this is actually one of those cases where overpacking is sometimes a good thing because it can lead to not just solving your problem if you do run into, which I hope you don't, but it can actually run into a situation where you're talking with other hams and you can kind of show them the tools you like, the things you enjoy, the things you find helpful. Now, so for me, my pre-prep was kind of just sitting down and thinking to myself, if I was going to be running solo, what would I bring? Okay. Right. Normally, this isn't what you do with a club, right? I was kind of going in blind for uh, this club. I asked them, I'm like, do you need anything? Do you need me to bring anything? Is there anything I can do? Can I be of service in some way? Mm. And they just said, no, just, you know, mention, you know, the the club and that you're coming out here and that, you know, um, we'll have a lot of fun. We, we've got everything covered. So I was going in blind. So I figured, okay, well, I'll just bring my standard kind of setup setup plus an amplifier to get to 100 watts I ended up not using any of it but i want to mention for those that are in clubs or they're planning on working portable with a buddy in the next field day or possibly winter field day um or any other contest right by the way clubs you know they still participate in contesting and you can have um you know multiple different types of things working out together in that way or just a ham radio event right Mm-hmm. assign like a, a czar assign a lead for mm. field day right get somebody whose kind of job is to point the ship the helmsman if you will mm-hmm. of the goals of your field day and all the comments that we got today on in the emails kind of all danced around this concept of field day should be fun the ARRL in the creation of field day and the rules, the design of the rules, makes it so field day can be something that is special and unique for your club. You just have to have the right people who want to kind of take a bit of that and be the point mm-hmm. of contact for it. Absolutely. Having a get on the air station is a wonderful thing. Having someone that takes on the ownership, the, the ownership of that role and becomes the point of contact for the get on the air station is really good, right? Because it really is an event for ham clubs to participate right. in. And like you need an event planner. Right. That so is... you have an event planner who's like the, the top of the pyramid, right? So on his downline, mm-hmm. a part of his pyramid scheme, one of the legs is going to be the get on the air station. Right, because you get you get extra points for get on the air station. In fact, if people who are like non hams come to the get on the air station and they make contacts, they have like a special bonus point system mm. for non hams that make point oh. make contacts. You can actually rack up like a ton of points if you get people to come in and make contacts. Uh, so that's a big one. If you don't want to do that though, that's okay, no big deal. You can have a guy who is just there to make satellite contacts. Right? That's a thing, too. 100 points, I think, for every satellite contact you make. 100 points is like a big deal. That's like a whole, you know, a, a, a voice contact is one point. One point. Okay. You make one satellite contact, 100 points. I think it's one. Could be three. Regardless. Chase dump satellite. That's deep. That's like deep. In, that's a heavy point density. But just have that discussion. And, you know, a lot of ham clubs, they get started months in advance talking about what they're going to do for for ham uh for field day and i think that's i think that's the fun of it planning Mm -hmm. is often you know can be fun if you know everybody enjoys working together i know sometimes some ham clubs they don't enjoy working together i get it but a lot of them do you know um interestingly 
They did a study and they found that the happiness that you get from planning a vacation is as much or more than the actual going on the vacation, the planning and anticipation. I have heard that. That's part of the joy. Mm -hmm. Specifically for you. I would imagine that that is true of field day. Okay. If I had to like plan a field day, I think I would be much more gung-ho about it than just attending a field day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd do like a bonfire mm-hmm. and like... As you're on the beach. Yeah. That was a fantastic field day spot, by the way. They they absolutely killed it on that one. The the Aries group or the Racies group, mm-hmm. really, really good. They do good um, marathons too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Racies? <laughs> yes. That was the uh, question of the day. So where's the race exactly? Oh, no, this is a ham radio event. Oh, you got a funny name. <laughs> so I, I sat down and I and I laid out my plan. Um, you know, with all my with all my ham radio plans, there there's a good chunk of it that's like video creation related, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, because I'm I'm bringing cameras out. I normally don't mention it, and, and I'm really not planning on talking about it much today. But that's always a factor of it too. And you know what? So many clubs these days have you know YouTube channels even, but they mm-hmm. definitely have a website, right? And so having people remember, you know reminded to take pictures reminded to capture candid moments all that stuff it's really good team building it is really useful for future newsletters and website updates and all that stuff so that's just a reminder there too now as far as like lessons learned goes so when i got there i I drove out right from from my home in in cerritos i don't know what it's like 15 miles 10 miles something like that not far not not that big a deal uh, and obviously, I was packing the buddy hacks, and I had done some pre-work. I had talked with Chris at, at Buddy Pole about some understanding there. I had done some pre-work as far as in my front yard in setting up antennas, which, key reminder, field day is one of those days, it's not like a failed POTA attempt or a, a failed soda attempt. Those sting, but there's nothing like having a big catastrophic failure on field day right? Mm-hmm. Particularly if you have a lot of people that are there with you. And if they're counting on you to do something, um, try to do the due diligence beforehand to make sure that you, you, you're you not having a problem. So to make sure that I was doing that due diligence, even though it was kind of a surprise that I was bringing the uh, the buddy hex out for, for the field day, I set the antenna up at home. Okay. And I felt that that was extremely valuable in learning the antenna. Although, by the way, it is so easy to set up. It is ridiculously easy. Way easier than the um, the other hex beam that I used to have on the roof. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I will talk about that in a future video. But doing that ahead of time allowed me to check everything out, make sure that I understood the system because literally the, the buddy hex showed up on a Tuesday. And right. field day was Saturday when we started setting up. So I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday that I actually built the antenna extremely valuable to test your equipment out before field day if it's the weekend before whatever it gives you that that week if you have to order something or those couple of days to run down to hro or gigaparts or wherever you go to make sure you get all that sorted out now in my case the one thing that i think was the the real winner uh, the the star that made everything i think achieve what it could was those stakes i bought 
<laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really dumb, but sometimes really simple things um, can make all the difference. It's the little things in life. Yeah, and you know the buddy hex is amazing on its own, but it needs good guying. It it really does, and I think those stakes are a winner. So if you are planning on buying a buddy hex or just you know some other kind of antenna, even a DX commander, I would argue having a really good set of stakes is going to save you from a potential disaster in the middle of the night, which is inevitably when these things kind of happen and your antenna blows over, something breaks, and then you're kind of out of commission and you're left scrambling with headlamps on trying to figure things out. As far as field day proper, now this is no offense to my ham radio friends because I am one of you as well. Some of us are more portable radioactive than others and for some field day is the only time that you do portable radio it is in june and remind people if you're thinking about doing poda or doing anything the rest of the summer it's hot bring water bring sunblock because i got a bit burnt on my neck have a good head covering i went so far as to have like um uh, sun UV material clothing because mm. I am Irish and Norwegian as two predominant parts of my gene pool, I guess. And I burn just like crazy. Just I just turn pink. I don't I don't tan. Yes. I don't do anything. I just turn red. <laughs> so I see no advantage of trying to like tan and get all golden bronze because I'm never going to do that anyway. So I just <laughs> I just throw on like UV shirts and stuff. So just just have a consideration of, of what you can do. Um, I know these are all like really dumb things, but they were all like the lessons learned and reminders of like, hey, good on you, Josh, you should be doing this. Sometimes the best lesson learned is just the acknowledgement of the decision you made actually worked out right and you're <laughs> happy about it. And it's like, hey, good for you. Uh, the antenna analyzer, I, I think most clubs probably have this covered, but oh man, having a good antenna analyzer is paramount. I would go so far to add, now we're talking clubs, individuals may be able to do this, but having some good balance and ununs available that you can just rig something up if something goes awry. I feel like if you're a club that you should have somewhere, like if you have a comms trailer or a something, something that you're, you're carrying around all this gear, have in your service a good 49 to 1 unun, a good 9 to 1 unun, and a 4 to 1 um, balun. Could be, is that right? No, unun. Right? Is that right? I guess it depends on the application. Could be a balun, it could be an unun. A balun implies balanced antenna, so this would be a 4 to 1 balun, yeah. And then a 9 to 1 unun would be for a long wire. And then the 49 to 1 would be an NFED half wave. Have all that stuff. I would go so far as to also have a good antenna tuner that is manual. Just a standard, traditional, manual tuner that doesn't require like a secondary power source. Mm -hmm. Something that just works real simple. It has uh, the inductor and then a couple of, of knobs on it to sort out the antenna and feed line side. That's it. That is a, a, a top dollar item that you don't spend a lot of money. In fact, I'm sure you've got a ham in the club that probably has one that they're not using. Maybe you got a roller inductor, manual tuner. Heck yeah, those are really good. Go with that. Uh, band pass filters. Okay, 
So if you've got a multi-band antenna, maybe you have, maybe you get a, a fan dipole up up high, or maybe you have a buddy hex or another hex beam or something along those lines, or or a yeah a multi-band yagi, then you can go something with like a triplexer, quadplexer, pentaplexer. They have multiple names, but it basically allows you to take one feed line from the antenna and split it into four distinct antenna feeds. So there would be a 20 meter feed, a 15 meter feed, and a 10 meter feed. That would be really good for a hex beam, right? Because you're the high, the, the lowest band you're going is on 20 meters, which is probably gonna be your most active band. And then 15 and 10, if you get lucky, will open up. And then you can probably do six meters with a, with a vertical or a Yagi or something along those lines, if you wanted to go that far, but guess what? You don't really need to. Uh, bandpass filters though were paramount in this case, particularly if your club is our users of the 7300. The ICOM 7300 is slightly apt to getting some front end overload and having bandpass filters helped immensely. It did make it so that if we wanted to change bands, we had to physically swap out the bandpass filters. They make bandpass filters that are selectable. They have little push buttons on them that will change the filtering. The problem with those is they're very, very expensive, and you're probably not going to buy a ton of those. So what I recommend, and this goes back to your, your planning when you're, when you're sitting down with your club, when it comes to planning, have a you have a planner for the entire field day, the, the top of the pyramid, have a POC who plans each band. If you want to go to this level of intensity, have a POC for 20 meters, one for 15 meters, one for 10 meters, and have that person try to, again, it's a fun activity. Don't make this too complicated. Try to have scheduling done for people who will be on the radio, um, throughout the 24 hour period, if possible, if possible. What happened at the, the Huntington Beach Racies group was, I think a lot of the hams were super into me setting up the hex beam. Mm. And my setup of the hex beam went past the start point oh. of, of uh, field day. And so everybody's cost out, them some contact. Everybody's out there like watching me set this thing up and they have questions and you know, we're just having fun and we're kind of slow rolling it a bit. And I looked at my watch and it was past eleven o'clock, which local time for us, Pacific time, is um, the start time for field day. Mm. And I'm like, hey, is is anybody gonna get on the radio? Or like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And Greg was in the trailer, he was doing VHF, UHF, and he was making contact. So it's like, okay, it's not a big deal. But like nobody was really doing much like they were hanging out mm -hmm. you know drinking coffee you know having some donuts and, and watching irish me set coffees. up an antenna. no irish coffee because <laughs> we were on the beach so there was no alcohol uh but uh have have those kind of schedules laid out and you can literally just print something out that says you know from from the start period we're gonna have dale on the radio and he's gonna run for you know estimated two three hours and then we're gonna swap him out for george and you know just boop, 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 go down the list Stuff like that, it, it's it's not, you don't have to follow it. It's more just a guideline, and sometimes it really helps. There are so many pieces to the ARRL field day rules that you really do need to start planning early when you're thinking about doing a field day with your club if you want to go down that road. But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. If that's not the thing you want to do, that's okay too. For me, I will be adding a hammock. 
oh, into my field day prep from now idea. on. I had multiple times where I was like, you know, a hammock would be nice to just hop in there for like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. chill out a little bit, and then come back out energized. So I'm adding a... I'm adding my little portable hammock setup that You've I have. You've got a wind hammock. What is a wind hammock? It's that, that nylon tube that you fill up with air by spinning around in a circle, and then you trap the air by oh the rolling up the end. This is what they call a wind. They call it a wind hammock. Yeah, it's just a big like hot dog bun yeah. that lays on the ground. I mean that's true. That's pretty yeah. comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Yeah, that's true. I don't know where that thing's at. I got to put that back in the car. It used to be in my car for like the longest time. Mm, I think it's on the beach shelf. Oh, I, I thought you told me it's, oh, it's at the beach. <laughs> I hope it's still there. That was six <laughs> months ago. Well, I think that'll do it. Boy, if you guys have uh, your own lessons learned, you know, again, try and give us some good uh, pointers going forward. And this, oftentimes the best lesson learned the best lessons learns are uh, ones that apply to like all your portable activations, not just field day. Cause field day only comes once a year. It's a really big event. Twice I love it. Year. No winter field day is not the same as, as mm. summertime field day because you didn't even talk about the food uh, field day in the summer is the a double or L field day. Oh. Winter field day has no affiliation. Unsanctioned. With unsanctioned it's a different group which is still really good remember we did did san diego yeah down at the the beach for Mm -hmm. winter field day Mm -hmm. i love that i had a blast uh as far as food um there was donuts mcdonald's mcmuffins sausage mcmuffins just wrap it up now pizza and then (laughs) some really good burritos i had a california burrito that has fries in it yeah had fries Mm -hmm. in it I will note that uh, because it is Racy's, mm. the it's not the it's not like the president of the club, but they are directly affiliated with the Huntington Beach Fire Department. Oh, cool! All the food was provided by the fire department. Amazing! So they actually have like a budget that's supported by the city. Way to go, Huntington Beach Fire Department! Their Racy's team, and actually, I was talking to the to like the lead. Um, the lead individual from the fire department very well organized very well funded is probably the wrong term i'm not saying like they're balling out of control with money or anything like that because that's not the point their community their government their all that really appreciates what the hams are doing they involve them in a ton of stuff including like crime scene communication what yeah like not like violent crime scene but a lot of uh communication it's actually SVU? goes through the, yeah svu ham radio what yeah that's what we're gonna have i'm in law and order ham radio yes i'm in yeah it was it was really interesting i i'm i'm waiting to hear back more from them because i did i did like apply so i made i may join their racies team cool so and there i'm like hey but i i'm like in huntington beach is that a problem he's like will you bring your antenna <laughs> and i'm like yeah i'll bring it I'm like yeah you're fine it's good <laughs> i'm just kidding they didn't say that anyway we got to wrap it up it's late enough and i got to edit this thing so hey everybody thanks uh so much for listening to the podcast we have a lot of fun making it the fact you listen and send us feedback not just in email but voicemail and those reviews on apple podcast means a lot to us 73 73